Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Countdown to Green. Everybody and welcome along to Super Saturday. Our A main in terms of the racing today is the Michelin Pilot Challenge. We're now countdown to green. Let's head to Sheer Adam down on the grid. Two classes, two pulls at this to try and catch up with Sheer. Where are you? I'm about halfway down the grid right now, walking up, trying to make it to the front of the TCR. There were a lot of fans out here, John, and the weather conditions are pretty darn close to ideal. It has cooled off a little bit since our qualifying for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship qualifying session, but it looks like drivers are already in their cars, so chance of an opportunity to get to talk to our actual pole sitters, well, that's not going to happen anymore, but it's actually funny because the Alfa Romeo, which is sitting on pole position for TCR, they've got two of the four doors open, both to the right-hand side, trying to keep the uh, the KMW car a little bit cooler because, yep, temperatures are high. Uh, we'll see if we can get uh, a word with some of the teammates then of the drivers who will be starting uh, the race. Jeremy Shaw alongside me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, a new opportunity for the cars and the drivers of the IMSA Pilot Challenge, uh, IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, we've not had a four-hour race for this championship here in any of its previous incarnations either, uh, even when it was the American Le Mans series. We had a, a full American Le Mans series four-hour race here, but not at this level. No, cool. And uh, what a great place uh, to do it, I think. Um, yeah, we've had some uh, messy races so far today, so hopefully this will be clean. But it is super competitive out there, it really is. And uh, I think uh, you know, picking a winner out of this lot is not going to be easy in either of the two classes. We always see some fantastic competition in this category. We've had one four-hour race already this season, though. That was at Daytona, the, the very first race in the championship. So we're still, you know, we're, we're what, uh, eight months uh, or seven months on from that. Uh, but this is going to be a fascinating contest. For the Alpha team, Roy Block, this is a different experience for you. You're not used to watching the start of races, especially from the pit box. How are the nerves? Um, they, they are numb as always, uh, but ready to go. Uh, now, this is what Tim and I typically do on the four-hour races, so it's something that we've done since we started uh, driving together, so I feel good. Now, you've already got a couple of wins in the TCR category, so starting out from a pole position, it's not necessarily the way to get there, but it certainly helps. You know, it's, it's at the start, it's a lot cleaner track, and we were focusing on finishing four hours, not necessarily where we start. So uh, we're excited, but very realistic of what this entails. Good luck the whole way through, and remember, just stay calm. It's all going to be good. Thank you, Shay. Cars are rolling off in the background, and there goes the TCR pole sitter. This is going to be fun. 
Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. It's the Ford Mustang of Court Motorsports. Luca Mars capturing his first ever pole position in the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge for the Road America 240. Has graduated up from the Intermit 2 Master MX5 Championship. Uh, so he knows how to race. He knows how to race wheel to wheel as well. As the pit lane, I'm just going to wait a second until the last car Shea passes you. Uh, is it gone by? It has. That would be the number 84 Belgarden Technoseal Audi. That is rolling off, and it is almost to the RFID readers, which have already been, well, they've had a rough morning, John. Let's put it that way. Uh, and yesterday, too. And yesterday, yep. And the pit exit light is now closed. That is red, meaning all cars have left the scene. Well, that's the first bit done and dusted. A little bit of cloud overhead, which is a little darker and a little more threatening than it has been for the early part of the morning. The wind is picking up, coming from the south as it normally does here. Still 31 degrees Celsius in the air, and the track temperature 42. That is 108 Fahrenheit on the track for the Mission and Pilot uh, sports tyres to cope with at 88 Fahrenheit in the air. Humidity's dropped a lot. It's still 61%. Time to bring together our whole community as we go live in sound and vision via imsaradio.com. If you're outside the USA, we'll bring you full flag-to-flag coverage with the world feed streaming and TV on the button on the homepage of imsaradio.com. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. It's a beautiful afternoon in Wisconsin. Welcome along from Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Michelin Pilot Challenge goes 2.40 at Road America. Yep, it's the full four hours for the second time this season. First of all, at the Rolex 24 weekend at Daytona uh, earlier on in the season. But here we get the opportunity for the second long race on the longest circuit that we visit throughout the season. Four miles around and 14 corners in beautiful rolling countryside. It's no wonder that this place calls itself, and reasonably so, America's National Park of Speed. Since 1955, teams and drivers from all over the North American continent and indeed all over the world have been challenged by this setup. It accurately, really accurately uh, imitates the uh, streets and the roads around here where they used to race in the early 1950s that got far too dangerous we'll see action areas at turn one that's a barely a break there much heavier braking into the 90 degree left hander at the bottom of the hill at turn five then down to turn eight that's another falling turn into the signature carousel right hander then through the kink the fastest corner in american road racing plunging down to Canada corner, another opportunity to overtake and from there it's all uphill to the end of the lap uh, on pole position for us Luca Mars claimed the pole position, he's driving the car so 
So let's uh, go down to Shea Adam in the pit lane, who's at his team, Core Motorsports. Uh, before we get to that, we've got a bit of a drama because the Rebel Rock Camaro has come into the pit lane. The right front is down completely, and it is smoking rather badly. So this is the car that won the last race, the last time out, and it won this race two years ago. So now that we've talked about that, Nate Stacy. This is a track that you've done very well at before in the past, driving alongside Kyle Rosselli in a Ford Mustang with Core Motorsport. This time you got Luke Mars. Luke sticks it on pole. You looking for a little bit of success today? Yeah, I think it's going to go well. We also had a uh, we had a year in the Aston as well, which went exceptionally well. And uh, I thought today was the day someone was going to grab that track record from us, but luckily it stood still. Um, Luca came pretty close, but I mean. Uh, I think we did really well. I think the Mustang's got a good shot here. It's uh, It seems like it's hooked up pretty well. We were pretty happy with the setup on the car, and uh, I think uh, the 59 car is also set up pretty well. So um, I think uh, Core at the end should be looking to have uh, a good finish. They're a team that knows how to win championships, and doing it from the start of the field is a good way to win a race. The Road America 240 Round 8. This is Ibsen Michelin Pilot Challenge. We've got 39 cars, 13 in TCR, 26 in GS. Not quite sure we're going to have time to go through the whole field. But let's go through the TCR cars anyhow. Starting at the back, car number 84 is Alex Rockwell in an Audi RS3. Ahead of him on the grid will be Michael Johnson in car number 54. And number one, the championship leader in TCR, that is Taylor Hagler. Uh, Gavin Ernstone was starting in the 36th position in car number 61 alongside uh, Eric Rockwell, son of Alex, in car number 15. Uh, the next, next row moving forward is AJ Must in car number 2 and Mason Philippi in car number 77. Then Parker Chase in car number 98 and Mark Wilkins starting car number 33. That's the car that's won the last two races. Ahead of in the top four in the class in TCR on the, is Victor Gonzalez in car number 99. That's a Honda Civic alongside the Van der Stur Racing Honda Velosta of Tyler Gonzalez, no relation, in caliber 19. Front row of the grid, another Honda for the Honda of America racing, that's caliber 89, Chad Gilsinger. And on the pole position is Tim Lewis Jr. from Florida for the in the KMW Motorsports TMR Engineering, Alfa Romeo Giulietta Veloce, car number five. Let's just do the top 10 or so in GS. Tenth on the grid will be Matt Travis in car number 47, the Nola Sport Porsche 718 GT4 RS Club Sport. Alongside him, the championship leader in car number 7, that's the Volt Racing Aston Martin Vantage GT4 of Alan Brynjolfsson. Row 4 of the grid, Dylan McAvern in car number 95 for Turner Motorsport, one of its two BMW M4 GT4s. Alongside him is Kenny Murillo, car number 72, one of, the, one of three Murillo, Murillo Racing Mercedes AMG GT4s. Row three on the outside, Hugh Plum, car number 46, the Team TGM Porsche 718 GT4 RS. And then on the fifth position, Trevor Andrusco, car number 55, the FCP Euro by Ricker Autosport Mercedes AMG. Row two, another Porsche, Andrew Davis, in car number eight for McCann Racing. Alongside him, one of two Core Motorsports Ford Mustang GT4s, as former series champion Billy Johnson had to settle for third on the grid. So onto the front row, Kenton Cook in the second position. Once again, a great qualifying run for him for, for Murillo Racing. That car stands second in the championship on the pole position. 16-year-old Luca Mars. Who gets the whole shot down towards the first corner. The two Mustangs then dominating from the front of the field. Kenton Cook side by side into the first corner. 
and round the outside, Billy. Uh, uh, that wasn't Billy Johnson, was it? It was Kenton Cook who, for Marillo Racing, should I say, round the outside uh, in the number 56. My apologies as they went through. It is a split start. So the TCRs now get their bash at turn one and a bit of glory. They've all followed through quite nicely and head down the hill towards turn three. Great start from the front row. Kenton Cook fighting his way up to second place as he crossed the line, in fact. He so started he was, second. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Billy Johnson challenging, challenging. him for second yeah. through that first turn. Gets it down to turn three. And also Kenton Cook had lost another position there to Andrew Davis. Also a good start in that McCann Racing Porsche car number eight. We have seen this before from the Mercedes, haven't we? The uh, the GT4 cars, that they, they have to be a little more conservative at the, the start of, of their runs. Just It's just the way the cars work the tyres at the early part of their runs. Plus, tyre degradation is an issue here at Road America, so you don't want to push those tyres too hard too soon. Kenton Cook is, is well-versed in, in that scenario, so you know, he's not going to be worried about uh, losing a position or two in a four-hour race. He's got, they've got plenty of time to make that up again, but that youngster, Luca Mars, born in 2006, for goodness sake, he was too young take part in the first race of the season at Daytona but since then every time he's qualified that car he's been among the top five on the grid and here to, to, for today his first ever pole position and here he is leading uh, in the front out, out front here from the most successful driver in this series Billy Johnson is his teammate uh, and a, a former factory driver in the World Endurance Championship for Ford so there's a feather in young Luca Mars's cap Oh, absolutely right. Meanwhile, the TCR category, first time down to Canada Corner. It's the lead for the Vanister Racing uh, Veloster. All of the Elantras have had a 15mm ride height increase, which has jacked the whole car up, not just the, the front of the car. And that will impact their and that will impact their performance here at this weekend. But not the Veloster, the older body shape of that car, the little uh, four-door coupe, or three doors and a hatchback, actually. So down towards the first corner with the chattering of the uh, the chattering of the waste gates from the now one of the Turner BMWs has got a problem. Sheer Adam is down in the pit lane. <laughs> Do I see an old-fashioned means of communication? <laughs> Hang on, come back to you for uh -oh. that in a moment. Nola Sport number 47 Porsche is off at turn five and is smoking from the front end of that car. Now, is that a mechanical or has there been an impact? Uh, it is the latter and it's driven into the back of the Turner BMW and that was the car with the, the white bonnet uh, uh, for Turner BMW so that's the Vin Barletta car I think that has been clunked from behind uh, no actually no it wouldn't have been it would have been the Dylan McAvoy car the 95 will. it would have been the 95 car there is a shortcut into the, uh, the back of the pit lane down at turn 5 and that appears to be where that car is going the Nola Sport car that is 
and it sounds as though the 95 car is coming in as well. Sheer Adam, we were going to go to one Turner story. This might be another one developing here. Yeah, unfortunately, the man with the uh, old-fashioned signboard has remained on the pit wall. It says BAC up radio, so I guess they didn't have a K, uh, trying to communicate to Vin Barletta, and then the crew has scrambled up on the wall to receive the 95. Should that Turner BMW come into the pit lane, we also have the crew up on the wall for the 93 Carbon Porsche. The refueler has the nozzle in hand. That car had dropped to the back of the pack and was just ahead of Frank Depew the last time that they came around. Okay, so possible problems for both of the BMWs. So, not as untidy as uh, we had feared, Jeremy. Well, it appears, Shea Adam, that that signboard might have been for Dylan McIver. Yeah, I just saw the crew member running back toward the wall once uh, Vin Barletta wasn't even to him yet. So it must have been for Dylan. A rough lap for McIver. So why is... Uh, it was, it, I, I don't think it was... Finn Barletta that was hit, so what's he doing in the pit lane? That's the question, Shay. I'm pretty certain it was the other car yeah. um, that got the, the ding. And uh, Yeah, and it, well, it didn't look like particularly hard contact, did it? I mean, certainly, uh, I think the number 47 car there uh, of uh, Matt Travis left his braking a little bit too late and just, just tapped the back end of the BMW ahead of him, but it looked like it probably p perhaps punctured the radiator on that car uh, and that uh, is what has caused the issue for the number 47 car is coming into the pits through the back door so that's going to cost it a lap uh, at best in any case but uh, I think it's probably that's a real real shame for that team Matt Travis and uh, Jason Hart they're, they're always fast in these cars qualified among the top 10 that's a good effort uh, by Matt not his best but a good effort but uh, it's all going to come to naught I think because uh, that car is they're going to have a we get a long, long way behind if and when they can't even get that car back out again. But a brilliant start there for Luca Mars. So that's the fastest lap of the race on that two and not two minutes nineteen point four eight six. So uh, you know that's a you know pretty good lap to start off. It's several seconds away from the lap record around here. But as I say, this is a long race, so you don't want to be pushing too hard too soon. But all eyes now on this battle for third and fourth with Andrew Davis. Struggling to hold on ahead of Kenton Cook, who thinks about looking to the inside at turn 14. Not quite. Kenton Cook in the orange and black version of the Marillo Racing Cars. And he has in front of him uh, Billy Johnson, uh, Andrew Davis and Luke Mars as they go across the line in front of the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre down towards the first corner. And through it. Cold Motor Sports first and second, split by a second at the moment. Luca Mars holding on to his pole position and building on that in these early moments. Four hours, round about an hour, just under an hour for the GS cars, an hour for the TCRs, maybe a little bit more around here. You cannot afford to get your fuel strategy wrong here, Jeremy, because with four miles around, and an uphill run to the pit, in fact an uphill run for the last third of the lap from Canada Corner, you're not going to get any help from gravity to get you home here. You're not, so you've got to get your fuel numbers absolutely right, and we've seen several cars uh, running out uh, earlier 
in this session. We saw one of the Brian Hurd Autosport cars run out of fuel down at Canada Corner. There's no way back from there. Uh, and the problem for that, for that car is that the, uh, the fuel system is so efficient on that car, when the yellow warning light comes on in the cockpit to warn of low fuel, you've literally got less than a lap to get back around. On that lap uh, in practice, when that happened for Mark Wilkins... Uh, the light came on just as he, just as he went past start finish line, and he only made it three quarters of the way around the lap. So that is something that the teams need to really pay attention to during this race. Three hours and fifty-one minutes and eighteen, seventeen, sixteen to go. As the Who's battle boys? continues, uh, and also let's keep an eye uh, on the urban grid Camaro which uh, had to start from the pit lane after a puncture. Some tyre damage anyway, whether there was contact or something else. Not sure. We'll hear that from Shea and the team, I'm sure, in a moment or two. But that car fighting its way back through started after the GS field had gone through, but before the TCRs came through, I believe. So, yeah, no, that's not true. They had to wait till after the TCRs. Okay. Let's go to share Adam, who has uh, an update on that number 71 car that started from the pit lane. Ask and you shall receive. Uh, the Michelin engineer said there was no massive puncture within the tire. There was nothing obvious to give any sort of explanation as to why they had that issue on the opening lap. But Frank DePue head down, looking forward. And remember, that famous win in 2019 came off the back of a puncture at just the right time for them then because they switched on to rain tires when everybody else was still on slick. So punctures at Road America, not necessarily spelling disaster for this team. It's a fair point that Shea makes and uh, the rookie season the fabulous documentary that charted that year and that's still available for those who uh, want to see it and it's worth watching included that race early running then let's not get too excited at the moment because this isn't a sprint late race and another early stop this time for the Honda of America racing team H-A-R-T this is the uh, employee run uh, the employee run machine in red white and black it's a right front problem that's been reported from the driver they were having a good look around the right front Shea Adam is there they're going to put some uh, another set of Michelins on the front but it looked to me as though they were worried about steering on the right hand side yep they're making sure that the car is okay by the mechanics doing that great thing where they grab the front tires and sort of maneuver them in different directions just to make sure that they are pointing in the right direction um the left front guy was not as satisfied oh don't go under the cart now nope, that's going to be a penalty because they didn't have a block under the car before the mechanic went under so that should be a penalty uh, but now they've got a situation where they've got mechanics. No, there is three a block mechanics. under the car. On now the there is. Oh, okay, right. Uh, okay. I don't think there was when he first went under. Um, but now we've got, yep, the blocks are under both sides. They've decided that everything looks okay. So they're going to drop the car off the air jacks and sad Chen send Chad Gilsinger back out on the track. Uh, those are not sticker tires by my eyes. You see when Chad rolls out past... Yeah, those are used front tires, so not necessarily new, but definitely scrubbed in rubber. Hearing about a car out on the circuit with no brake lights. 
uh, and said on the race control channel 99 but we don't have a 99 do we uh, oh no that's the uh, VCR yeah that is the Victor Gonzalez racing team at Honda so that was a car that was right at the sharp end sitting in third at the moment and just done fastest lap in the Honda Civic in the TCR category so that's something we'll have to keep an eye on as well clearly that hugely important for the drivers behind to see what is going on with the cars they are following so the number 89 car is back out in a race he's still on the lead lap I believe so if he can get that car up to pace again and uh, maintain good pace he should be able to stay on the lead lap so that's the good news if there is a full course caution he will be able to cycle uh, uh, make up that lost ground and pull onto the tail end of the lead uh, cars so that's the good news for that uh, Honda of America race team but meanwhile this uh, super battle going on a little bit farther down the field in TCR we've got the Tyler Gonzalez leads away for van der Sturr racing with Tim Lewis in his wheel tracks in the Alpha and a couple of a second gap or so back to Victor Gonzalez and Mark Wilkins uh, and then a bit of a gap back to Parker Chase, Mason Philippi, AJ Muss uh, are all in a very very tight battle for the fifth position in that class and just hearing from Shea that no infraction for that car in the pit lane, they yeah. did get the blocks underneath before they rolled under to have a look at that car so or at least one under. I think it's got to be under the side that you are under. Which it was. Yeah, yeah. which I, I think it was. Because um, certainly the, the side closest to the pit, that definitely, I saw that go under before he crawled under. It's just a question as what happened on the pit uh, lane side. And that's where the official was standing. And that's why there are uh, several officials in the pit lane who look after a couple of pit boxes making sure that everything is going according to rules, yes, but in the pit lane, most of the regulations, if not all, are there for the safety of the teams working on the cars and their competitors around them. They aren't arbitrary. Now, back into the pit lane. Uh, Shea Adam has another caller. Unfortunately, it's one that uh. we've just seen. The Heart of Racing is back in. Uh, they were not able to fix the problem that Chad had felt on that outlap. So they've got four blocks and extra blocks to stick underneath the air jacks to try and get some extra elevation and get these mechanics underneath the car. Uh, it's going to be a lengthy stop, though, John. Uh, that's bad news for them so early in the race. So at the front of the field, Cole Motorsports have the one and the two with the yeah. 60 and the 59 1.7 seconds uh, the gap in fact now 1.8 seconds the gap between first and second Billy Johnson then has uh, a couple of seconds or thereabouts on Andrew Davis who's got about three tenths of a second still on Kenton Cook who's following in the footsteps further back down the field the bright pink number 40 in 10th position James Pesek has company and it's double <laughs> trouble for James as he's got Tim Probert in the Mercedes uh, and uh, 
Oh, oh, Tim's gone through. Yep. Tim's gone through now since since they went across the line. So uh, that means uh, he's got uh, Sean McAllister. Is that in the the Porsche behind him? And, yep. uh, and then not too far back from there. In fact, right on the tail, the green and white, very distinctive colour and a very distinctive number, eight seven seven. That's uh, Sheena Monk. Uh, in the Ford Mustang. Yeah, and uh, J.R. Uh, Pezek in that number 40 car. Uh, those four, number 40 and 877 by the, run by the same team, run by uh, by uh, PF Racing, the Pezek family team. PF, Pezek family, that's what they are, uh, that's what it is. Guess, but uh, uh, it, the regular driver in that number 40, 40 car is, uh, is uh, Chad McCumbie. But he's got other commitments in North Carolina this weekend. So Joey Hand, factory driver for, Port, for Ford, is going to be in, in, involved in the development of the new GT3 car that will come on stream, developed by Multimatic for the 24 season. He's been drafted into the driving lineup of number 40, 40 car. And amazingly, given the number of cars that uh, Joey Hand has driven over the years, he's never actually driven a GT4 car. But, of course, he, he had... A lot of success in this very championship back in the BIM World BMW days more than a decade ago. I tell you what, it'll be finding a difference between the cars that he was racing then and these GT4 cars. They may be the closest that we race uh, in IMSA multi-class competition to street cars, but they are still developed race cars. A little bit less aero, particularly at the rear end than their GT3 brethren. Just slimmer of body as well does tempt to make them very quick in a straight line but it's in the corners where all the action is normally they do stop very well to first 15 minutes has elapsed remember we're into a four hour race here first green flag pit stops if we stay green should be somewhere just before the hour for the GS cars, the GT4 cars, probably just on or after the hour for the TCRs. Yeah, and uh, you, you just mentioned uh, Tim Probert in that, that number 65 Marilla Racing Mercedes up into 10th position and leading the the bronze category for all all bronze driver lineups, i.e. Uh, either less experience or... Uh, longer in the tooth uh, that's certainly the case for Tim Probert but I tell you what he drives like a youngster does Tim he's uh, he qualified that car fifth overall a couple of races ago just a brilliant performance by him uh, and he's running now inside the top 10 and uh, for a 71 year old uh, that's pretty darn impressive he's the absolute epitome of 71 years young isn't he yeah. and that's how he attacks everything keeps himself exceptionally fit and enjoys his motor racing and fair play to him. Now, a little bit of an off Whoops. there for the Van der Stur car, and that has cost positions. Slippery, uh, right front, right front tyre is down. Right front tyre is down on that Van der Stur Veloster. The white car with the, almost the Peugeot stripes, race stripes down the side. And for those of you of a certain age, will know what I'm talking about there in rally and British touring cars and various other competitions it's taken part of the right front fender as well as he heads in the pillar now it happened towards the end of the lap but that is a disaster for the Hyundai that wasn't BOP'd now was that that just happened that happened as he turned in yeah. or just before he turned into the Bill Mitchell bend 
and wow. therefore he only had one further corner. Full course yellow, full course yellow. Gosh. Now, no. impact at turn 13 is what we're hearing from race control. Oh, and shoot. Oh, yes, it is, and it's Frank Depew. I was going to say, I didn't see that on that car, but the full course yellow is not for any tyre debris from the car that uh, has made it to the pit lane. Frank Depew, who I was speaking to this morning uh, at breakfast, uh, last night, rather, after the state of the series, has been enjoying his driving, and he has gone off uh, at, in fact, just behind where the the issue was with the Hyundai. Now, was there something on the surface of the track there, then, that caused the problem? That's great news for Van der Stur Racing because they were in the pits before they were closed, uh, and they make their pit stop. They'll have put a bit of fuel in there and put a couple of front tyres on, and sent Rory Vanister off and a little bit further round the circuit there an impact for the Camaro which remember had also had a problem with the tyre but that was on the formation lap and had to come into the pit lane and start from pit lane and yeah. just having a bit of a trouble getting the door open at the moment Frank is getting himself out of the car, just unplugging his radio cord and he puts his thumbs up to the crowd who gives him a big round of applause down there but that's been a fairly substantial impact on drivers left coming out of turn 13 heading in towards the final corner at turn 14 Frank talking with the IMSA AMR safety crew and getting into one of our Chevrolet safety trucks uh, let's go down to the pit lane uh, and uh, we'll do that in just a second let's just find out what happened to the 71 car fighting remember from the back of the grid was it just a lose yes it was coming through Bill Mitchell Bend as you come out of it the track falls away and the camber, therefore, is not helping you. The, the lay of the track there, not helping you to get round that left-hand corner. It wants to turn you slightly to the right. There is an option on the track there to go back and rejoin it at turn five. And it looked to me as though that Frank just got a little bit too far over, got to drift the front end of the Camaro off the track and then speared across from driver's right to driver's left and made contact with the wall and that is going to take a bit of work. Uh, let's get down the pit lane before it opens. Shea Adam is down at Vandister with Rory Vandister. Yeah, Rory, I think that's the best bit of luck that you could have had from going from the ultimate down of having the tyre issue from the lead to all of a sudden it might just work out now, don't you think? Yeah, when I, uh, I saw it on the TV, I was like, ah, man, it's uh, we didn't know if it was a suspension failure or a uh, tyre, but then ultimately being a tyre but it's a four-hour race, so I didn't really stress too hard. And then uh, he goes back out, and a full-course yellow comes on. So I think that was the luckiest I've ever been, like, ever in racing. So we'll see. I mean, we still got a long ways to go. Um, if everybody comes in on this cycle of pit stops, we should cycle back to the front. So it should work out in our favor. In terms of the race, is it going to be an even split where uh, you get to do the last two hours, or are you going to get in for this middle bit? 
Uh, I was going to get in for the middle bit, but since he just pitted, I will probably get in when the next time he pits so he can meet his minimum drive time just in case something happens. Um, but, yeah, I should do the middle to middle to second and third hour. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Good luck. You're going to be tired after that. Yeah, it's going to be a, a long two hours. Thanks, Rory. Thank you. Shit, Adam, with Rory Vanderstuck. Now, that's, that's a thinking team there. Yeah. Get the get the drive time in for both drivers as early as you can. That if the race has to be stopped or something weird goes on, then you don't have to worry about it. And something you always talk about being flexible with with your strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, good call uh, by that team. Uh, they've had all sorts of bad luck uh, this year and last. In actual fact, that's why Rory uh, was uh, <laughs> clearly more upbeat than he usually is because. Usually when we talk to him, something's gone wrong. Well, it had done on that occasion, but as Shay pointed out to him, as he uh, rightly agreed, uh, maybe this will work out in their favour. They certainly deserve some good luck, does that Van der Stur racing team. They're running that older Hyundai Veloster, doing a super job with yes. it. And uh, Tyler Gonzalez, uh, Tyler one of the youngest drivers in the field, not the youngest these days, but one of the youngest, just 17 years of age, uh, once again doing a really, really good job. He'd taken the lead at the start. And uh, was was looking good, running pretty comfortably, but certainly a concern to have a tyre failure so early in this race. Yeah, pretty close competition and combat between those TCRs. TCRs, of course, next year will have their own race at one of the rounds. Traditionally, Lime Rock Park is the GT-only uh, event, and it will remain on the calendar as that with VIR as well. But with the GS cars here at the front of the field, they'll be headlining their own race on the streets of Detroit next year. No longer at, uh, no longer on Belle Isle, but downtown. Uh, that gives the TCRs a chance to shine on their own at Lime Rock Park uh, later in the season. Full details of the 2023 schedule as announced last night at the state of the series by President John Doonan, the man at the head of of IBSA, State of the Sport, excuse me. Uh, full details on the website at imza.com. Murillo in in front of me for multiple stops, all three of them in. Sheer Adam is further down the pit lane. I've got just about the entire field except for our leader stayed out to one of the core Mustangs. We've got a driver change going on. Andrew Davis is out of the McCann Racing Porsche. That's Michael climbing aboard. Michael McCann. It's fuel only for Trevor Andrews. No, they're going to do tires too. Four new tires for the Mercedes, number 55. We have the Team TGM Porsche in. It is still going to be Hugh Plum, but he is getting four new new tires as well as fuel and also in right in front of me we've got the number seven volt racing Aston Martin Alan Brynjolfsson staying aboard but getting fuel and four new tires 96 Turner Motorsport BMW is in that is Vin Barletta fuel and four tires for Vin he is being held because the fueling is not done PF racing with a good stop they jumped a couple of places and all that chaos has now panned out and all bar one of the Marillos uh, bright orange Mercedes are done. Meantime, out goes Court with the 59 car. That is a very, very long stop for the Core 59, who came in in the lead, came so, in in second, second excuse yeah. me, and has left way down. In fact, there's only going to be one car behind them on the pit lane. And... It wasn't as if they were running around with their hair on fire there, Shea Adam, um, down at my end of pit lane, so it might be worth a wander down 
to see what happened. The other car I didn't stop. The, the the number the number 60 stayed out yes. from from the lead. So they have split their strategy there and left Luca Mars in that car. And that's something that Core has been known to do in the past. They do not double stack their pit stops because when they have it hasn't gone well. Um, I think the answer to our question is that the 59 might have done a driver change. You'll have to double check the ID, but I think that should say Bob McCallion at this point and no longer Billy Johnson because it looked like an all black helmet as opposed to Billy's white and orange one. So that could be an answer as to why the stop was slower spot on shape confirmed now by the timing and scoring screen now normally doing a, a, a driver change jeremy wouldn't make that much of a difference because if you were putting three quarters of a tank to a full tank in you'll get your driver change done in that time uh, before the fuel hose comes out but as we've only been running just under half an hour um, they probably got the, all the fuel in quite quickly and it, in fact the driver change was a determining factor rather than the fuel. That's exactly right. It would have taken longer to change that driver but uh, you know, get some lap time uh, or, or some race time uh, under yellow under the belt for the, uh, you know, the less fast driver uh, which is Bob McAlian uh, which is you know, not a bad plan but uh, giving up that track position that's certainly a bit of a concern uh, for that team. So, uh, you know, interesting strategy there that the, uh, the, the team should elect to bring the second car into the pit lane. But uh, Turner Motorsport, they split their strategies as well because Dylan McAvern stayed out in car number 95, but number, number 96 BMW, Vin Barletta, was into the pit lane for a top of, of fuel. And the only other car that stayed out, I think, was number 83 car, that's Tom Collingwood in the BGB Porsche. Only 20 minutes down, so you know, less than half a fuel uh, yeah, run exactly. in these cars. So yeah, it's a bit of a, it was yeah, marginal as to whether, whether or not you want to come in, but with so many cars coming in for the, for the uh, contenders up front that did pit, you know, not nearly as costly as it otherwise might have been. It, it pays your money, it takes your choice yeah. really, I think is the, the end of that. And, and if you are trying to make up positions, doing something a little bit different might give you track position uh, later on and you heard what Roy Vanister said there now what will be interesting to me is to see if the team how many of the TCR cars come in given that Vanister had just been in the pit lane they know he's going to cycle back to the front here well all of them is the answer so far led in by the Alpha that was leading and yeah the KMW number five the TMR team mean racing machine comes into the pit lane chased by the uh, first of the Hondas and then the Horde of Hyundais. Shea Adam, it's about to get very busy with you. It is. And just a, a little moment of addendum. The Turner Motorsport guy is on the front straight and he is dancing with the signboard to say, stay out, stay out, or pit this next lap for Dylan McVern. Clearly radio issues persisting. All right, we got the 61 in Roadshagger Racing. Fuel and front tires there for the Alpha that started on pole. That is fuel only. Tim Lewis staying aboard. We've got the 77 and two Hyundais in. No driver changes for either of those cars. It's still AJ Musk uh, staying aboard the two, but there are front tires going on for both of those cars. Looking the other direction down the pit lane, Michael Johnson is in in the 54. He, too, is getting new front tires. Mark Wilkins staying aboard the 33 Hyundai. That is also getting new front tires, as is the number 98. That's the Team Texas Hyundai from Brian Hurd Autosport, but it is fuel only from the number one, the championship leader, Taylor Hagler, staying aboard that car as well. VCMG is getting new tires, four tires, for the Honda by the looks of it from this 
angle as the first car back out is the Alpha roaring back up into life. And who else made a position there? I think it might have been Road Jagger, actually. Yeah, it looked like uh, they've inserted themselves uh, into the Hyundai train. One Hyundai, two, three, four Hyundais behind them. So, yes, yeah, good eyes as they come out of the pit lane. There was no pass around required, by the way, before we opened the pit lane because no one had fallen uh, off the lead lap in their class, being so early on. The pits will remain open this time by for anyone who hasn't yet pitted. Don't think anybody had dropped at all, had they? Because uh, the Van der Steer car was the car that was going to be at the back, and now we'll cycle through uh, past the TCRs that have just done their stop. So that should be Tyler Gonzalez leading in TCR when we come back to green. Now, what will happen now is the GS cars will go Jeremy past all of the TCR cars. It won't be a split start as we had at the beginning, but all the GS cars will go first. It will, and that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll cause some problems for Tyler Gonzalez, the leader of TCR, because he is quite a bit quicker in that TCR car than the slower drivers in the GS machinery. So at the restart, Tyler Gonzalez is going to have to be really careful as he works his way through those GS cars that are fast on the straight, but not as quickly around the corners. And I tell you, he's been very nice to the GS cars because he's pulling off to the side of the road and letting them go through. And he's on the dirty side of the track going down from seven to eight. I'm sh that, that, he's going to have to clean his tyres up before he comes to the, uh, the, to the green flag. I think I'd have stayed on the racing line and let the guys who wanted to be passed go past uh, because uh, he may be disadvantaging himself to the other cars behind him. Unless race control have told him to do that, of course, that could be the situation. So half an hour into the race, four, three hours and 26 minutes still to go. So coming through to a restart this time by. There's no final wave by required. The GS class car split, split has happened. And the lights are out on the IMSA Corvette C8 safety car. So any moment now, that will accelerate away. And the engine noise in the distance will get louder as they head towards us here on the start-finish line. So full-course yellow for Frank Depew. Starting in the pit lane, made his way up a few positions, but just went a tiny bit too wide coming out of Bill Mitchell-Bend, a left-hander running up to the final corner. Michelin's yeah. in the dirt on the right-hand side of his car, spin him across to drive his left and into the wall. He was fine. Car is going to need some so attention, yes. Yeah, and he just he just overtaken Ted Giovannis there, so we're really unfortunate for that team. But uh, safety car is back on the pit lane, and here comes Dylan McAvern to make a pit stop as we go back to green. Uh, radio issues for them, don't forget, so maybe didn't quite get the right message from pit lane immediately on the restart then good restart for Luca Mars who did not pit during that yellow here comes Dylan McAvern in the turn of BMW to his pit stop Tom Collingwood for BGB then Ted Giovannis for Team G TGM he stayed out as well he'll stay out to get his 40 minutes in had Owen Trinkler his teammate in the booth earlier on the day as Turner is in and this 
Looks like it's fuel only, Shea Adam, down there. There is a team member at the driver's door. They'll be trying to fix the radio, presumably. That is exactly what they're doing, John. They decided to wave off the left side only tire change that they had planned to try and put fuel in the car and make it so that Dylan could hear. One of the best assets that Turner Motorsport has is Bill Oberlin up on the wall, who was able to tell the team members what they need to look for in terms of where the connection could be going afoul for Dylan. He did nod his head as if he can hear, but it's going to take until he's back out on the track before they really know. Big shamozzle at turn six after the restart. Two Mustangs together, including the number 40 machine, battling for seventh, eighth, ninth, sixth, fourth. They're all in the same sort of area of the track at the moment. Side by side, it's almost like a double wide restart coming down through into the... Yeah. Uh, into the carousel and at turn five a moment or two ago the TGM car of Ted Giovannis getting out of the way of the cars coming through yeah good job there by, by Ted he realizes he's not on the same pace as these other guys so we get out of the way there it's exactly what he did let's uh, a whole bunch of cars stream past him but you know, he, he's uh, you know, starting at the front there is going to give him some track position which is going to be helpful potentially later on in this race and we've seen in the past, we've seen Great in the start. past that the that Owen Trinkler has tried to do the three hours and 20 on his own. He tried to do it at the start of the year, and he did get to the end and did get to the podium, but he was absolutely wiped out at the end of it. We had him in the booth yesterday. He said they've worked on some other strategies within the car, including some cooling and including some... Uh, drinks bottle changes to help him through but their plan would be to get Ted out at the 40 minute mark once he's done his uh, his 40 minutes which is the minimum drive time for any of the drivers whether you're two or three drivers and there are nine cars here that have a three driver team we didn't see what happened to Luca Mars on that restart lap did we because all of a sudden he's gone from first to third uh, Kenton Cook has a pretty, pretty substantial lead already uh, and he's just lost another position there actually as well to Tom Collingwood for BGP at Motorsport and he's got Brynjolfsson right behind him so he's dropped a fifth now I reckon I think Hugh Plum's gone through as well yes he has uh, that Mustang is not on the pace uh, it's been out dragged in a straight line so something has gone awry to Luca Mars who's now under pressure from the Riley Motorsports Javier Queros driven number 14 that's the now Saul Toyota Supra GT4 with the uh, other side of that garage deciding to move over to AMG Mercedes and taking delivery of a new car last Friday bringing it in this week in the practice sessions Scotty Andrews telling me the first few laps were painful literally driving around at 25% throttle yeah. and then 50% for another two or three laps and etc etc and that's most of your session gone oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so at the uh, the restart oh, here we go uh, down towards Canada corner all sorts going on behind the leaders but was there a little tap in front as the leaders came down to Canada corner that somehow has not the performance uh -oh. uh, out of the car at the that was at the front. We're uh -oh. going to have another full That's course Sam yellow. Owen. Sam Owen has hit the wall at the kink, and Ricochet Ali strikes again. 
huge amount of dust and dirt and people are driving in there blind. Now the good thing about Porsche is if they do have an incident, they put their hazard flashes on automatically and as the dust clears, there is damage. Oh, and also in there is the Roadshagger Racing Audi. So was that the catalyst to what went on? All kinds of dirt and debris on the circuit just beyond the kink and full course caution number two comes out with just another 10 minutes or so gone. Now, this is fabulous news for those teams that A, didn't stop before and B, want to get their drivers out. TGM are going to be jumping up and down for this because they're just on the 40-minute mark. Yeah, but good point. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's good good question that what what do they what do they do particularly for for, for Ted Giovannis do they uh, keep him out there look this is going to be a lengthy caution period so I would say keep him out right now uh quite frankly and put him towards the end of the caution yeah or, or even after the restart again do, do a bit of time after the restart uh, they should still be able to make a pit stop and stay on the lead lap they will most likely be another caution period during the race which will enable Owen Trigler to make up that lost ground that and you make by, by making a green flag pit stop. Uh, you're talking about doing that to stretch the window further into the race. Yeah, so so Owen Trigger doesn't have to drive three and a half hours or almost. So Gavin Ernstone is out. Look, good to see Gav. He's not happy. Now, whether he's not happy with himself or someone else is a question I can't answer uh, at the moment. He's talking animatedly to the EMR safety team who have been pressed into service again rather too quickly. The Porsche Fresno number nine car is also down there. And what was the catalyst? This will be a short yellow. So actually, no opportunity Good for point. TGM to come in because, of course. of course, we haven't had enough time. So the pits will not open. Right, well, it was the Porsche that started it off, slammed the wall sideways and then spun out kicking all kinds of dirt up, brake lights going on. Where does Gav come into the picture? Oh, I think he got tapped from behind. Wow. I think he got tapped from behind by a Hyundai. Now, they'd made up positions on the pit stop. Uh, in the dirt, Gav either lifted off or braked, and there was a Hyundai that was weaving around behind him. And I think there was a little tap there. Now, how you pick the bones out of that, I have no idea. But uh, some drivers slowing down far more than others with debris all over the circuit. And, of course, all the dust making it impossible to see yeah. what was going on. How the drivers picked the left-hand side of the road. They could so easily have run into the stranded Porsche. So the usual thing, off on the left, spit to the right. And just the spin at the end of it is spitting all kinds of dirt and dust and debris across the circuit think it was the 77 Mason Felipe that was right in behind Ernstone but that is completely unofficial well, as they as they started the lap uh, the it was the number 99 car that was directly behind the number 61 the number one car Taylor Hagler was directly ahead of, of him that was going into the lap but uh, as we can see down there some some cars were lifting off more than others. Certainly, yeah. Eric Rockwell in car number 15 uh, was lifting off uh, uh, a little bit more than, than some of the other guys. So, I don't know. Curious. 
and unfortunate scary quite frankly uh, well uh, you know yeah, even at re I mean they're all, most of them I'm sure were lifting off they knew the, the the yellow light would have been on down there I think there's a yellow light at the kink there is days. yeah um, so the yellow light would have been on and uh, you know you've got to slow down I mean if, if the yellow light going into the kink then you know there's a drama yes uh, it's not likely to be anything minor no. is it sure Adam uh, I, I think we kind of guessed that there was an issue for Luca Mars, the pole sitter in the number 60 core motorsport Mustang. Anything specific from the team? Uh, yes, the team has said that Luca's reporting that he's down on power. They're not sure why as of yet, but that's why he dropped back so much on the restart. He was uh, pushing the gas pedal and not as much was happening as had been happening before. <laughs> Just to give you a quick update as well, when the pit lane does open, remember we It won't open, Shea, it's a short yellow. Well, I mean, when it does open, when we go back to green. Sorry, th right. I, I should have elaborated on yep. that. Yep. Um, we've got several cars in the field with three drivers per car, and the first driver in most of those cars will be getting out. I'm looking at the Riley crew, both of their cars, both the Mercedes, the number 21, and the 14 Toyota. They have second drivers up on the wall. And BGB with their Porsche, the number 83, they are in need of doing the first driver swap because you need enough time for the second and third drivers to then be able to meet their minimum times as well. That is a very, very good time. Uh, a very, very good point. Pit oh, uh, now... 95, I'm, I'm saying on the wall here. Uh, John, I've, I've got the number two Hyundai in the pits. That's AJ Moss. Uh, yeah, it's closed, but his right rear is down and angled in completely the wrong direction. Oh. So that is unexpected. And the third issue that we've seen tire related so far in this race. Yes, you did see the Turner board go back out. I checked in with the team after Dylan went back out on the track. It did not work the fix that they made. They have line of sight communication with him only, meaning that when he's on the front straight, they can give him messages. But they're still using the board as a backup in case that doesn't work. But they are bringing him back in to try and do further upgrades. They're trying to figure out if it's something within his helmet or potentially within the actual communication uh, link with the radio. Okay, that Hyundai that's just been in, that was the number two car of AJ Muss. That will count as emergency service. They changed the uh, right rear wheel only on that car. There'd been some significant side-by-side -side contact, bodywork damage there, and the face of the wheel was damaged as well. So that's either brushing up against a wall or another competitor on the right rear of that car. The wheel went back on, and it was pointing in the right direction, so no suspension damage, at least. There's the good news uh, for the number two Hyundai team, but that is an extra pit stop that they would rather not have had. So not the clean run that we had hoped for. We've seen this before sometimes in these races for Mission and Pilot Challenge. But with a bit of luck, we'll get uh, a couple or three hours of, of green flag racing and this will sort itself out into some kind of rhythm. Jeremy Shaw? Yeah, because it's uh, certainly lacking in rhythm so far. We had the first you know, eight or nine laps, about 20 minutes before we went yellow for the first time. And uh, you know, the, the race was nicely settling down at that point. But um, unfortunately, without the incident at the re shortly after the restart, back under caution again. So uh, frustrating, frustrating certainly for the drivers, and, and particularly for those that want to make a pit stop now but can't because the pits are closed. So they're going to have to wait until we go back to green before they uh, duck in for that pit stop. And that's what they're going to do, most likely. They will come in as soon as it does go back to green 
who come in, make that driver change, should be able to make that driver change and, and, and remain on the lead lap uh, and fulfill for the first driver his, his minimum drive time of 40 minutes. If you're not following us at IMSA Radio, please do on Twitter. We uh, retweet a lot of information from uh, the teams and also from our listeners, and that's how you can get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre as well with Jeremy Sean, John Hindorf on the talky bits at the moment. Hello to Alan Prosser, who's already working overtime on his screen grabs. Great help, Alan. Thank you very much indeed. Very interesting shot earlier on the lap that Frank Depew went off. He's had his right-hand side of the car way over the kerb and wonders, Alan, wondering if the perhaps there was some uh, inside shoulder damage to that uh, those right side tyres and maybe a slow puncture or a puncture that uh, certainly didn't help Frank make that left hand corner so two yellows all the strategy having to be reset down on the pit lane all the Murillo cars with damage on the left front as well just noticed that as it went past us here just beyond the start finish line maybe get a look at it at the moment I, I think she was at the 65 with the, sorry with the left front left front to the 65 correct John it looks like a baby shark has taken a bite out of it because it's not a big chunk that's missing on the Mercedes it's not going to be as aerodynamically efficient Ew. as it would have been had it been all in one piece and this I'm seeing bits of the undercarriage of that EMG that one should not be able to see there's some coolers around there as with many of the cars, just ahead of the front wheels. And uh, that they're getting a little more air than they were designed to from the good people at AMG Mercedes. Just packing the field up a little bit behind the Corvette C8 safety car. Resplendent with its bright orange racing stripes. So a little frustrating for everyone. Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindorf included, that we haven't really got into this race. i give you one of our VP Racing Fuel in-race updates. It's Kenton Cook that leads for Murillo Racing, Michael McCann for the Porsche in second. So 56, the orange car from the number eight in second. Then Team TGM, uh, that is Hugh Plum. Alan Brynjolfsson for Vault Racing in the bright yellow car. He's well up there. And the top six made up by Luca Mars, struggling with power. He'll be cycling through everything he can and hitting every button he's been told to by the team while he's behind the safety car. And then Tom Collingwood for BGB. In TCR, Tyler Gonzalez for Van der Stur Racing. Remember, they had bad luck with Rory Van der Stur, who started the race with their right front puncture. They came in, looked like they'd dropped way down the field. But then the second... And then the first a full course yellow, excuse me, came out and managed to give him the opportunity to get back to the front of the field. And they did a driver change and put some fuel in that car as well. Second in TCR is the first of the Elantras, the raised Elantras this weekend. The 33 of Mark Wilkins from Tim Lewis in the Alfa Romeo in the number five car, the black car with the gold wheels. Then Parker Chase for Brian Herder Autosport. Taylor Hagler working her way up to uh, fifth position in the number one 
And then in sixth, Mason Filippi in the number 77, Brian Hurt, the Autosport car. Yeah, and uh, I hadn't realised that Michael McCann taken over from Andrew Davis, didn't he, that first stop? So that was Correct. Really, really good. Did Shay talk about that? I forget, I forgot about no, that. No, actually, no, but uh, very good very yeah. good point. So yeah. that, that was a really slick driver change for that team then to, uh, to really, well, not only did they not lose a position, they actually gained a position, despite the fact they made that driver change at that first stop. That was really slick work by that McCann racing team. And only, uh, sorry, Jeremy. Only two of the uh, cars at the sharp end of the field have not stopped, and that's Luke Mars, the pole sitting car in fifth, and Tom yeah. Collingwood for PGP who wants in sixth. To. He really wants to <laughs> at yeah. the moment because they're they're a, they're a three driver team. I think I, I think you told me nine, Jeremy, three driver uh, was, teams yeah. uh, this weekend. You have the choice in the longer races to add yeah, a driver no, or not, but whether you do or you don't. Each of those three drivers has got to do the 40 minutes. So if you have two drivers, it's 40 minutes. Therefore, you know, if one driver does 40 minutes, the other does 3.20, near enough, take the pit stops out of that. Certainly in time with backside in car. If there's three, then it could be 40-40 and then the remainder, or it could be 40 and then an hour and then two hours 20, however else you want to split that up but yeah. everybody's got to do 40 whether it's two or three drivers that's exactly right we already you know, two of the three driver teams already out of this race or had problems the number 89 honda that's still i think uh, behind the wall in uh, in the uh, tcr class uh, and then of course the number nine car that just crashed uh, sam owen making his debut this weekend along with sean gibbons and derek deboer making his return the Michelin Pilot Challenge after uh, after many years away, uh, and uh, really unfortunate for them. That's the uh, uh, team car being run by the the Hardpoint team this weekend for the first time, and uh, I know they were super excited to come here and race in IMSA for the first time. But unfortunately for Sam, it's gone wrong there at the kink, and that's going to be the end of his day. But uh, uh, I spoke to him the other day, and they were super excited to be here in the IMSA paddock, loving it thus far. Perhaps not quite so much at the moment, but uh, that team, I think, will be back. Which is good news. Very good news indeed that they're enjoying their time. We are very fortunate. Maybe we don't make enough of this, Jeremy, but I was out in the uh, the campsites last night, thanks to Martin and the rest of the crew down there on the run from uh, Turn 7 to Turn 8. Met a whole host of great people. What an atmosphere around here. But I th- we were saying this last night that we're pretty fortunate in the sports car paddocks of IMSA that we have a really good set of teams and drivers, don't we? Very approachable, always want to help you, and they're all really enthusiastic about the uh, about the sport, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, it's a great point. And I was chattering last night with uh, Dennis Anderson uh, and uh, Fabio Shearer. Uh, the, of the uh, the high high class racing team running in LP2 in the Ipswich WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, uh, they're from Denmark. The team is from Denmark. Uh, their first full season here. They've done a, a couple of races at Daytona before, but they absolutely love the atmosphere over over here at the Ipswich events. They love the racetracks. They are just thrilled to be part of this Ipswich scene. Now, on the timing screens. Um, we'll, we'll check this to make sure this is correct. But Shea Adam has told me that uh, there's a visual confirmation as well. Something I didn't expect. We had this called as a short yellow. The pits have now opened for GS. 
So the pits have opened for GS within this caution. I suspect because it's going on so long, yeah. um, again, this is not necessarily what is written down in the regulations, but I think this is not not the worst decision by race control. People are there out on the circuit who have been out there for an hour now and haven't stopped. Now, there's been quite a bit behind the safety car, but what you don't want is people potentially running out of fuel. Yes, you could come in no, for emergency service. Fuel isn't the issue. Right. It's the drive time that's the issue. Right. And we saw at Watkins Glen, we had the fiasco there during the six hours. I'm sorry to call it that, but that's what it was. When the race was uh, was cut short and interrupted by, by weather and then restarted again, and a whole bunch of cars got put to the back afterwards because they hadn't met the minimum drive time, which really wasn't their, wasn't their fault. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was just sort of circumstances. So uh, hats off to IMSA here for reacting to that and giving Love these it. teams an opportunity not to, to get caught out in the same way. Uh, Luke Mars is in. Tom Collingwood is in. Those were the two of the top runners who didn't come in. So those who've just stopped have stayed out. Javier, uh, Javier Queros has come in for Riley. Uh, we'll surely we'll see some of the other cars behind coming in as well, including, I would expect to see, Ted Giovardis come in as well. Manner from heaven for them. And Owen Trinkler will be rubbing his hands because he's only got just over three hours to take now, not three hours and 20 minutes. Shit, Adam. We've got a lot of driver changes going on on the pit lane right now, as expected. Third drivers getting in. We've got, uh, that is John TC taking over for Thomas Collingwood for the BGB Porsche. It is fuel only for Vin Barletta in the 96 Turner Motorsport BMW. But when the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW comes in, that will be a driver change. Bill Oberlin taking over. You were right, John. Ted Giovannis in the pit lane for the 64 Team TGM. The sister car of Hugh Plum stayed out. Ted will be getting out, and Owen Trinkler will be super gluing himself in till the end of this race. Driver change in the 14 Toyota, the number 43. Sean Quinlan started that car. Greg Leofouge has taken it over for Stephen Cameron Racing in their BMW. We've got Colin Brown into the number 21 Mercedes, the one that we were talking about being babied for the early practice sessions. Well, it will be babied no more for Riley Motorsport. And we just had the number 22, Sean McAllister, I think it was. No, it was John Capetzio who started that car. It is now Nick Galante who's taken over the 22. That is the racing to end ALZ car with the beautiful purple and white. And the last car once again on the pit lane belongs to core but this was a full service stop now let me wait and see what color the helmet is oh no this is the 59 so it is still luca mars out on the racetrack has not yet made a pit stop that was fuel and tires for bob mccallion once again i'm i'm pretty certain luca did come into the pit lane there uh, in the number 60. did um, he uh, yeah saw saw him go okay uh head into the pit lane I didn't see what they did in the, the box it's just slightly too far down the hill for me to be able to see because the both uh, cars were in both cars okay. were in thank you I did see four cars stay out that stuck out in my mind Volt Racing with their Aston Martin and Alan Benjolfsson stayed out Kenton Cook stayed out from the lead of the race Hugh Plum stayed out and uh, Michael McCann Correct. stayed out Okay. And they are the top four at the moment in the order. 56, Marillo Racing, Mercedes, the bright orange car. Michael McCann, Porsche sitting in behind, next in line behind the, the safety car and the leader. That's the number eight. Hugh Plum in the multicoloured uh, orange, blue, 
white and silver 46 Porsche and the bright yellow of Alan Brynjolfs and Volt Racing. They did not come in. No. And uh, also that, staying that. out, Kenny Marillo, number 72, uh, Sheena Monk in 877, James Pezek in calibre 40, Ramin Abdul Vahabi in calibre 09, uh, and I think all of the other GS cars want to pit lane. Dylan McAvern didn't, of course, because he pitted just a little while ago on that restart. Uh, but all of the other GS cars have just been onto the pit lane. I think McAvern will be in in this uh, now that the pits are, are, are still open. I think he'll be back in because they'll want to get Bill Oblin in that car. Um, they were certainly showing that they were certainly showing a sign to ask him to come in um, when that first tranche of cars came in. I'm, I'm guessing. Well, I don't know. But, but, Shay, did you say that the radio issue wasn't fixed Correct. on that car? Right, yep, okay. the radio issue persists, but Bill Oberlin is suited, booted, and sitting on the wall and oh, okay. really wants to get in that car. Three hours just to stroll in the park for Bill this afternoon. Better fight back for that car. They come past us again. This is not going to be a short yellow. Yeah, the Turner guys have, uh, with a bit of yellow tape, because they didn't have all of the right letters, driver change or drive change. So, yeah, they are coming in. 95 being shown that as they go through. Do we get a flash of the lights? Pit now, 95. Pit now in 95. Driver change is what it says. And the pit crew member of Turner Motorsport on the wall has given the wall a thumbs up Shea, so I think you'll see that 95 the next time around, meantime uh, you have been joined by some but not all of the TCRs, first four stayed out, you've got the rest but it is very intimidating to have a horde of angry Hyundai Elantras coming straight at you with their lights flashing ablaze because four of them did come into the pit we've got a driver change, Michael Johnson is out, Stephen Simpson it is in it was fuel only for the number 33, the sister car for BHA, we've got two further Hyundai's getting full service it looks like uh, Taylor Hagler is out of the number one that'll be Michael Lewis for the remainder of the race and fuel only for the 98 we've also got the Alpha and this is a driver change Tim Lewis out and that is Roy Block getting in just waiting on the driver change that is the last part of this pit stop to finish now he is cleared to go after getting fuel and tires we've got driver changes for both of the Belgard and Technoseal Audis remember both of those cars with three drivers in them now the Alpha goes off so that car now back of the pack and I would fully expect to see the turn and BMW in this time he came closer to the wall to acknowledge that he had seen and as you said John the thumbs up that's a pretty good indicator my block was very slow getting away there and I'm just waiting to see the car come off the pit lane limiter uh, maybe he wasn't quite comfortable in the car and he didn't want to light it up thanks to all of you for coming around and seeing us here at Road America America's National Park of Speed and the Road America 240 this afternoon, the first time we've had four hours for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Thanks very much for supporting the IMSA weekend. Really good, knowledgeable crowd. Everybody I've spoken to at the fan forum and we're out and about over the last few days. Asking a lot of questions and giving a lot of opinions. We love it. It's what the sport's about. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, the GS Class split is going to happen now. So we are probably 
only a lap away. Oh, door open. Door open there for the McCann Porsche. The red, white and black car on the driver's side. And why would that be? Because that car didn't come into the pit lane. Uh, I saw the driver's door open and then slammed. Not sure what that was all about. Q Plum sitting in behind him in the other Porsche. So the class split happening right now. Well, there'll be one more lap under full course yellow. We're under three hours to go now, Jeremy. So we've had the first hour of racing, um, such as it has been, that has been uh, rather more full course yellow. Actually, not quite. Yeah. Uh, just slightly. 19 yeah. minutes 47 of full course yellow, 19, 18 of, uh, of green. No, we're up to 44 full course yellow uh, now. Yeah, it was only 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes that first stint, and then only, well, just over a lap, wasn't it? Correct. On that restart. So, yeah, messy. Messy. Let's go down the pit lane for sure, Adam. We'll take a couple of uh, interviews from the drivers. Taylor Hagler qualifying slightly further back than the team or the driver would have wanted to, but made up some good positions there, Shea using the uh, the yellow flags to advantage. Yeah, and Taylor, I heard you say to your engineer, the yellows helped keep you a bit cooler than otherwise you would have, but you still look like you've been working your butt off out there. How hot is it in the Hyundai? Um, I mean, we've never put a thermometer in there. My guess is probably like 120, 130, no fans, window up, the whole nine. So it gets pretty warm. We do have like one small fan connected to the battery, but it doesn't really push out cold air. It just kind of circulates hot air, but at least it's airflow. Something's better than nothing. Now, when it's a race like this and it's so stagnated, it's hard to kind of get into a rhythm. Does that make it more taxing mentally as a driver to try and keep yourself in the zone? Um, for me, not really, just because I think the yellows kind of give me a little bit of a reprieve and I'm able to restart my brain and then kind of start it back like it's the beginning of the race again. So for me, I think it's easier. It gives your body a little break, your mind a break, and kind of reset. Is Michael into the end now, or are you going to get back in later? Um, I haven't really talked to my engineer about it yet. My guess is he's probably into the end. I think it was just a really good spot for us to go ahead and stop, change tires because we did in the first time and put him into the end. So we'll see what happens. Would you want to get back in? It's iffy. Uh, I've never I've never finished a race in IMSA. So being out there with all the like veteran pro drivers, it's a little scary, but I have to do it at some point. So maybe, maybe not. I mean, you are a series champion, so there is something to say for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at one one point I have to do it. We talked about doing it last year, but kind of wanted the podium in Atlanta last year, which still didn't happen. But maybe we'll we'll try it one day this year. Maybe next year. We'll see what happens. Hey, great job out there so far. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Safety car lights are out. So the pack beginning to close up. Whilst Shea was talking, we had the number 200 back in again. Remember, they were out of sequence after that right rear had to be changed under emergency service rules. I don't think they've been back down the pit lane under green, though, Jeremy, have they? The number two car, uh, when it came in for emergency service. Um, I, I will scroll. Oh, they just came in. They came in there under yellow. Um, yeah, they just came in again now. Right. Uh, so they've had three pit stops. Yes. So the, yeah, they came in under the uh, They came under in under emergency. Pit. Yeah, well, that, they had a problem. That was for a problem, and then they had to come in and and, and come in again now, which which is what they've done. So right. they've they've kind of fulfilled that. 
have a bit of catching up to do, them and the 95. Bill Oberland's been installed. That safety car has pulled away in the field coming round. Bill Mitchell bend, turn 13 towards the final corner at 14. I think the number two car is just going to get on the back of the train, uh, as is Bill Oberland. He's hustling down through the kink as I speak as we go back to green flag. Two hours and 52 minutes on the clock. And across the line, Kenton Cook, here he comes, crosses the line now, there he goes. And that's about as quick as you like, down towards turn one. Bit of a defensive driving by Hugh Plum in the... Oh, my goodness, the heart Honda has blown the pit exit light, and there's a contact at the first at the first corner as well as Michael McCann hits the leader going up the inside that was really dangerous with the Hart Honda coming out under a red light at the end right in front of the leaders as they were getting up the speed on the green flag rejoin that's going to be a hefty penalty for that number 89 car and that will have to come back around into the pit lane problems I think for McCann racing that car's going slowly after that hit on the leader, Michael looking down the inside, and now it's Hugh Plum who fended off the attentions of Kenny Marillo in the second of the two Marillo Racing AMGs that are right up there. Turn five, one, two, three, four across the track for a moment, and one or two on the grass as well. But definitely problems for Michael McCann and that McCann Racing Porsche as he dived down the inside into turn one. But now it's Hugh Plum who's taking up the battle. He is the TGM meat in the bread wow. sandwich wow. that is the two wow. Marillo racing Whoa. cars side no, by no, side no, contact. No. Kenny Marillo trying to go around the outside at turn eight. He was off the track and ran out of runoff there. Wow. He was pushed off the track there. No, I don't, see again. don't see that. No. You know there's a car alongside you. You know the track's running out there. What do you do? Just run him off the racetrack? Uh, that was a bit unfortunate. It was a break. It was a bold move Bro- by Kenny Murray suspe- to go on the outside. Yeah, broken suspension uh, under the drive-through for running the red light at the end of the pit lane for two cars. The 89 we knew about. Oh, pass under yellow as well uh, for the number 54. And yeah. Kenny Marillo's not going to get that car back to the yeah, pits, but he may get it off the track. There is a, a cutout where he is at the exit of the carousel. Good job there. That's the car that was third in the championship coming to this weekend. Last time out at Lime Rock, it was a sister car that was running second, and is still second in the championship, that had a problem. This time it's number 72. So the restart, first of all, down the inside for the Porsche... Halfway up the car, at best, yeah, that May, was, that that was might a get bold. a penalty. But to be honest, it's been self-penalising. Yeah. Then Marillo comes round the outside, and and he's just driven off the racetrack. Well, I don't know. Absolutely what, driven off the nah, racetrack. I, I absolutely see that no, the other way. You put yourself not. on the outside. You're putting yourself in danger, and you don't Look, have you to. Turn give, le- you turn right. You don't have to give anybody any room if they're off the track. He's off the track there. He's got to rejoin safely. Totally disagree with you there, Jeremy. No, not going to go for that one. And then another (laughs) issue for Carbon, almost doing the sideways move down the kink. Drivers are going to have to cool themselves down a little bit. Kenny Marillo has done the very gentlemanly thing and not left his car parked. Uh, and we've got a couple of callers. Belgarden Technicale 84 Audi, the blue and 
Yellow Cup, by the way, that also happened at uh, turn eight uh, down there. That uh, coming together between the Mercedes and the Porsche. Sheer, what have you got in the pit lane other than that Audi? Uh, I've got the McCann Racing Porsche. I made it back in, but there was a giant cloud of white smoke. No, that does mean a new Pope has been elected. <laughs> They're changing the left side tires on this car. They did wiggle the left front wheel, and it moved a tiny bit, but not enough to indicate that the suspension was broken. Now they're refueling while they have the opportunity. Let's see if they run around and change the right side tires as well. Yes, they are going to. The fueling is done. We've also got the number two Hyundai back into the pit lane. This is the AJ must start a car. They are looking at the left front of this car. This one did have right rear damage previously as well as a result of a tire incident. I can't quite see the Belgarde Audi because it's a little bit too much further down the pit lane. The 89 Honda is in and is in the penalty box. That was a very scary situation. Stop plus 60 is the penalty for running the pit exit, the red light. That is standard, but I don't know if that's severe enough for all of the uh, chaos that it caused as a ramification. And we did have a drive-through penalty as well, John. That was the 54 Michael Johnson racing Hyundai. That is Stephen Simpson aboard it now. Was that a pass under yellow? That was a pass under yellow, correct. Absolutely right, Jeremy, uh, in all of that. So I think we're caught up with two hours and 47 minutes to go. Number 95 car of Bill Oberlin, then uh, potentially still without a radio out there. They've been trying to fix that. We'll get shit to ask the team. He's down in 21st in class, picking his way through the GS runners at the moment in uh, 29th position for Bill Power. Meantime, at the front of the field, Ken Cook has pulled out a handy 1.6 second lead to Hugh Plum. Bill Oberlin puts the fastest lap of the race in. No surprise there. 2.18.126. So Oberlin, um, a second and a half quicker, Jeremy, than the guys at the front of the field at the moment. 1.18.126 for, sorry, 2.18.126 for Bill Oberlin. Hauling, hauling the mail in that number 95 car, trying to make up at some ground. Pit lane speed violation coming through. Oh, this has been terribly, terribly un untidy. Uh, and this is for the number eight. And that's going to take them even further back. This is the Porsche of Michael McCann. Uh, yeah. They've got a problem anyway. Uh, and it's, in fact, it's been given as a pit lane speed violation plus 20 kilometres an hour. So stop and go. That is that was from their, I think from their last pit stop that they've just done, Michael, in and out of the pit lane after that contact at turn one. Yeah, probably just uh, with his, uh, just just wanted to get into the pits as quick as he could and uh, probably forgot that the uh, pit lane... Oh, it's been oh, a big, no. big incident down under the bridge. That's the Toyota Supra. Uh, I think it was one of the core cars. Do you think it was, was one it? of the core cars? Ooh. There's two cars involved. That was one of the AMGs that as was well. Gary, I think that was Gary Ferreira, car number 11. Uh, this is turn eight into turn nine, the carousel. Gracious. This is another full course yellow being called. Well, extraordinary stuff. And that is another big impact with a car white off the front left-hand corner and we're sitting in the middle of the track and then literally 10 or 15 metres further around the corner, there's another car facing the wrong direction. Big, big drama and no kind of rhythm to this race. Kenton Cook remains at the lead as we go full course caution again. Through he goes past us with Hugh Plum in second, Alan Brynjolfsson in third so it's as you were well it isn't as you were, sorry. No that was uh, Jeremy I think you're right, I think that was the second of the uh, 
cool racing cars that uh, was taken out of that one let's see who doesn't come through it is the 59 car good spot Jeremy yeah there was a second car involved there as well uh, who was in that part of the circuit or has that car resumed well it's going to be survival God, of the fitness here isn't it a race of attrition more like a Saturday night yeah. demolition derby at the moment at the front of the field yeah I mean yeah we had, we had eight laps to start the race then we had one lap agreed and then we had well two I suppose and now back under yellow again and um some fairly crazy driving going there goes number 11 car so he's back out he's back out there Gary Ferrari looked to be looked to come past here at, at speed that was the car I think one of the cars that spun at uh, turn 8 but um, yeah and that car Shear reported to me from the pit lane that, that sounded like something was catching or flapping as that car went through well well not entirely certain what to say at this point, Jeremy, and that's no. unusual for me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as you well know. Really unfortunate uh, there were all these incidents uh, taking place out there, that's for sure. Now, there will be a pass around this time because there has been a little bit of shake-up. I think there was some damage to Aston Martin 09 as well on the left front there as that went under the Corvette Bridge a moment or two ago. It is on our side, so I'll have a look when that one comes past him. Uh, we'll take the opportunity as uh, the formalities of the safety car are going on to speak to some of the drivers down to the pit lane to vault racing. Alan Brynjolsson staying out there, Shea, in third position. So Trent Hindman can talk to you. Yeah, and Trent, this is kind of a, a little bit of a nice turnout to this race because with so much yellow, it means that Alan can stay in the car even longer, which means that there's less pressure on you to drive three hours of this race. When conditions are like this, do you look forward to being in the car for such a long period of time? I do, Shay. I do. That's why um, the homework's done at home, and you show up to these races prepared no, no matter uh, how long you're going to be in the car or how hot it may be. We're ready to go. Um, I'm happy that uh, Alan is definitely getting getting his drive time here. Unfortunate with the amount of yellows. It's, it's a little bit disappointing to see the quality of driving right now. It's um, a bit unnecessary for a four-hour race, but uh, hopefully things clean up a bit. I'm just happy that Alan's uh, staying cool keeping his head screwed on straight, doing a really good job for us, for the Volt Racing team. And um, he himself has been working a ton on his conditioning back at home. So right now, you know, probably two hours in the car is going to be no problem for him. That's a great thing. And then looking forward to the remainder of the schedule as well, VIR and uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, two tracks that are very good for him as well. It's got to be a, a little bit easier breathing at this point in the championship, especially with the buffer that you guys have built. Well, we're not... As much as we want to kind of glorify ourselves in that, we're not thinking about it so much, right? We, we've stuck to a process. Um, we're going to continue to stick to that process to execute good race results, stay clean. Um, you know, it's not a super complicated formula. It's just a matter of, um, of staying disciplined. And everybody on this team has been doing a really good job of that, I'm proud to say. Um, you know, we come to, come to VIR and Road Atlanta next, two really good tracks, we think, for this Volt Racing team and this Volt Racing Aston Martin. So um, looking forward to, to, A, getting through today, but then, B, finishing out the season strong. Is it a good thing that it stayed dry for today for you guys? 
we'll take it any way we can, right? Road America in the wet is uh, is is a is a treat, really. Any racetrack that we visit on the uh, IMSA calendar, it's uh, it's a pleasure to drive in the wet. So, uh, again, that's that that just comes back to doing your homework at home and being prepared, whether it's uh, wet or dry, hot or cold. Uh, you've got to be be prepared to adapt to the conditions, not just um, car balance and setup, but but just uh, drive you know conditioning, right, and and mental acuity. Um, so, yeah, if it, it can rain right now, and I think we're good to go. And uh, I know Alan's certainly feeling the same as me. You've been here in the wet, so you know what that's all about. Now, I've got to ask you about the guy sitting next to you, because a great engineer makes a big difference in terms of a race team. And Bobby V was part of Wright Motorsport winning the championship last year. How much of a help is it to you to have a calm voice on the other end of the radio that you know you can trust? Well, it's not just one with Bob. And, and I mean, I, if I sit here singing Bob's praises too much, his head's going to get a little bit too big. So we got to keep him humble a little bit. But it's it's so amazing to work with a guy like Bob. We have uh, Charlie Barnard and uh, Kevin Doran on our box, too. So having having that kind of powerful lineup on your pit box, is um, it's almost more effective than the driving lineup sometimes. Uh, I'm, it's, I think it's pretty safe to say so. Uh, just absolutely a pleasure. So fortunate to have these guys up here, and uh, especially the, the guys going over the wall, Ryan Heller, Matt, Fit, Matt Fitzgerald, um, the guys doing our tire changes. They've been on fire all year. So it's the whole team, and it's, it's such a pleasure to work with everybody here. Just happy we're getting the, the results they deserve. Thanks for the chat, Trent. Good luck for the rest of the race today and then the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you, Shay. Appreciate it. Still under full course yellow with two hours and 39 minutes to go. Let's give you a VP Racing in-race update. We'll start with TCR, where Victor Gonzalez uh, is second to Tyler Gonzalez. Van der Stur Racing, Hyundai Veloster leads. That's the white number 19 car. The number 99, red, white, and black. Uh, Honda Civic in second. And then the host of Hyundais, the Elantras. 33, Mark Wilkins in third. Mason Felipe, 77 in fourth. Parker Chase, 98 in fifth. Then the Alfa Romeo, that's the dark colour black car with the uh, dark gold coloured wheels uh, and then uh, uh, Lumens uh, in the Belgarden Technology Seal Audi is in 7th, 8th Michael Newis, 9th Stephen Simpson, that's 95 and 54 and rounding up the top 10, Ryan Norman uh, in the uh, Hyundai number 2 is the first car off the lead lap. Is he still on the, the, the lead lap in class no, though, Jeremy? No, I don't right. think he is. No, I think he's a lap uh, lap behind. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So at the front of the field, Kent Cook leads for Marillo Racing in the orange number 56 AMG. Then the Porsche of Hugh Blum. That's the Blum, the multicoloured TGM car, the 46 in second. The bright yellow highlight, the yellow Volt Racing Aston Martin, the number seven is Alan Brynjolfsson in third. In fourth, Green and white, JG Wentworth Racing Mustang, the 877. Trevor Andrisco, FCP Euro, Mercedes next up, the number 55 in fifth. So, sorry? I lie. There goes Ryan Norman. He just went past us, so he ah, is on the lead lap. He's just about, he's just been way by then to get on the, the lead lap, has he? Because he has just done the pass around. Right. Must have done that, okay. Huge amount of clear up to be done down at the Speedville Bridge. We got down to uh, eighth position for. Uh, right for Luca Mars. So, how did all this happen? Oh. Right in the middle of the track, the uh, core racing car either spun up the rear tyres and went into the bridge abutment on the the right hand side, or got a tap from the yeah. BMW, the turn of BMW, and I'm afraid it was the latter. 
again, people moving around uh, whilst in traffic. Not sure what either could have done about that, but the, that's not my decision to make. Very good driving from those behind to make sure nobody picked up that car. And Jeremy, you were spot on. It was the uh, Capstan Mercedes, wasn't it? The number 11 car that actually effectively span in, spun in avoidance, went onto the grass and then looped it around. But that must have been a scary moment there as well. The good news is that uh, uh, the although the car was badly damaged, the driver... Who was in the 59 there, Jeremy? Bob McCallion. It was Bob, was it? So second, they second. come out side by side. Second incident we've seen at he that area. Punted, didn't he? And again, you know... Same thing. That's a car rejoining from off the track. That's the way I see that again. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think if you put yourself off the track and you're running out of hard standing, it, surely it beholds you not to just drive into the guy who's alongside you. You can't, you can't blame McKillian for that. I'm yeah. not. No, exactly. Well, I'm so not. that's but that was exactly the same as what happened before with the, the Porsche and the and the the AMG. The car that came back on initiates the contact. Big black mark was already on the wall actually, and we've added to it to that new Johnsonville bridge. We don't have to make these decisions, yeah, thank goodness, thankfully. Jeremy. Um, thankfully. The driver walked away. That's the most important part. There's a yeah, huge it's a, it's amount a very, of It's a very different accident, that one, to, to the one we saw in the same, pl almost the same place earlier on. But this is another 100 yards further down the track, and that uh, 100 yards is quite significant because Bob, Bob McKellie was just sort of driving in a straight line there, and, uh, and Vince Barletta was trying to get it back on the racetrack, as you say. And uh, the other two would be, were absolutely side by side. These two weren't. That's the difference that I see, clunk, particularly clunk. in that. Clunk, 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 that clunk. number eight car. Is, is then uh, back out on the racetrack, but yeah, there's a broken splitter there, amongst other things, from the number two car. But the, the number eight car for, for Michael McCann, having uh, had that problem after the restart, is, uh, ha has made a stop and is still back on the same lap as the leaders. Correct. That's the good news. Uh, whether that was a loose connection or something that could be fixed or something that the computer could do, they'll get with past the TCR cars another half an hour of racing has passed by without very many green flag laps I'm afraid at IMSA Radio if you uh, want to get in touch with us and the uh, opinions are coming in about the, uh, the accidents uh, Bill says I don't think I've ever complained about track limits in IMSA quite the reverse but that's two cars that have been off the track on that corner, rejoined and caused an accident. Not on. Have your say at IMSA Radio. We talked about the other day about track limits. It's about safety as much as anything else. Yeah. And uh, whichever way that gets seen, can't encourage people to be that far off the track. Whichever way that goes, I, yeah. you know, that, that's not what's at issue here. Yeah. We saw it yesterday at Turn 1, where content with ripping up the tarmac, people went out and did it yeah. exactly the same again. McKillian on the inside there defending, and Vin Barletner on the outside bouncing across the kerb as he came back on. Hell of a bit of driving going on behind. 
for people not to hit the stricken car. Yeah. 96 car just turned left. Vin, Vin right came on at side. an angle, didn't yeah, he? he did. Yeah, Yeah. Pick the bones out of that race control. Yeah. I, I have a suspicion that uh, before we go racing again in the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge and at the next driver's meeting, there might have to be a few harsh words. Yeah. Uh, it is the... Uh, green flag is coming out it is the uh, it is the GT event next at GT only event next at Lime Rock Park of which of course uh, Michelin will be Michelin Pilot Challenge will be a part battle for the lead immediately as we restart with 2 hours and 32 minutes to go and Hugh Plum tries to go around the outside of turn 1 and then he cuts back on the inside the leader goes very wide indeed Kenton Cook right over that curb now he's gone to the inside you can't move back Kenton and he doesn't he stays to the middle of the road Meanwhile, behind, Sheena Monk goes up into third position with a super overtake on Alan Brynjolfsson. Great stuff there. Going through into the pit lane, we've got a Honda. I think that's the Hart car coming back in to the pit lane. As Hugh Plum again down towards turn five, tries the outside. He'll come back to the inside here, get on the power earlier. That's exactly what he's done. But the bigger engine on the Mercedes is going to pull it up the hill under the bridge a little quicker looking further down the field Luca Mars was back in the battle again for Corp Motorsports in that uh, Mustang GT4 in 8th position and Sheena Monk has overtaken Alan Brynjolfsson yep. to go yep. up to the 3rd position she's going to Did defend that, that down into turn 8 that was down into turn 3 Jeremy uh, we called that as it happened yep. and it was a cracking manoeuvre as well 3 wide at turn 8 again uh, from the restart, these are the dangerous laps as we found in the last hour and a half or so. But at the front of the field, the two leaders have taken off. Sheena Monk's had a great restart on cold Mitchell and tyres, remember. We've been cruising around behind our Corvette C8 safety car for quite a long time. Now through to Canada Corner. Here comes the second of the TGM cars. That's on Trinkler. And he's only got a, an hour and a half to race now. This is absolute glory days for him. And he goes around the outside of the Riley, number 14. Super stuff. Owen Trinkler started this lap in 10th position. I reckon he's well inside the top 10. I think he could be 8th now. As he comes around to the final corner. And there's a little touch on the front of the GR car. That was the 60 Luca Mars car. Just clipped the number 14 there. Coming around the final corner. But that at least means... That, that uh, Toyota Super, which has got damage, Alfredo Najri will be able to dive straight into the pit lane. And Owen Trinkler, in fact, in sixth position as he went across the line in front of us. Started that lap on the restart in tenth. The two TGM cars going very well indeed. There was already a left front puncture, I think, on the... Yeah, there was already a left front puncture on the Toyota but that wasn't helped by Luca Mars cutting across the nose of the car and breaking the front suspension Sheer Adam you've got the 14 Toyota yes and you are correct on it is a very much deflated uh, Michelin on the left front of this car but they're taking the opportunity to change the left side tires and top it off with fuel also into the pit lane the number 40 PF racing Mustang now Joey Hand was suited booted and ready to climb aboard this car they are taking the front right tire off and looking inside I think they're 
there's a bit more damage to this car because they've just told Joey that, yep, no, Joey is getting in. There's a broken wishbone on the right front. They're going to have to go behind the wall. Oh, what a tragedy for Joey Hand making his return to this championship after about 10 years. So that's going to be going back. And now let's see what's going on with the Toyota, if everything was okay structurally there. Yep, they've decided to put the left front tire back on. Let's see, are they going to change the right sides? This is Bill Riley's crew. Remember, it's Riley Technology. Name over the door for the Toyota Supra GT4 machine. Going to drop the car off the air jacks in a moment. And let's see, is he going behind the wall? He might be, John. Nope, let's see. That was a good launch out of the box. Uh, no, the uh, 14 is going behind the wall. He's not in the fast lane. The other car that's in the pit lane with problems, John, that would be the number two Hyundai for Brian Herta Autosport. This is the car that's had a rough day already. The bonnet is up. That would be the hood. And they are doing work in the engine compartment. So that uh, is the, not great. They're actually changing the front splitter. Oh, so they've no. taken the valance off. That was the one that was rattling around <laughs> earlier on. And it's not an easy job to do that because you've got to put the stays back on. You've got to get the old one off, first of all, and then put the new one on. So they've taken the whole of the front end of that car off uh, underneath the headlights and the grille area. That's why the hood is up on that car. Uh, and also the Mustang, the PF Mustang going behind the wall as well. The James Pesic number 40. That was the broken right front wishbone. I think it was a left front suspension problem for the Toyota Supra. That was just a puncture, but then further contact on the number six from the number 60 broke the front end that was how i saw that one down at turn 14 meantime after the damage report let's get back to the racing report kenton cook leads by about a second the marillo racing mercedes number 56 from the 46 of hugh plum that's the porsche in second then sheena monk in the green and white number 877 then a cracking battle behind her with alan brynjolfsson Owen Trinkler now up into fifth position, having passed Gregory Leofug on the last lap around. Then Trevor Andrusco is in there as well. That's Mercedes-Porsche Ford. Uh, Mercedes-Porsche in the first group. They're away by about four seconds ahead of Ford Mustang, Aston Martin Vantage, Porsche, BMW, and another Mercedes-Benz, the FCP Eurocar. All there battling, and it's Alan Brynjolfsson who's getting shuffled back down through that pack at the moment. The white and black car of FC. P Euro is the 55, Trevor Andrusco's just moved up into sixth position Alan Brynjolfsson started the lap in fourth he's going to finish it in no better than seventh and in fact Colin Brown is coming in that uh, very pretty number 21, Riley Motorsports car and he wants a bit of fun here as well, great restart by Sheena Monk, really caught Alan Brynjolfsson napping going down towards turn three after the green flag, she's settling into her pace and steadfastly refusing to be intimidated but now it's Owen Trinkler behind her in fourth position not Alan Brynjolfsson and behind Owen Gregory Leofug in the Stephen Cameron Racing BMW M4 is looking racy as well as Trevor Andrusco and Colin Brown and Tom Dyer's not that far away either as he is closing in on the dark grey with green Porsche that's the uh, number 93 car bomb with Paragon car making up the top 10 Bill Orbelin He's following Tom Dyer in his wheel tracks. They're going to be on this battle very shortly. And from Sheena Monk in third, all the way down to 10th position, make that 11th because Alec Yadel's right there for the Kelly Moss Porsche. They're going to be battling for that third spot. And Bill Arbelin's made about 10 positions since the restart. He's absolutely flying. Already set the fastest lap of the race. So watch out for car number 95. Don't forget, Cher and Jeremy, we've got to pick our Michelin moment of the race for both TCR and GS. 
we'll have a chat about that closer to the end of the race at IMSA Radio. If you want to get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, two hours and 25 minutes still to run in TCR. Tyler Gonzalez for Van der Stur racing from Victor Gonzalez. That's 19 from 99 as they went across the line a moment or two ago. They've got the uh, GS traffic ahead of them now, and this is going to be interesting. Right there, Mark Wilkins in the first of the eggshell blue Brian Hearn Autosports Elantras racing well here despite the ride height increase for the balance of performance. He's the first of them. That's the number 33. Now, at the moment, they've got the number 11. Gary Ferreira driven Capstone Motorsport Mercedes ahead of them. That Mercedes is quick in a straight line, but the nimble front wheel drive, 300 plus horsepower, turbocharged four cylinder cars are very quick through the twisty bits. Oh, big slide by the Van der Stur Racing Veloster going through turn number six. That's the lead, the lead car in class. Tyler Gonzalez and Victor Gonzalez battling it out. No relation. Well, not close at least, maybe if you go a few <laughs> generations back, not sure. But as far as we're aware, no family connection. So you're not going to spoil Sunday evening dinner, guys. Get at it. Let's have a bit of a scrap. Well, yeah, careful what you wish for. We've seen, uh, saying something like that in this race so far, we've seen various scraps have ended up pretty ugly yeah, fashion. But uh, it's a good, clean race there at the front, at least in TCR, which is unusual because they've been generally been banging and beating on, like, on each other. But uh, it's been a really good run here for, for Tyler. They, uh, hopefully there's not going to be any, any uh, recurrence of that puncture they had early in this race. So committed Tyler Gonzalez through the kink. The whole car, four-wheel drifting through there. The flat slide. A penalty coming uh, and announced now for Alfredo Nagri for the Toyota Super GT4. Now, he's behind the wall, but... Uh, they had too many people over the wall when he was in the pit lane. So if that car does come back out, having had its left front suspension sorted, it will have to immediately come back in under green to do a drive-through. I would say least of their worries at the moment, but important that they know, and that's why Race Control have called it, that they know that they transgressed in the pit lane. Now, Victor Gonzalez under a bit of pressure from Mark Wilkins. Victor on the pit wall going through trying to get a little bit of a side draft if you will from the pit wall as he goes down through turn one now and for a moment at least in TCR Tyler Gonzalez who's had a really good last lap has pulled away for the battle from second that gap now around about a second as they go through turn three and then everyone else closing in behind that Hyundai train beginning to form behind the Honda FK7 the Alpha next up after the three. Uh, Brian Herder, Autosport, Hondas. That's Roy Block. Sixth position for that car. The little Alpha was on pole position, of course. Distinctively different looking car from anything else in the TCRs. As ever, looking immaculate in its uh, Vesuvius black is what the alpha road car colour is called, it's black with a red speckle underneath, gold wheels on that car we're coming down to 2 hours and 20 minutes so still more than a regular race to go here Jeremy yeah. and no sign uh, of 
and, and no opportunity yet for us to really work the strategy out because we just haven't had enough green at the moment for people to do what what we might call a full green stint that would be just under an hour for the gs and on or just over an hour for the tcr cars that's right so you're right uh, yeah full race plus 20 minutes to go and uh, the first 20 minutes race was, was, was all green and nice good clean hard racing but since then it's uh, kind of turned to dust but as you say it's still a long long way to go and kenton cook uh, is uh, remaining out front hugh plum in second place neither of those two yet made their first driver change uh, and the, the second the TGM, car, TGM cars up into third position, a great run by Owen Trinkler. Gregory Leofus, having been overtaken, is not letting Owen Trinkler get away. And Sheena Monk doing her best job uh, to hold on there in the fifth position as well. She too, yet to make a driver change. Oh, off Sheena Monk, off at turn one, might have had a little bit of help there. Uh, in behind was uh, Colin Brown and Alan Brynjolfsson and Brynjolfsson's car was off the track as well at turn one. Sheena Monk is not getting out of there in the GG. Went with 8.7. Well, do you know, I say that. There's a little bit of grass on the left-hand side. If the car is mobile, there may be an opportunity for her to just creep out with low revs and a slightly higher gear. Not easy to do in a race car. It's down at turn one. A little bit of side-by-side -side action as Colin Brown was in there. He's gone through, and it's side-by-side -side contact. Brynjolfsson and breaks the front suspension and steering on the 877 car. And that, again, is two cars going through, and neither, neither driver wanting to give any kind of racing room to the other. And not very smart from Alan Brynjolfsson. Unusually I mean, for all, Alan, actually. All of, yeah, all of his other championship contenders are hitting trouble. And why make it difficult? Why, you know, why force the issue there? And Sheena Monk trying to do exactly what we described. Just get the car into a relatively high gear. Don't spin the wheels. Just get the car moving. It was a good pass by Colin Brown. He was yep. through there. Sheena gave him room. Yep. He's through. And then it's absolutely side by side. Brynjolfsson hits the kerb on the inside with his right front Michelin. And then there's a tap and a second tap, which I think has done some suspension damage or maybe some steering damage. But that was wheel to wheel. There was a little puff of white smoke. And Sheena has got the car out. Hey, maybe, maybe that is not damaged. Brilliant stuff from Sheena to have got that car out because that car was dug in on the right-hand side. But there was just enough purchase. There's some damage to the splitter at the left rear just around the exhaust pipes, which are hanging down a wee bit as well. Uh, that will cost a little bit of downforce. But what I'm, I'm trying to work out is whether the front wheel on the right-hand side is steering as it should, because that would be the worry for me. It looks all right, you know, Jeremy, that. The... Sheena won here in 2020. She loves this circuit. And she did a really good job of getting that car out. So Colin Brown in the, in the blue and silver number 21 went through. And that's a, that's a perfect pass. Brynjolfsson puts his right front onto the dirt and then the curb. And there's one and then two taps. He, he just drives us straight off the road on the exit. I mean, you know, uh, uh, the, yes, he hit that inside curb. But, uh, but at that point, he just kept his foot in, drifted wide and just pushed her off the racetrack. I mean, she was right there. Incident being, that incident being yeah. looked at. Yeah. Well done to Sheena for not yeah. panicking and getting that car out. The witness marks on the side of the Volt racing car uh, would suggest that 
the first contact was made with the tyres before he was fully ahead because there's one right on the front left corner and one about uh, just ahead of the rear wheel and then there's a secondary one uh, behind the front wheel pass around will happen in a moment uh, rather unnecessary again Jeremy that yeah. one to to be honest uh, in terms of full course yellows what's that four now because we only had we had three, a, we, four yeah yeah four now so we did have a, a lap of green didn't we between uh, one and the other yeah ah Sheena uh, heading back round meantime the Ozarks international racing car the number 40 shirt Adam has rejoined you on pit lane the pink the pink panther is back yep and uh, Joey Hand just stopping it in the box so that is great work by PF Racing to get that uh, right front wishbone change and to be able to send the car back out in the capable hands of Joey Joey just waiting for the rest of the team to come out now I think they might top him off with a bit more fuel before they send him out this car does have a bit of damage to the right front but they need to make sure that it is gone before Sheena Monk gets into her pit box which is the next one back they are teammates and I'm going to wait here and see just if and how much damage there is on that number 877 JG Wentworth Racing Mustang. Just before the full course yellow was called, he says, uh, I think the 96 yes. car got into the pits. Yes, yes. they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. And Robbie Foley has replaced Vin Barletta. So, with typical uh, Turner Motorsport aplomb, Jeremy, they're no. slightly anticipated that and got yeah it was before they, they came in before the incident happened down there oh, okay right yeah. okay they they, they, uh, they were definitely in before that incident took place but certainly good timing very good timing for them because they got Robbie in the car now and that's going to be a big benefit because he's still on the lead lap uh, and it, all these other cars are going to have to come into the pits now uh, most of them or quite a few of them are going to be making driver changes some of them are going to be making driver changes uh, and uh, some of them uh, yeah will need uh, you know well, not that much fuel because it wasn't that much uh, of green flag racing go there. Let's have another look again at this uh, replay here. As you say, great pass by. Um, and there, there's, there's the yeah. second hip check there from Alan Brindrios. That's the one I don't get. And uh, off she goes pretty heavily into the tyre barriers. i tell you what, the barriers there on the exit turn one did absolutely everything that they are there to do. Yeah. They in, you know, slowed a little bit of the momentum number 877 cars that went in towards the fence and then that tyre barrier there, that would yeah. have arrested a good bit of the uh, uh, sideways momentum. Yeah. And, Gravel uh, did its job. Tire yeah, barrier did its job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So here we know. Pit stops now. Steve Grivner, who's at the circuit here, has tweeted so at Ibsa Radio. Trinkler will stay out. It's, uh, it's like they forgot it's a four-hour, not a two-hour race. I don't disagree. Uh, Owen Trinkler has stayed out because he had not long been in the car. Shea Adam, take a deep breath. Okay, we've got Kenty Cook in the pit lane. This is for the 56 Murillo Racing Mercedes. I do not see Foss's uh, helmet up on the wall yet. Let me see. Does he jump over? Yes, he comes from the front of the car this time instead of the rear. We've also got the 21 in. This is still Colin Brown. He is getting a new drinks bottle, though, aboard the wheel of the Riley Mercedes. We have the 83 BGB Racing Porsche. Spencer Pombelli taking that over and taking it to the end. Tom Dyer is in for the 93 Carbon Porsche. He is staying aboard. They are not yet putting in 
Tyler McQuarrie. We've got Turner Motorsports with both of their cars into the pit lane. It is fuel only for Robbie Foley, who came in just before the caution came out. Fuel and tires for Bella Oberlin. We've got Alan Brynjolfsson out of the Volt Racing Aston Martin. That is Trent Hemming getting in. Fuel and tires for them. Plum to plum for Team TGM. Hugh hands over to Matt as they do fuel and tires for that Porsche as well. That's the sound of the 22 Team Hardpoint Porsche. Great stop by that crew to get him out a little bit further up the pit lane. We've also got the 55. That car for FCP Euro came in. They did fuel tires. Mike Skeen taking over. There we go with Murillo and their number 56. But they're going to lose a few positions on this pit stop. And it looks to me as though Foley is out out front as we expected him to be because of gaining the fuel. Ooh, that flapping in the background is a lot of white smoke coming off of the bottom of the number two. That is the Hyundai that just had the splitter replaced. Well, now the middle of the car is flapping. So that is not good. 8774 was in. That looked to me like no damage to the car. They put Kyle Marcelli in. Sheena Monk got out. I'll let her cool down for a few minutes before I stick a microphone under her nose. And finally into the pit lane, the number eight Porsche for McCann Racing. And that will be fuel and tires for them. Uh, let's wait and see. No, that's a drive-through for the number eight. Uh, so was that car coming out from behind the wall again? I think possibly. We've also got the 60. That's the core racing Mustang in. It's tires are off. It is sitting on the air jacks, and there are mechanics staring at it a bit forlornly. Um, by the way, the service that was done to Joey Hand's car, that would be the 40 PF Racing Mustang. They were waiting on someone to put sticker tires on for Joey, so keep an eye on him. Joey loves stickers, and Joey loves Road America. Yeah, the eight, the 8 car is several laps down, so we can pretty much forget that, unfortunately. They've had the problems early on. The 96 car did come back in then. Uh, not quite sure why. I'd be interested to know why, because they'd been in literally the lap before for what I presumed was regular service. I'd certainly like to check up on that one, Shay, if we can, please. Uh, I, I don't think it will have... Uh, well, it, it certainly would have cost them some. I don't, I don't know where they resumed. They certainly would have overtaken most of those cars that did stop. This time around, it'll be wholesale pit stops for TCR again. And Robbie Wickens now is preparing to get aboard that number 33 car that currently runs in the third position in TCR, car number 33. So Owen Trinkler has cycled to the front of the third courtesy of not making the pit stop that everybody else just did. But then again, he hasn't been in uh, that car too long. Yeah. Uh, and he got in um, He got in with about two and a half hours to go, but he hasn't had that much green flag running. No, he's had a half a dozen laps. Yeah. So basically... So the strategy is working out perfectly for Team TGM oh, today. They are, they, are, they are loving this. Matt Plum... Uh, has just rejoined uh, in the second of their cars. But it's TGM Porsche uh, from Murillo Racing. Eric Voss in the 56 car. Did he manage to come out in second place? We'll see when they come round. Here comes the TCR cars because they're splitting the GS field. So they'll now come in led by the number 19. It's the Van der Stur racing car, Tyler Gonzalez from Victor Gonzalez, and then the horde of Hyundais. Hyundais <laughs> heading towards your ship. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of nice cars. Now, the 60 did just go behind the wall, so the core motorsport Ford that started on pole position no longer here on the pit lane. But the first car to hit its box will be the number 15 Bellgarden Texas Hill Audi. Fuel tires and a driver change there as Nick Loomis looks like he's getting behind the wheel of that car. All right, we've got the Alpha in. Fuel tires and a driver change. Tim Lewis Jr. climbing back aboard that car. Fuel tires and a driver change for which of the Hyundais is that? 
Uh, 77. Wow. Sorry, it took me a second there to realize which one it was. We've also got the 19 in. This is Vanderster. It is Rory taking over, so he will be driving this stint to the race. We've got further Hyundai's in, further up the field. Both the number one and the 77 look like they are, uh, one and the 98, excuse me, they are in. They're the ones with the more blue on the dashboard, uh, on the side of the car. We've got Parker Chase getting out of the 98. I think that's his bright yellow helmet. Hard to see from this far away. VGRT leaves in the head of this pit stop sequence. They were the ones who did the quickest stop. So that was a very good stop from them. Good stop by the Alpha team as well to get Tim Lewis Jr. out. So uh, Roy Block, his driving is done. Yep. That was the sound of a tortured four-cylinder Hyundai engine. Oh, unsafe release there from one of the Hyundais. Almost drove right into the side of Audi number 15 and has now had to drop in behind. They were already in the fast lane, so actually disaster averted there and the right thing done Absolutely. by the outgoing driver of the number 77. Was it Tyler Max yes. that took that car over? Yeah, really nicely done there. Yeah. Um, it's the driver, I, I always say the driver's never to, seldom to blame for going when he's told to go. But Tyler did the right thing there, stayed over to the side and dropped in behind as they went through the RFID readers. Yeah, he went directly into the acceleration lane, uh, whereas the other car was already in the outside lane. So that, that no harm, no foul there. And then, as you say, when they're alongside, it's the car on the outside lane, the fast lane, that has priority. So number 77 car has to tuck in behind him. That's exactly what he did. So heads up driving uh, by, uh, by, by both of those two guys. Hello, Filipponi says, how many laps has the pace car led today? We may need to know that uh, yeah. at the end of the race. Too many is the entry uh, is the answer to that, and at the moment, more than anyone else uh, is the secondary uh, answer to that. Halfway, eighteen, more, more than, yeah, eighteen out of thirty-five. Right, thank you, Jeremy. I knew he would have the answer. We're coming down to halfway in time in the race, so we've we're basically um, let's reset this and think about this. We're basically on formation laps before the start of a two-hour race. Nineteen actually out of thirty-five. Yeah, ugly. Jeremy, we're basically on formation laps ahead of a two-hour yeah, race. Yeah, that's now. exactly right. Yes, we are. Hopefully, we'll have a proper two-hour race from here. The two drivers need to have a bit so of a So, Robbie stop. Foley did come in there just for a splash of fuel. Uh, and the reason for that is we're just over two hours remaining in this race. So, they need every drop they can get. They just come in, done regular service. But why not come in again? They only need literally a splash uh, whereas everybody else is making a full stop. So they can come, even though they're at the back of the back, they're still going to be able to make that stop and get out ahead of everybody else. So that's exactly what happened there for the ni number 96 team. Brilliant strategy, as always, by Don Salama and that, uh, and that Turner Motorsport team. Uh, so they've, uh, they've now brim fuel with fuel, same as everybody else, and on the same, effectively now the same strategy going into the final two hours. And uh, the, the good, good work there also by the car barn with Peregrine Racing Team, number 93, all of a sudden, that car is up into third position. Kenton Cook, you know how to win endurance races. This one is your first Michelin Pilot Challenge endurance race of the year. How does it feel to be out there for longer than, uh, well, a normal race would take place just about? I mean, I, it, it feels like this, these four-hour races is just the right length for these things to be. Like, I wish they were all this long, but, uh, you know, I'm not the powers to be. So, But, no, it's been good. I, I've had a good time in my stint with Marillo. Uh, uh, Jeff Mosing's going to be coming back for VIR, and uh, I'll be rooting him on for the rest of the season. And 
uh, yeah, I've had a good time here. It looked like it was a bit uh, hard to get into any kind of a rhythm with so much stagnation going on throughout the, the course of the race so far. Did you find that? Yes. That, that makes life <laughs> so difficult, though, as a race car driver, particularly when you're trying to stay or get to the front. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, when you're at the front, it's okay. But uh, when, when you're people that are trying to, uh, they did their driver changes, they're, they're dicing it now, trying to come through the field. Uh, you know, especially for those guys, every time they saw yellow, they probably were just like punching themselves. They're like, oh, like, I just wish we could go green so we could have some clean race in here. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes that's just how it goes here. It's, it's, it's a little bit hot out today. So I think there's some hot heads out there. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can have a cleaner rest of the, the race here. How is the inside of the Mercedes temperature-wise? Because we know that there are a lot of cars out there that are overheating. You know, it, it's it's interesting. Um, for me, I, I don't really tend to sweat a whole lot to begin with, so it takes a lot for me to have issues with heat. Um, but this car seems pretty mild. I mean, and honestly, when you're not pushing the whole time because there's yellows and stuff, you get some nice brakes out there. Uh, but, you know, it, it is still quite toasty in there. Like, it's about probably 120, 130 degrees, not much of a breeze. Um, and yeah, these cars don't have a whole lot of ventilation, so whatever's inside is going to stay hot. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's not so bad. Uh, Road America is really nice. Uh, it's, uh, it's even even though it is warm out today, uh, it's not nearly as hot as it would be in the south. But uh, I love this place. I love the fans. I love the cheese curds. I love the brats. Man, there's so many things to love about this place. So uh, it's been awesome, including green flag racing. And we're about to go back to that. Uh, I think one more lap, actually, Shea, but that gives us an opportunity to welcome into the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre, President of IMSA, John Doonan. Uh, John, thanks for being with us. We may go green here in a moment, but I'd like you to stay stay with us. State of the sport last night, uh, up on stage, packed, tough to centre, and expectant audience. Uh, how do you feel this season and next season's looking? Well, first of all, thanks for having me this afternoon. Uh, some great Michelin Pilot Challenge racing. Uh, huge crowd. Love seeing the camera shots of all the families camping and uh, the crowds on Fireman's Hill and Turn 5 and Canada Corner uh, just jam-packed. So we're great to be at, back at Road America. It was great last evening to set the stage for not only 2023 and what we know is on the horizon, but uh, a long-term strategy around sustainability around esports around class structure to give all of our stakeholders race teams uh, manufacturer partners a clear understanding of where we're headed uh, for the mission pilot challenge a four-hour race into the evening time into the twilight dusk at indianapolis motor speedway yeah it's going to be a battle on the bricks as doug bowles and mr penske and the team called it and then we're going to go street racing in detroit uh, it's going to be incredible there the first weekend in June and a host of other opportunities to continue to grow the sport and continue to go, grow the IMSA brand. Don't go too far away, John. We're going to go back to green here and Owen Trinkler, the man from Nashville, will take us to green with spot on, half distance done. Well, Bart, 90 seconds, and he comes across the line in front of us now and heads down towards turn one. He's under pressure from Turner Motorsport and Robbie Foley. In behind them, Jeremy Tom Dyer for Carbon. They've worked their way up nicely. Yeah, very well indeed. I mean, they, they came into the pits or they, they were running in the, the the ninth position right before that round of pit stops. They find themselves in third right now, so great work there. Robbie Foley, hey, look, he's having a great day already. He's had the pole position earlier on today for tomorrow's IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship uh, two hours and 40-minute race. So he's had a great day, and he's now challenging uh, Owen Trinkler as they head down the hill towards turn five. 
Uh, we have a drive-through for the number seven. That was the Alan Brynjolfsson hip and shoulder on Sheena Monk. Trent Hinman will have to serve that, and he will drop out of ninth position when he does that. He should be able to stay on the lead lap. Stopping 60 for the car, 40. That's the uh, the Pesek racing car, Joey Han, but they're well down already. That was working on a kind of close pit and leaving with equipment attached. Another penalty in the pit lane for the uh, number 15 in car. So that's going to uh, add to that car's wars that they've had already today. But at the front of the field, through under the brand new bridge at the far end of the circuit from where we are, Owen Trinkler comes out of the carousel and once again the leading pair have pulled away Trinkler and Foley two very experienced drivers in this category they've built up about a second's lead in this first half a lap through the kink all the way to the yellow and red curbs but no further Whoa. oh I think John Castro de Betts was uh, yes. pushing the limits there number 22 the hard point car yeah. <laughs> just saw the purple car drifting over the edge of that great down the inside oh another touch this time it's Colin Brown getting a little bit of a sideways manoeuvre from Mike Skeen in the FCP Euro car that's the white Mercedes AMG they've both got through Canada corner somehow but again very forceful driving by these guys Sheena Monk in the 877 excuse me Cal Marcelli has just taken over the GG Wentworth car after Sheena Monk did a great job to get it back and here comes Trent Hinman knows what to do comes in early to take the penalty in fact all the cars who've been assessed penalties are diving into the pit lane now so this is going to be just a drive through for the vault lighting car Trinkler then by half a second as he went across the line Colin Brown under threat again round the outside by Matt Plum team TGM having a good day at the, at the moment and the little Porsche came in 7.18 has gone through and taken that position that's seventh position now for Matt Plum and uh, his teammate leading at the moment. Quality stuff. And remember what uh, President of IMSA John Doonan's just said. Next year, we're going to see these GS cars on the streets of Detroit racing like this. Oh, my goodness. That is an absolute must-see event on that first weekend in June 2024. Three. Ste- uh, 2023. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yes. Um, let this settle down for a moment before we bring John back in. Colin Brown at the moment's under attack. Left, right uh, and centre, fighting the way back through. The number 56 car as well as Eric Foster from a racing in the 11th position. And Bill Arblin too in number 95. He's charging forward once again. Uh, he's got past both of those two, I think, on that lap. A little bit wide in turn eight, but able to maintain that position just ahead of Colin Brown. Colin Brown not having the pace that he had before that yellow flag period, Jeremy. I I just wonder again if this is the AMG struggling to get back up the pace after yellow flag periods. He's dropped a good handful of places there. Now, let's see if we can get into some kind of rhythm here. I can tell you, by the way, John Doonan, just off to my right, just beyond where Jeremy is here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, foot to foot, watching the same pictures as we are, this man is an enthusiast who seldom gets to do this. So, uh, yes, he's supposed to be here for an interview, but I'm letting him watch this for a moment because I know how much he's enjoying it. It's, so. uh, it's just incredible racing. And after growing up at this track and seeing the best of the best over the years, it just continues to get better. And what a show the 
teams and drivers in the Michelin Pilot Series are putting on today. And another opportunity for the GS cars joining forces with the LMPs for the VP Racing Challenge Series as well. We'll talk about that in a second. There's something wrong with Colin Brown's car. He's losing positions on the straight. It has no straight line speed at the moment. This was a brand new car this week. Uh, it only got delivered uh, this time last week and it turned its first wheels anywhere here and had to be running in the first free practice session. And that is not a happy AMG car. Colin doing his best to pedal it. He is not one to do anything than give it 100% on that car. But uh, that is certainly an issue for that car. Uh, VP Racing, uh, VP, VP, uh, Racing Fuel Challenge Series, John. Tell me a little bit about that. We'll see these cars in another format of racing. Yeah, of course, today is a four-hour. Typically, the Michelin Pilot Challenge runs a two-hour race. We have talked to all the stakeholders, the manufacturers, the teams about an opportunity to see these GT4 cars running up front today in the GS category uh, to run in a multi-class format. We've had the IMSA prototype challenge for years with LMP3 cars mix in these great production-based GT4 cars uh, from so many notable brands uh, in a sprint race format, two races per weekend, 45 minutes, uh, winner-take-all opportunity. And we see it as a place for the next generation, if you will, of drivers and teams that want to be in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship uh, to race a prototype versus GT car, learn about closing speeds, and learning about managing traffic. On Trinkton at the moment with a clear view ahead of him, but behind him his mirrors are full of Robbie Foley in the Turner Motorsport, the yellow and blue car. Down at Canada Corner, huge crowd up on the terracing down there cheering on their favourites and look at what's happening behind Tom Dyer in the car barn with Peregrine Porsche that's the grey and green car and then behind him Tom uh, behind Tom Dyer it's Grady Leifer in the Stephen Cameron Racing BMW we've got the top four together in TCR Stephen Simpson in the number 54 car didn't yeah. qualify so well but now their lead in the Elantra from Tim Lewis back behind the wheel of the KMW Motorsports Alpha and Rory van der Stur in the white Hyundai Veloster in third position top four across the line in GS and down towards turn one John bringing the GS cars out to do the street race at Detroit means that we will have hang on a second I've got a penalty here uh, original penalty still to be served so it's a stop and go for the number eight car so that again that's a car that's had its wars already today so that's not going to disturb the battle at the front the TCR cars then not at the Detroit street race that gives them a chance to start in their their own leading role at another race later in the year Lime Rock Park for TCR only uh, there in middle of July you know, that's a great little circuit for cars like the TCR sedans, these front-wheel drive, two-liter sedans. Some insane racing there with Hyundai, uh, Toyota, or uh, rather uh, Alpha, and, uh, and the folks at Audi, um, as well as Honda. So they're going to put on an amazing show there at that tight little circuit uh, in, in Lakeville, Connecticut, uh, next July. And given that we were talking about them, a lovely time then for Tim to go by. Tim, Tim Lewis to go by Rory van der Stur and take second position behind. So he splits the two Hyundais, one Elantra, one uh, Veloster, and that was all done 
with a, a little bit of drafting down past us uh, on the front straight. In fact, it was a, a double pass, wasn't it? Because uh, it is uh, Rory van der Stur who's gone to the lead. And the Elantra, remember the Elantra has been lifted by 15 mil this weekend. So what's that about? Uh, two-thirds of an inch, just over half an inch. Well, that makes a huge difference, and that car's up in the air. So Van der Stur went through into the lead, and then on the run down from three to five, the KMW uh, TMR car went through from third into second, and the Van der Stur racing car getting smaller in the vision uh, of Tim Lewis as it disappears down the hill towards turn five. Yeah, and I think that right height change really helped, hurts the traction uh, coming out of the corners of, of the Hyundai, so we can see it quite clearly right there. The Alpha just kind of drove past him coming off that corner, but uh, that, it was the boot was on the other foot. Yeah, uh, yeah, up until uh, this change. Uh, lots of excitement. We've got to talk about Indianapolis again because our producer uh, Tim in London wants to know when we go there in 2024. He's looking even further ahead. He wants to plan ahead. <laughs> you hinted that we might have a longer race or that we would have a longer race for the WeatherTech Championship there. Oh, I'll come back to that in a moment. Never a good day when one part of the car is doing a different lap time to the other, and we've lost a wheel down at Turn 5, and that's the Victor Gonzalez racing car. And Victor at the wheel, that was fresh out of the pit, pit lane, and it's the left front tyre that's gone missing on that car. Uh... Shea telling me in my ears that it was the left front, that the, the right front they were struggling with, but that, that's just come off. Uh, and fortunately, the tyre barrier has done its job and stopped that wheel disappearing. Now, he can't cut back into the... The tyre barrier was a barrier to the tyre. Who knew? Uh, that car will be able to be recovered in the pit lane. I don't think we'll have to go uh, yellow. That car's gone off the course. Tim Gray, John, our... London producer who works so hard at getting our voices uh, around the world is already planning his trip to 2024 but he wants to know how long the WeatherTech race is going to be <laughs> he said if it's six hours he'll go if it's four hours he might just go to the Indy 500 so come on maybe we can negotiate at five uh, <laughs> all, all kidding aside uh, in 2023 at the battle at the bricks um, we're going to bring the Michelin pilot uh, teams uh, to that weekend in a form, four-hour format just like this. Uh, the intention is to run daylight into uh, twilight or darkness. should be incredible, be part of the first time any racing series has raced there at night at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that will be iconic. And it is our intention for 2024 and 2025 to run a longer format uh, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship event. Uh, clearly, uh, news to come on that, but uh, we're going to use 23 as a little bit of a, uh, a test, if you will, to determine the best lighting and uh, to put on the best show for the fans that we can who will be camping in the infield. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, part of what you've got to decide with that, John, is not just what's good for that event, but you've got to balance out the race hours across the weekend because the team's are always telling you and the team about budget. Yeah. So we can't just willy-nilly say, right, we'll have a six-hour race at IMS. Of course you could have a six-hour race at, at IMS, but that would then affect something else. Yeah, back at the office, all of my teammates and I have little signs on our desk, and it says three things. It says cost-effective, entertainment-driven, automotive industry marketing tool, and that's really 
IMSA's mission statement. So you're 100% right. We spend a lot of time uh, with our manufacturer partners, our race teams, uh, our promoter partners, uh, like here at Road America, determining what the best formats are and always being conscientious of the budget. And the more hours you run, uh, the more Michelin tires you need to use, typically, uh, the more VP racing fuels you need to use, and uh, the more time for, for crew and, and staff. So uh, we're very sensitive to that. Uh, we'll continue to be efficient in what we do, but as long as uh, we put on some, some great racing events across all of North America, everyone's going to be happy. One final question for you in a moment. Spencer Pumpelli just losing a couple of positions there. Mike Ski uh, going by Spencer Pumpelli in the uh, the... Uh, Porsche just not up to speed for BGB there. Not sure that it's got a, it's had a bit of damage quite clearly. Uh, but Mike Skeen in the FCP Euro, the white and blue Mercedes doing very well. Still at the front of the field. Owen Trinkler leads Robbie Forley by a couple of tenths of a second. John, out of everything you talked about last night, and there were so many positives and so much excitement for what's going on, what what would you like to pick out from 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 what? the audience heard last night that perhaps our our audience further afield didn't uh, pick up one well for all of us at IMSA uh, sustainability not only in our long term success as a sport but relative to the environment is critically important um, for the automakers for our fans uh, for everyone involved and last night we were able to announce that uh, IMSA will be running uh, with our new GTP cars uh, a renewable fuel uh, for the 2023 season uh, and beyond, uh, thanks to our partners at VP. Uh, also, uh, you know, we have hybrid electric power coming to the GTP cars next year, in addition to the ICE engines that each of the manufacturers have chosen. So that, in turn, also impacts um, fuel usage. And then our great partners at Michelin, uh, they have as a corporate goal sustainability. Um, thanks to their current tires, about uh, 30% uh, sustainable raw materials in those. Um, they announced a 53% uh, sustainable raw material tire back at Lamar. We hope to test and implement that into uh, all of IMSA competition, uh, or at least into a particular category. You add all those things up, and in our partnership with the Environmental Protection Agency, the Department of Energy, and the Society, uh, Society of Automotive Engineers, we've got a story to tell and potentially could achieve uh, some of the highest levels of green racing, which were established by some protocols several years ago. So we are really proud of that. Uh, it's important for us as a sport to showcase great performance, but also responsible um, activities uh, when it comes to our environment. Relevant, responsible racing. I like it. That's the, the three, three R's, R's for, <laughs> for, for IMSA. Um, Final question. I said it was final question, but I'm being asked by the fans: Can we do an Ask Doonan again soon Absolutely. on either Midweek Motorsport or, or one of the events? We will get you on on a Wednesday and, and have a hashtag Ask Doonan. Sign me up for that, and uh, here in a week or so, I'm going to be knocking on uh, your and Eve's door over in the UK. I'm going to be there for the Black Book uh, Motorsport Forum to talk a little bit about Garage 56, which ah. is uh, another exciting project we're going to be doing at Le Mans, as you know, uh, next June. Uh, really excited to bring our great partners at Chevrolet 
the winningest team in NASCAR history, Hendrick Motorsport, uh, and take NASCAR and put it on a global stage. You're welcome at Hindhoff Towers anytime. You want to come up for a bite to eat and a, a sit Little down? Shepherd's and pie, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. Whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, look, you, you don't think I get like this by not eating well. Uh, John Taylor, president of IMSA, you're very welcome to stay with us as long as you want. And you can tell anybody else in the organization you're working here, you're not just watching the racing. John, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for having me, and thanks to all the fans who've taken time out to join us here at uh, the National Park of Speed Road America. I, uh, as you know, grew up here. We've got family all over the place. Several guys my dad raced with are here down in Turn 5 and all over the, the circuit, and uh, love being back here at what was my boyhood home. Yeah, and dates for next year, by the way, on IMSA.com. So if you want to book for next year for this event here, get on there and start making your plans right now. Thank you, John. Thanks, John, Jeremy, uh, Shay, the whole staff. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. John Turner joining us live in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. We'll have him on Midweek Motorsport then. We heard that commitment uh, from uh, Mr. Doonan. And we'll have him on in a few weeks' time when he's uh, on our time zone back in the, the UK. And your chance to hashtag Ask Doonan. And we'll get him. Might even be able to do that live then if he's on the, uh, the same time zone. Loving that. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, scrapping out in the boonies. Uh, the number 46, Matt Plum, is under attack from Mike Skeen and Eric Foss, and he's trying to hold his own at the moment. And uh, right in front there, the hard point car, John DeBetz, in fifth position in that number 22 machine, Jeremy. Mr. DeBetz, they're doing a super job there, stepping into the scene. They made a lot of changes to that car overnight, uh, and uh, he's doing a super job here to hold off some really experienced campaigners in this championship and Eric Fosso, he's been moving his way up through that little pack over the last few laps, made up a couple of positions and is now uh, going to challenge but uh, Mike Skeen are holding the inside line which gives Spencer Pompelli a chance to look to the inside that's not going to happen Pompelli's car is not performing the way it was earlier or or is he saving fuel? is he saving fuel? We're coming, we've got an hour and 43 still to go. go. There's still lots to happen. Shea Adams, speaking of lots to happen, uh, what's been going on in terms of updates? A lot of people with problems. We've had a lot of people coming through to serve their penalties. What's been going on down pit road? Oh, well, one thing that is relevant is the Alpha team have deployed the secret weapon to making it through the second half of the race. That's right. They have ice cream. The crew is refueling down here in a very warm pit lane. But as far as relevant racing goes, well, the dancing Turner pit board man is back out on the wall. The radio problems continuing with Bill Oberlin as well. So it was not just an issue of Dylan McIverne's helmet and only being able to hear on the front straight. He has a signboard that says pit now, but he has not held it out as of yet. He's waiting to be given the signal, but they do have four sticker Michelin tires ready to go for Bill. Thank you, Shit. Now, battle for the lead, just starting to hot up again, and this time the inside line is given up down to turn five by Owen Trinkler, but he was far enough ahead. Huge group of cars behind from sort of fourth and fifth down over all the way into the early teens there. More side-by-side action, and again, Spencer Pumpelli not getting off the corner perhaps the way he wants to. He's battling with Eric Foss there. He's just got past Eric Foss, though. Yeah. But Eric not uh, letting him get away. And right in behind them, Kyle Marcelli in 10th position as he crossed the line last time around for the recovering 8-7-7. That just shows how important, Jeremy, it was for Sheena Monk to be able 
to get that car out of the gravel, didn't panic, didn't spin the wheels. There was a yeah. huge lump of gravel, a huge ramp of gravel in front of the right rear wheel. But she got it up through a couple of gears and just let the car almost crawl out of it. And that's what got her back to the pit lane without losing a lap. And that's really paid dividends here. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, look at the BMW looking really strong here now with Robbie Foley challenging uh, Owen Trinkler for the lead. And behind them, Gregory Leofouge moved up into third place and pulled away quickly from Tom Dyer in that number 93 car barn with Peregrine Racing, the, the black and green car. 100 minutes to go. Now, even by my relatively rubbish arithmetic, it was double period on a Friday afternoon, and frankly, I missed quite a lot of it. But I reckon that's 250 minute stints uh, from here. And in comes Trinkler. Just as we say that, I was about to say, make a stop now, and you one stop from home. That's really interesting. Uh, I'll pr in Giovardi, we trust. Trinkler then with a great stint. Coming in there, will have to make one more stop, but so will everybody else. In he comes, down to the pit lane speed limiter, and Shea Adam is down on the pit lane, watching that car as it goes past the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth on the opposite side of the track. It's such a long pit lane, particularly when you're coming in it for what should be the penultimate time during this race. Owen perfectly comes across, hits his marks, not in too early, not in too late. They are doing four new Michelin tires for Trinkler during this stop, as well as Brim pulling it, I would imagine. There is no indication that the sister car will be coming in at any time soon, so they are running two different strategies for the two cars. We'll see how they play out. Here comes the second set of tires, the left rear and the right front. They do a staggered stop. Fueling still going on as we have the 60 Ford Mustang back out from behind the wall. That's Nate Stacy uh, behind the wheel of that once again. And I do believe that this means that Joe Vardy and um, the strategist for Turner are on the same page because they are also readying for Bill Ardelin here coming up shortly. But Owen Drinkler in a bit sooner, waiting on fuel. So a brilliant stop by Team TGM to get the tire change done with lots of time to spare waiting now of course owen has a perfect view of when the fueling is done because the guy is standing on the hood of the porsche right in front of him so he knows not to go there we go fuel nozzle comes out jumps away and he sends the wheel nuts scattering out behind him seemed yeah. like a long time didn't it uh, a brimful filled that he'd yeah. been out for quite a long time of course seconds. 48 seconds of what it should take for a full tank of fuel yeah he'd been cars. he'd been out for well well over an hour but of course there wasn't a lot of green flag racing the team car the number 46 embroiled in a battle further down this is for fourth fifth sixth and on down at yeah, the moment on down on the i just word. stopped at that point yeah, jeremy exactly yeah. right and i'll tell you what, on the trail end tail end of that battle is the battle for the bronze category with chris wilson in car number 11 just ahead of tim probit in car number 65 and those two are hanging on to this trailer cars that is now battling for third position so third back to what 14th position an extraordinary run there goes the number 22 the sort of heather purple and white car that's the hard point number uh, the 718 from hard point 718 porsche and right in behind matt plum in the similar car then another car for another similar porsche in fact there's four porsches tom diet for Carbon in third, then the Hardpoint, then the TGM, then the BGB. They're all Porsche 17 in GT4 RSs. 
Shane might know this and Jeremy might as well. I, have we got all of the revised cars in this or have we still got one of the older cars running the 718s? No, they're all new cars. Yeah. So there was a there was an Evo on those cars, a little bit of aero changes, one or two other bits and pieces. Spencer Pumpelli tries to make the move on Plum down at turn yeah. five, can't make it happen. And four of those came as in a train there with uh, uh, Tom Dyer try, trying to hang on. I wonder whether he's used up the best of the tyres on that number 93 car because uh, he's fallen a long, long way back from Gregory Leofuge in just uh, three or four laps. And he's now got that big, big, big train behind him. Number 22 car, number 46, number 83. They're all Porsche uh, Caymans. And then uh, uh, the two Mercedes split now by Kyle Marcelli in that number 877 Ford Mustang. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch, this battle heating up now. We're looking for our Michelin moments of the race in GS and TC. Oh, big wide moment for hard point. And John DeBet somehow gets back. Oh, he's lost a handful of positions but that could have been so much worse now he's got very dirty Michelin tyres from bouncing across the dirt and the grass uh, that was an eye-opening moment yeah. and now he's got Carl Marcelli in the 877 Mustang the green fronted car right alongside him along with Eric Voss they were side by side behind that heather purple and white car serious suggestion on the Twitter coming in from LA Filipponi Take off two hours from the Glen, add it to Indy, make them both four hours, keeps the calendar and the amount of race hours roughly the same. Indy has a longer race, the Glen race is special, uh, as it should continue to be. I know the six hour has a lot of history, but sometimes change is good. It's a thought, it's a thought. I'll pass it on to Mr. Doonan when I see him. Why, oh, John DeBets there was set. Uh, right out in the boonies, couple of cars width too far out, and gets a little tap for his troubles down at turn number one this time by Eric Voss in the 56, the bright chrome uh, orange car, meantime Matt Plum is having to defend just further down the hill on Spencer Pumpelli and now the four Cayman 7 18 GT4s have become three and for a moment the carbon car of Tom Diet has maybe a couple or three Caymans lengths between the chasing pack. It's three Caymans, then the FCP Eurocar coming into its own here, the number 55. Mike Skeen started after the yellow flag very gently, but he's brought, oh, he's, as I say that, he's put the left, uh, the right rear wheel off the track there, going up to turn number six and very nearly throws it into the wall. A masterful piece of recovery from Mike Skeen as he was tracking those three Caymans ahead of him. And that's given an opportunity behind for the uh, Wentworth car to come through. And ahead of him, oh, more side-by-side -side action going under the Johnsonville Bridge. But it was Matt Plum who took the advantage to go past Tom Dyer. And that means first, uh, for uh, third place rather, for Team TGM. And it's still three Caymans, but we swapped the order just a little bit there, Jeremy. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, three now rather than four. With yep. Castro Dubets having fallen back uh, into that park with that into the pack with that excursion at the exit of the carousel. But this is a super battle going on here between all these cars. And uh, Spencer Pabelli is looking again to the inside of Tom Dyer. Not, nothing going there at Canada Corner this time around. This is lap 49, by the way. An hour and 33 minutes remain. And a couple of laps ago, in the lead, Robbie Foley just turned his car's best lap 
of the race, a 119.55. Jeremy Shaw with me, John Hindoff in the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre as peeling off from that battle, a couple of cars. Looks like the FCP Euro has come in for Mike Skeen. Yes, he has. This is the number 55, the blue, black and white car with uh, just over 99.0 minutes still to go. And who followed him in? I think it was the hard point car. It was. And Michael McCann, McCann racing. There many laps off the pace. They're showing in the pit lane as well. But I think that car has had too many problems. So, Sheer Adam is watching the stop. This, this should be... I presume, Shea, this will be fairly regular service for both of those cars that have just come in. Yep, it's fuel and tires for Hardpoint, and I'm curious to see how long it takes them to refuel if it's on a similar basis to the Porsche we saw from Team TGM when they came in not very long ago. No driver change, no. Much shorter fuel for Team Hardpoint. So they must have been in a lot more recently than Owen Trinkler. Tire change is done, and away goes John. So that was a very good stop from Hardpoint. FCP Euro rolling as well. And the 55 car on the acceleration lane and now joins quite bumpy there on the rejoin. News of more investment at this circuit coming up in the autumn time with a complete repave of the four miles. Track at Pins to say to us it will not change the track that was laid down in 1955 in terms of its layout all of the improvements that's been done down through the years and there have been many quite a lot in the years since uh, I was last here in person in 2019 they've all been enhanced the experience many for the spectators but also new paddocks and uh, new areas for working if you look at where the uh, Michelin tyre paddock is at the moment that has all been paved in the last couple or three years. So new pavement by the time we get here next year. Shea Adam uh, with pit stops starting to come thick and fast now as green flag. Who have you got down in pit lane? Nick Galante with Hardpoint Racing. Nick, it's one of those races where your job is done. At least we think it's done, but there's still enough time in the race where you could get back in the car. Do you want to be in the Porsche at this stage when it's this frenetic out there? I would love to be back out there. The battle is so tight right now. Everyone's pretty uh, ornery almost, I, w I would have to say. This is, this is pretty spiced up here. Must be all the bratwurst going down. Um, but hats off to all the fans and everybody coming out here. Things are looking good. We got John Capestro Dubets in the car. JCD, he's, he's wheeling it down. Sean McAllister did great in qualifying. And you know who's doing really well is the, the Racing to End Alzheimer's charity is, is taking off. Um, so that's a really nice thing to fight for. And hello to Erica and little Andy back home. So things are going great. It's a good day for Hardpoint so far. Let's keep our fingers crossed and stays that way. Thank you so much. Yeah, the, the Hardpoint team has been working their butt off to try to get this done. We've been preparing for this, and it's finally looked like it looks like it's coming together. So, so thank you to everybody. Keep your eyes on the 22 Porsche, John. Okie dokie. Uh, some more of your comments on at IMSA Radio about uh, 2024 schedule. We're looking ahead already after the comments made by... John Doonan here in the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre about the potential for a longer race. Uh, Ewan Wayne says, would personally like to see the Glen State 6 
Indy and Rod America both in breach to four. Now that says you and I, said, I realise that would make cuts elsewhere to stop a cost increase, but the Paul Award 100 at the Raw would be the first to go for me. And Sebring 12 fans says, take the 100 minutes from the Raw, add that on the Road America, you get four hours 20, almost exactly what you need to revive the Road America 500. Interesting. Very interesting. At Imza Radio, if you want to get in touch with us there. 90 minutes, Jeremy, still to go. Yeah, and um, this... <laughs> That is the number 22 car, John Castro Dubet's trying to make a move there on uh, Bill Oblin. I think Bill Oblin has just come out of the pit lane, but he's going to defend that inside position uh, into turn five, but then slide wide. Wow, that's a rare mistake from Bill. And uh, John Castro Dubet's JCD goes through on the inside and up the hill. That is a, a battle for position. Behind both of those two is Owen Trinkler. So these guys have just made a stop fairly recently, but Trinkler's was quite a while ago. Uh, and what's interesting about this is that well ahead of them, also having stopped a lap or two, goes number 55 car of Mike Skeen. Yeah. Now, what's going to be really interesting is how much fuel each of them needs on their final pit stop, because they've still got one more stop to go. Into the pits for Colin Brown, the Riley Motorsport Mercedes is the newest of new cars. And it looks like Shea Adam, he is getting out of that car. Colin Brown being the he I was with referring to there. Sorry, Colin. Yeah, yeah, he got out of the car and Scott Andrews jumped in. Uh, Colin was a little bit hesitant to get out, but he told us yesterday that he was happy to share this car and just fill in for the middle stint to try and ease the driving burden. Keep Scott Andrews a bit more fresh for the end of this race. Four new sticker Michelin tires. Those are the best kind when they don't even bother taking the stickers off and the driver gets to get rid of them in a nice fancy burnout. We wait and see what Scott delivers for us. The last of the lug nuts is changed. We are good to go. And Scott Andrews clearly not being gentle to that Mercedes any longer. He's been told he can be unleashed. I would say there they only put the fuel in until the wheels were done. Uh, it started coming back up the line. Oh, uh, did it? Okay. Yep, I saw all that. All right. Thank you, Shane. I was just wondering if that was for, in which case that was perfect timing uh, for them to get that done. Rejoins as cars stream by him on his left-hand side. So, waiting for penultimate pit stops for some. Some have completed. I think one of the things, Jeremy, that uh, I was going to mention there before we went to that pit stop when you were just pointing out uh, Bill Oberlin running a bit long there. Um, They're on relatively new tyres and full fuel load, or he is. Uh, and therefore, he'll be wanting to bring things in quite gently again to get the best out of that set of Michelin tyres. In TCR, Van der Stur still <laughs> leading. Tim Lewis still second. Stephen Simpson still third. And then behind that, it's uh, Robert Wiggins for Brian Herder Autosport. Harry Gottsack, Tyler Maxson, Mike Lewis, the top seven of those cars. And then what? I mean, what's separated by un- certainly under 10 seconds? There's a bit of a gap between first and second. But uh, from third back, it, it looks like a showroom car lot there, doesn't it? Or a, a driving exhibition. Oh, big sideways moment going through the kink for Tyler Maxson in sixth position. My heavens above. The back end starting to slide around on, on that car. Looks like maybe just having a little bit of trouble on that. Michael Lewis in behind that car getting the best view of that and they're being gained upon at the moment uh, by the uh, 
Core Motorsport car. Meantime, in the pit lane, there is a flash of bright green here. That can only mean carbon. It does mean carbon. Tom Dyer has finished his driving duties for this race, and it is time for the series champion from a few years ago, Tyler McQuarrie, to take over. He got the championship with this team as well, and he is somebody that we like to talk about with Drifting John, the former series drift champion. They are giving him four new Michelin tires and a whole lot of fuel. The refueler bouncing on the nose of the car to try and make sure that every last drop of fuel got in. Now, they're taking a bit more time around the nose of the car. Yes. Uh, are they cleaning it? Is that no. what I'm seeing? No, what was happening is it was lifting. Do you remember Stephen McAleer? Yes. No, was it Stephen McAleer at, uh, at Watkins Glen? Yes, it was, uh, where it was just bowing a little bit in the front. Was it doing the same on this Porsche? It was indeed. Ooh. And Stephen was saying that really hurt them down the long straights at Watkins Glen. Oh, uh, goodness. In the first part of the lap. I remember, remember him doing the interview with Joe Bradley, who was with us that weekend. Uh, celebrating his birthday at one of the greatest places uh, to go to. The two tracks, Watkins Glen and here, often come up as top tracks for anybody who, who goes racing, and there are uh, stark similarities between those two. Uh, and it would appear that Carbon have had the same issue, uh, and that's the second time we've seen problems for the luggage comp- front luggage compartment, the frunk uh, on a Cayman. But the, a big piece of uh, racer tape has sorted it out. Meantime, out on the circuit. But in the pit the lane now. in the pit yeah. lane. Shea Adam. Ravi Foley has come to uh, see me again today. Such a polite young man. He's come in, though, for fuel and tires. This is the Turner BMW that is not having the radio issues. They are doing fuel four tires. A little bit of issue getting a fuel nozzle firmly into place. And they had an issue with the left front tire, so they had to run back to the wall and grab a different one. Now they are securing the left side tires. Let's see if they go to match the tires or if they do a full fuel load as we wait for the right front tire change to even begin. The left front is just now being completed and a little bit of trouble getting the right rear off as well. So this tire change being uh, very recalcitrant for the BMW M4 GT4. We've also got uh, Trent Hinman in in the Bolt Racing Championship leading Aston Martin. Fuel and tires for that car as well. Tire change is now done for Turner. Fueling is still going on. Car drops off the air jacks and they send Robbie out. Now when they pulled the fuel nozzle out, fuel did come back out. So I think that might have been a fuel load and just happened to use up all the time. Yeah, good uh, racing going on there uh, as well for that. TCR cars, those, those five uh, Brian Herder Autosport cars all in a train there battling for third position. The top two of the class in TCR pulling away a little bit. Uh, Rory van der Sturen and Tim Lewis, they're still running kind of in, in lockstep together. They pulled about, about six seconds over that big long train. But what a great stint that was by Robbie Foley. Uh, super consistency towards the end. Each of his last uh, four, four laps were within well hundredths of a second wow. really 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 good and all of them within a couple of tenths of his fastest lap of the race that's exactly what you want speed and consistency great Foley. effort by Robbie Foley so now the he's next still come out behind the number 65 by the number 56, 56 yeah he has they've squeezed every drop of VP racing fuel in there now so at the front of the field now Gregory Leofouge leads for Stephen Cameron Racing has made three pit stops probably Foley now making, having made five but remember they did some 
remedial work on the radio system. He came in just before the yellow and then splashed. Uh, sorry, it was the other car with the radio issues, not that one. That was the uh, 95 car that had the radio issues. You remember that from seeing the big 95 on the board every time they went by us here. Eric Foss has just done him uh, his uh, and the car's fastest lap for Murillo Racing. 11th in GS, but with the TCRs between him and the top nine. Uh, also with speed out there, John Debetz as well, the hard point number 22 car, the white and light purple coloured car, 2.19.2, that's that car's fastest lap as well. So there is pace out on the circuit if you can find a little bit of a gap. Well, and, and fresh tyres, of course. I mean, oh, they've yeah. just made pit stops, so they'll have fresh tyres on those cars, uh, but there still will be uh, one more pit stop before the end. So uh, this is what we wanted, isn't it? Nice, good, uh, good, good, close, clean racing at the moment. Yeah, this is a hard circuit on tyres. You move around a lot, so you're constantly working the surface of the tyre. The, the Brian Herter Autosport train is uh, cut by one as in comes the yeah. number 33 of Robert Wick and uh, Shea Adam is down there. This car was not scheduled to come back in for a driver change, Don, but they have had to because there is a problem with Robert Wickens' hand control as far as the brake is concerned. It's not performing as it should be. So Mark Wilkins is taking this car back over, and he is going to be taking it to the end of the race. Now, they're doing fuel, or at least they're trying to, but the nozzle won't actually sit in properly, and they're not able to get the fuel going. Now, there we go. Finally, gosh, that was a long time where it was stopped before they were able to get the fuel flowing in a proper manner they are changing the front michelins on this car so that change going on as well waiting on the fuel the driver change nearly complete but this will be mark wilkins starting the car and finishing it robert wilkins did take this car to his minimum drive time so he did manage to get that and that's important because he's third in the championship points now mark wilkins does not use the hand controls that robbie wilkins does there is a brake that Robert Wiggins can use in the car with his right hand, as well as clutch and gas that can be triggered with his left. So Mark Wilkins can use the floor pedals and then use the steering wheel with the normal uh, shifting pedals, there we go, for his hand. So it's a very different system for the uh, full Canadian driver that I think of as Mark Wilkins, the uh, Toronto-based driver, as opposed to Robbie Wiggins, who's now based in uh, Indy. Still think he would absolutely consider himself as under the maple leaf though wouldn't he Robbie? Absolutely yeah absolutely, absolutely so yeah that, so that, that's again Jeremy an, a, a, an example of people having to change on the fly uh, yeah. is, issues with hand controls they've been supremely oh, reliable yeah. actually um, when we think of what Stephen Simpson went through uh oh oh hang on problem Robbie for Foley Robbie Foley oh, who'd been having a great run that was the better place of the uh, two Turner cars now slow coming down to Canada corner this is the 96 car we're talking about it's, it was just into the pits a couple of three laps ago and not up to speed I can't see any issues in terms of punctures or anything like that so is this something more fundamental with that car it's just not up to speed that's the sort of speed I would be driving around here in no, it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a lot slower than that. 
That's a great shame. And a great shame also for Robbie Wickens because that car, you know, an hour and 20 minutes to go. That's, uh, they're going to need uh, yeah, a, another stop before the end. I'm sure the other TCRs are trying to make stay out there now, so they just need one more pit stop. So great shame for the number 33 car because uh, Robbie was hanging on there quite nicely. So I'm sure if uh, it, the problem must have manifested itself pretty pretty abruptly there because he was you know hanging station there in that uh, fourth position in the class uh, right behind uh, Stephen Simpson so yeah that's, that's that's really great shame for them but what a shame also for Robbie Foley a brilliant race but meanwhile Gregory Leofood stays out in front in that Stephen Cameron racing BMW and uh, an hour and 17 minutes remaining in this race he's turning very consistent lap times as well but of course uh, not as quick as some of these other guys are now on fresh tyres who have already made their, well, penultimate stop. The Turner BMW is into the pit lane and mechanics immediately jumping over the wall, pulling the hood up with two tools in hand to try and tighten any hose clamps that might be loose. Problem is, there are no loose hose clamps that they can find, at least as of yet. Now, they did put a bit more fuel in for Robbie Foley, hoping that maybe they can figure out what's wrong with the car, send him back out, maybe get a lucky yellow and catch back up to the field. But the problem is they're not seeing anything glaringly obvious that would be wrong that caused Robbie to slow down so much out on the racetrack. That's really irritating for Robbie. Uh, and that uh, Turner Motorsport team. It had been a great day, having had that pole position already uh, today for tomorrow's race. Uh, running out front here, turning beautifully consistent laps, controlling a race from the front. And now that uh, extra pit stop, really unfortunate. But uh, there's still some tremendous battling farther back. We saw that John Hardover talked about the problem it seemed to be for Colin Brown in that number 21 car a little while ago, but running good pace now and involved in a really good battle with uh, John Capestro de Betts, and also right behind him is Robbie Foley, uh, excuse me, the, the Robbie Foley's teammate, Bill Arbelin, in the 95 BMW. Robbie Foley was told to do a full power reset, which he did, and then immediately the car sounded different. His crew chief said, yep, better go, 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 and sent him out on his way. In the meantime, we've had the 46-team TGM Porsche into the pits, Matt Plum State aboard. A lot of fuel going into that Porsche, as well as four new tires. Well, Turner Motorsport will be desperately disappointed with that drive-through penalty for one of the Murillo cars, the 65 car. And that uh, was the Tim Probert-driven oh, machine. No. Uh, leaving the pits with equipment attached. Actually, I think he's in serving that right now. As he's uh, shown going through the pit lane. Yeah, there he is, just passing us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. It's really helpful to be able to see the pit lane from relatively close quarters where maybe 20 yards drivers left just after the stripe on the start-finish line. So coming down now to 75 minutes still to run, the window to make your last stop for the TCR cars somewhere maybe around about 65 minutes so not that far away for the GS probably on the safe side I would say 50 to 55 minutes there may be some people further down the field who roll the dice a little bit and come in with an hour or so to go but that's still 14 minutes away possible boost hose issue for Robbie Foley is what we're hearing from the team yeah, did have a look at that. They'll be uh, looking at the gauges. 
to see what is going on. Let's have a VP Racing Fuel in-race update. In TCR, Van der Stur Racing leads with their Hyundai Veloster. They're up to sixth position overall yet to make their final stop, of course. Tim Lewis in second for the Alpha, about a second and a half behind. So that's 55 uh, and, excuse me, that is uh, 19 and number five. Stephen Simpson next up for Michael Johnson Racing in the 5400 Hyundai Elantra. As who was that coming in and out of the pit lane? Was that the TGM? Yes, it was. The number 46 has made it a run through the pit lane. Spencer Pompelli just put the fastest lap of the race in. So whatever was ailing that BGP Motorsport car earlier on, uh, Spencer has either cleared it or is driving round it. A 218 flat, Jeremy, for Spencer Pompelli last time around. Yeah, and uh, yeah, when he made his pit stop, make his pit stop. Uh, yeah, oh, that was on previous laps, a couple of laps ago. So, yeah, absolute fresh stars for uh, Spencer and taking full advantage of it. Uh, but uh, just looking where the cars came out relative to each other after that round of pit stops, uh, and the number uh, 56 car just got past Mike Skeen on that last lap. We talked about those two being embroiled with those two uh, TCR leaders. But on that lap, 56 guy got past the 55. So that is a potentially a crucial position change. As the race leader is now into pit lane, Gregory Leofouge and Kyle Marcelli. And that will put Alec Udell out into the lead in that Kelly Moss Porsche number 66. Absolutely right. Chris Wilson for Capstone Motorsports, number 11 car. Remember, that car was facing the wrong way uh, after that incident uh, earlier on for the Corp Motorsports Mustang. Well, that car has come in as well for Chris Wilson. Uh, uh, yeah. Chris Wilson has taken that car out, should I say. Uh, so that was well up the field as well. But with an hour and 11 minutes to go, Jeremy, I don't think they can make it from there with a GS car. It's going to need a lot of soft pedalling or a bit of yellow to make it with an hour and 11 to go. Right, but they're only, certainly going to need a, only going to need a splash. <coughs> Excuse me. And if there is a full course caution, that could play into their favour. Side by side. Sunday's side by side. I think we've said that before this season, have we? Oh, uh, yeah, just about a million. We might. Oh, and a big slide uh, by the number 33. Now we just swapped drivers uh, in that, didn't we? So that was Mark Wilkins, maybe with slightly cold rear tyres at turn 10. He was trying to get past Harry Gottsacker in the battle for seventh and eighth. Uh, he's right there again at turn one, and something leaking from the right hand rear of Harry Gottsacker's car. I think that might just be fuel overflow. Hope that's all it is, but it was a steady stream of liquid from the right rear. And if race control, who are watching some of the same pictures as we see and many more, they'll be keeping a big eye on that and asking the corner marshal, corner marshals, to keep an eye on that. Shea Adam, that got sacked a car. The number 98 hasn't just been in, has it? No, I don't think so. I mean, they're up on the wall for the sister car, the number one, and they do share a pit box region, but I don't recall seeing the 98 in within yeah. the last 10 minutes. I could be wrong. Drive which, through. Which car, sorry? 98? No. 98. No. Uh, 96, turn a yeah, yes, so, yes, that was in a couple of laps ago, number okay. 98 car, yes. So that, that, might, that might just be fuel overflow then. Turner's day going from bad to worse with the 96 car. Uh, penalty more than the permitted uh, team members over the wall working on the car. That'll be a drive-through for that machine. 
into the pits then for Alec Udell and Kelly Moss Racing. He pits from the lead with just on an hour and 10 to go. Again, I'll reprise what I said a moment or two ago. He will still need to make a, a stop for a splash in that Kelly Moss Porsche 718 GT4 RS. Cracking colour scheme on that car as well. What colour would you call that, Shay? How would you describe that colour on the Kelly Moss car? Uh, red wine is how Ooh. I would describe it because the colour changes depending on how you look at it. Cabernet. Uh, Cabernet, yes. Yeah. Not Cabaret. I don't want Nick Damon to start singing. Um, <laughs> we've got rear tyre change going on first for this car as the fuel is happening and then the fronts will go on. So an interesting strategy. Oh, no, they are doing the fronts first. That was an optical illusion from this angle. It is no driver change. So Alec Udell, who finished second in this race last year in a different brand, he talked to us yesterday about that. He is going to be sticking in this Porsche until the end of the race. And if you listen, that's the sound of Eric Foss going past to Mercedes, reclaiming the lead of the race that his co-driver, Kenton Cook, took very resoundingly earlier on. In second is another Mercedes as well for FCP for Mike Skeen. Still waiting on the fueling for this Kelly Moss Porsche to be completed. And once that's done, Alec Udell has the clear exit back out onto the racetrack from Turner Motorsport, that issue for Foley, they checked all the hoses, they turned the car on and off again, and for now, at least, it's fine. Ah, yes, the old power recycle. Shit, you've got the TCR leader. In the I got it. you. For the number 19, Vanderster Racing Hyundai, this is the Veloster that is coming in. Is there a driver change? Yes, there is. They are going back to Tyler Gonzalez, the road Vanderster driving the middle stint and now re-handing over the car to the Tyler of choice. They are doing a front tire change for this Hyundai. They have, ooh, that's interesting. They have sticker rears that they've just brought out to the wall too. So a four tire change. I'm not used to seeing this from TCR cars very often, but I suppose if you've got the time, we also have the 909 Invisible Class uh, that's the Aston Martin. There is a bit dragging on the back of that car from the rear splitter. That was not happening the last time I saw that car into the pit lane. We've also got a pit stop for the 77 Hyundai. That is one of the uh, Elantras from Brian Herda Autosport. That was a fake driver change, i.e. the second driver was used to change the drinks bottle. So they've taken a leaf out of the book of BMW M-Team RLL. That's fuel and tires and just waiting on the fueling to be done for the 77 to go back out. And there it goes. Shay, your task now is to speak to those TCR teams that have just come in with an hour and seven to go. Can they get to the end on an hour and seven? How much fuel saving or yellow might they need to get them to the end? The question that I know you hate having to ask. Uh, opposite us, we have into the pit lane the... Is that the number 60? Yes, it is. Nate Stacey not being a good day for Court Motorsports after starting so well with cars right at the sharp end of the field. Nate uh, well off the lead. That was just a splash of fuel, I think, for that car. Didn't see any tyres going over the wall. Could be wrong, but they were very quick. So at the front of the overall, Eric Voss in the number 56 leads. I reckon also Sir... Uh, one more pit stop, as most will. FCP Euro, two Mercedes at the front, the number 55, the white, blue and black car. That's Mike Skeen. He's fought his way through to second. Five seconds behind the leader. What a run for the hard point at Porsche Cayman, Jeremy. Um, John DeBet's doing a, a great job. And sitting in third position ahead of Bill Oberlin in fourth. Gregory Leofuga in sixth. 
Gregory in the Stephen Cameron car, Bill Oblin, of course, in Turner Motorsport. Those are two BMWs, and that's your top five, separated by about 14 seconds, but with 65 minutes still to go. Now, we're getting very close now for the GS cars, maybe a couple of laps, maybe four laps, to being able to go to the end on the stop. The other car I'm keeping a very weather eye on is the Tim Lewis-driven KMW uh, Alfa Romeo yeah. Giulietta. Uh, that car in ninth overall, now just two seconds ahead of Michael Lewis in the number one Elantra. Who's yeah. definitely closed in, John, you're right. That's, that Alfa's at the end of its stint. It's slowing. It's the Alfa slowing. And there goes oh. the number one car, and that's a change of lead. Now, are, have they pushed... Have they pushed their fuel too far? Let's have a listen to the four-cylinder engine. It's missing. I think they've got a fuel pickup problem on that car. Sounds like the fuel pressure is not feeding the car, particularly through the corners. They may have just pushed one four-mile lap too far. We said this earlier on. Gravity's not your friend here, Jeremy. If you push your look, you've got some very high-speed, high-G corners that are going to, even in these uh, baffled fuel tanks, will slosh the fuel around. See, now he's fine going in a straight line, but that car sounded awful earlier on. Yeah, it's running OK now. Can he get it up the pit lane? That'll be the question going on the uphill. In fact, he's gaining, gaining on the car that's just gone past him. Remarkable. What is going on out there? What a race this has been. An hour and four minutes to go. Surely the Alpha will peel into the pit lane. It does. Into the pit lane. Well, off the track a few moments ago for the Alpha. That won't have helped anything. So was that the start of the problems? Have they got a loose wheel? Is something going on there? Because the car was moving all over the track. Looks like the, ah, there was a tap. That was the problem. There was a tap on the right rear from the TGM Porsche that was behind him. Shea Adam, uh, you've got both of those cars, Michael Lewis and Tim Lewis, uh, in the uh, Hyundai and the Alpha into the pit lane. Okay, guys, this is just mean at this point because we had the Gonzalez's together at one point on the track. Now we've got the Lewis's together in the pit lane. They are changing the tires first. They've got the fuel nozzle plugged in firmly to the rear of this car, but they had been expecting the Alpha into the pits that lap when he started to slow down on the track. Sticker tires going on the front of the Alpha, dropping it off the air jacks. Front tires only for this car and waiting on fuel. That is the limiting factor. So we'll have to see how this pans out versus some of the cars that changed all four tires, i.e. the 77 BHA car. By the way, I have asked for them if they are good on fuel, waiting for a response from Katie. And the fueling is the only thing that this Alpha is waiting on, revving just gently and waiting until every last drop goes in because this is Road America and we've got several people in this paddock who can tell you what it's like to run out of fuel trying to come up that final hill again just waiting on the fuel it's a long fill for tim lewis jr and we've got another one of the hundies in the pit lane down at the other end they are doing a four tire there goes tim lewis and yeah quite a bit of damage to the right rear of that car john but it shouldn't yeah. hamper it at all and yeah. even with the four tire stop because it was the fuel that limited or determined how long those cars were standing 
The number one car has got out and four brand new tyres on that number one car. The Alpha front tyres only. Yeah, but it's a long, long way behind the leaders uh, after that stop because the others are already round turn three and on the back straightaway, I think. Uh, that being the uh, number uh, 98, 33 and 19 are pretty much uh, nose to tail. All of a sudden, they're a long, long way ahead of Stephen Simpson. So, Eric Foss leads the race by now nine seconds so he's got a yeah. bit of a wiggle on the last couple of laps. it was a slow lap for Mike Skeen well, last time around he's uh, pulling away rapidly the last couple of laps John he's pulled away nearly two seconds over Mike Skeen so maybe there's a problem for that number 55 car it's nearly three seconds on the last lap alone yeah. that's extraordinary or is Mike Skeen soft pedalling to the finish pull it three seconds a lap that's nah. that's too slow surely yeah. isn't it Jeremy I think so I mean uh, he when was he he was in uh, 13 laps ago, so uh, you know something is 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 awry there. I think on number 55 car, he's just not up to speed at the moment. It's coming off for Spencer from Pelly. Coming under Why? pressure from uh, John DeBetz actually in the hard point number 22. Mike Skeen in the 55. Uh, that's the the white FCP Euro car. Spencer Pumpelli back in the pit lane. Yeah, that's not right. That is too early for the BGB. Un unless Jeremy, they think they can go from here and they're making their last pit stop now. Yeah. Um, looking at the left front on that car yeah Hood comes up on that number 83 car that's a shame for the BGB team because they've had a really good run as well and Spencer Papelli He's had heartbreak here before. I can remember him running out of fuel at the bottom of the hill, not being able to make it up the hill to, to take the win. But meanwhile, in TCR, the three leaders go past us there. Nose to tail, number 98 car, Harry Gottsacker, just ahead of Mark Wilkins. Slightly off strategy, of course, is Wilkins, having stopped um, about 20 minutes ago. But uh, Tyler Gonzalez is right with them in third position. So 98, 33, 19, heading around turn one at the moment for the lead in TCR. Meantime, the work goes on with the air hammers on Spencer Pompelli's car, and there's something awry with that left front. They're still not happy with it, Chip. Uh, they're asking him to turn the wheel. It's had a bit of new bodywork there. Yeah, there's a problem with the brake system, I think, there. Meantime, that battle for the leading TCR down at turn five. We did catch sight, and we did mention it. Of the of the uh, Tim Lewis Alpha being hit by one of the GS cars coming up the hill, he made a mistake coming out of turn five and got a clip coming out of turn six that pushed him wide again. But that car sounded awful. Ah, I wonder if it's uh, I wonder if it's damaged the exhaust pipe and that's uh, why it wasn't running quite as well. Shea is uh, down at the pit lane with some answers to the perennial questions. FCP did not have another set of new tyres to put Mike Skeen on, so the last time that he came into the pit lane, he stayed on the Michelins that he'd been on for the previous stint. So okay. that's why the pace has dropped off because he didn't have new tyres. But guess what? He does have stickers to go on to the end of this race, and he should be coming into the pits here any moment now. He's done a good job then in that case because he stabilised that gap. Thank you, Shea. Um, he was dropping a couple of three seconds a lap. It's out to 12 seconds now. He lost another two seconds on that last lap. 
but that tells you, Jeremy, how uh, how big the drop-off is yeah. at the end of a double stint. It does. Um. Meanwhile, Eric Foss is just uh, again turning super consistent laps, just as uh, just as he was a, a while ago, and as he does normally, of course. Uh, Kenton Cook started that race. Uh, Jeff Mosing, his regular co-driver, unable to take part in the last few races, but uh, is here this weekend, I believe, cheering on uh, his brother as well. Uh, but uh, and will be back at the wheel behind the wheel. He hopes that's the plan at least at VIR. But Eric Foss doing a, a fine job at the moment, a former series champion in the ST category. So coming down under 57 minutes now. And the two TGM cars together are on the track in eighth and ninth position, Owen Trinkler and Mark Plum. Uh, Owen about, I reckon, two or three laps away from his final pit stop. He came in with 100 minutes to go. Oh, the Van der Stur car is off at turn five. It looks like there's a problem to the right rear. Yes, there is. The car was screwed. Oh, a huge moment. And that is suspension. Suspension on the right rear. Went off at turn five, slightly wiggly. And then at turn six, all over the place. I think the rear right suspension has collapsed. I don't think that's a wheel or a seating problem. No, uh, that wheel has, a, that corner has a mind of its own. Now, he was challenging for second place. And, oh, that went under braking. That went under braking. That was not a hit on the other Hyundais ahead. So coming down the hill to five, it was actually a really good save in the end by Tyler Gonzalez. Now, he's going to try and get that car home. But for the Veloster, surely now with 56 minutes on the nose to go, their cracking race has come to an end, in, certainly, Jeremy, in terms of getting a good result. Yeah, that's really unfortunate again. Uh, for that team uh, they've had some adversity during this race they bounced back from that they were running challenging for the lead um, running in the lead for a long time challenging for the lead again there but yeah, that's, uh, that's game over for that, uh, for that team for today but uh, again a really tremendous performance and what an effort by Tyler to get that car back to the pit lane because that's no easy feat with that right rear wheel absolutely has a mind of its own Giving up, is he? Meanwhile, here's the uh, the three leaders. Oh, this is the three leaders on the previous lap, I think, coming into turn one. Tyler Gonzalez is in third place, so that car's already moving around a fair bit under braking. Yeah, it's already broken there for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, no, not at all any fault uh, there. He's done a good job to get it back to the pit lane, but as I say, I think it, it ends any hope of an issue. Any hope of a result, rather. Bottom, bottom control arm, top control arm, top control arm, isn't it, that's gone on that car. They will be able to change that and get the car back out. Whether they'll do that on the put lane, I'm not certain. <laughs> Slow up there for Eric Foss. Didn't really see why. Eric Foss at the front oh, of the field. Oh, sudden lost. 21-2, yes. So was he in traffic in that number 56 car? He was 
trying to get past the alpha, certainly. And Owen Trinkler comes in at 54 minutes to go. That'll be his last stop. That's the top shock amount that's gone, I reckon, on that car. Uh, and that's not a good state of effect. Oh, in fact, there's a whole hub there that's uh, getting ready to go back on. So the guys are going to have to do that on the pit lane. She had them telling me they're working on grass where they are. So they won't want to take it back to the pit lane. So Owen Trinkler, Jeremy, making his last pit stop. Fill the car yep. and send him with a new set of Michelins. Yep, uh, just put enough fuel in there, enough to, to get him to the finish line. That's all he will need. Teammate comes across the line. Uh, that uh, extra pit stop there for the penalty for Tim Probert and Brent Mosing uh, costly there in terms of the, the uh, bronze cup category because now they're about 49 seconds behind. Excuse me, Chris Wilson in uh, car number 11 for that bronze cup. They're only 12th and, four, and 12th and 13th at the moment, and uh, ahead of the TCR leaders. Here they come across the line. There are two of them now. Just the two Hyundai's, uh, Brian Herder under Hyundai's with Harry Gottsacker just ahead of Mark Wilkins. Less than half a second between them. It's going to be interesting over the final 52 minutes of this race. They're a long, long way ahead though of uh, of Stephen Simpson in car number 54, who's similarly a long way ahead of Michael Lewis in the in the fourth position in the class, who is now being. Has he been overtaken? Yes, he's just been overtaken by uh, Tim Lewis mm. in the Alfa Romeo. They are a lap down to our race leader, Eric Foss. Uh, let's have a word with Hugh Plum down in the pit lane. Hugh Plum, it's looking like a good day for Team TGM so far, but both cars on very different strategies. Is it going to work out for your car or for Owens? Yeah, so different. Um, uh, obviously, Owen just came in, so he's safe to go to the end. Now it's just kind of tricky. Mm. So. If we get a yellow, do we wait for a yellow or do we stop right away and not lose a ton of track position? But 51 minutes to go, and um, you know Matt's right up there. Obviously, it's it's hard to tell right now. So um, he's the he's the best in the business, and he'll uh, he'll for sure get the job done if we can. You know, fuel strategy is right. So when do you have to come in? At what point do you have to come in? I don't think we. I don't think we have to come in for another 20 minutes or so. You've got a lot of time to play with the strategy then, and yeah, as you I said, Joe Vardy's the best in the business. I ju we just don't want to wait that long to kind of put him in a bad spot towards the end, right? We're going to go back, obviously. We want to do that right, right now, so he's got time to make that up. And the most important question, have you got a new set of tires to throw on Matt's car at the end? About to, yes, yeah. Oh, yep, they're moving me out of the way to grab the stickers now, so I'll yeah. let's get back to it. Good luck. I mean, what the, the, the last thing they want to do is keep him out, and then they have a full course caution. The pits would be closed, and he would then uh, come out behind or, uh, you know, anybody who has made what potentially could be a final stop. Um, I don't think there's really many, many of those. I think everybody has, has to stop again in, uh, in GS, and uh, you know, any time now. The 64 car, I think, was the first car to come in with 54 minutes remaining. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a, a slew of pit stops over the next couple of laps in this race. So how far back has Owen come out? About two minutes behind the leader. Um, I think he could probably get in and out in around about that time, but it's going to make the last run of the flag very interesting. It's all going to be, as Jeremy said about 15, 20 minutes ago, it's all going to be down to how much fuel needs to go in the cars 
at the front of the field as Voss is in the pit lane and he's followed in by the second place car John DeMetz for hard point in the Porsche the purple and white car and also coming in as well Bill Oberlin from fourth Leah Fuchs stayed out Leah Fuchs stayed out and will assume the lead of the race Scott Andrews has gone through for the brand new number 21 Riley what a debut this has been for that car uh, and they are now disputing the lead with Kyle Marcelli going through in the number 877 machine. And it's a new set of tyres for the Morsing Mortars at number 56. Shea Adam. Here with Turner Motorsport, it is a semi-new set of tyres for Bill Arbelin. It looks like they've had maybe a lap on them. Just a little bit of used rubber pickup. We've also got the 46 in, so they were very right to move me out of the way down at TGM. As we heard, new tires and fuel for Matt Plum. Waiting on the fueling. They're doing the left side tires first for Bill Oberlin. And we've got Foss down and moving. Hardpoint was doing new tires as well for JCD. That is a good stop by Foss's crew, though, for Marilla Racing. Fuel and four new tires. He is away and rolling well ahead of everyone else can turner jump the hard point porsche though that's the question at this stage in the pit stop now he's told to go bill oberlin does bill oberlin is ahead of a porsche yeah ahead of the tgm car which has just dropped down now and still getting the fuel the hard point car is behind and the tgm so bill oberlin with two caymans behind him now and almost coming together oh now that was not the protocol as the 46 came out of its pit. Matt Plum side by side with the 22 hardpoint machine. And he, oh, he spins on the first corner on cold tyres. Managed not to flat spot them, I think. So Matt Plum trying to get position there, having to swerve to avoid the RFID. He comes out side by side. Was he nose to head? Oh, there was almost a touch there. Yeah. And that was a, that'll be a penalty, I think, for the number uh, 46 car in any case, because at that point, they're side by side heading toward the RFID. Number 22 car is in the fast lane. You cannot uh, jink in front of it. I think Capestro uh, Dubetz there jumped on the brakes to avoid contact. That's what it looked like, isn't it? Uh, and that's a no no from car number 46. And Matt Plum should know better than that. Here we are. It's on his side of the car as well, Jeremy. Yeah. So he knows that. Uh, yeah. Machines that. And you're right about JCD. He did have to get on the brakes. Yeah, heads up driving from JCD. And he's impressive. on the other side of the car. He's all the way on the other side of the car, but he does have the advantage of seeing it very just close. Call, yeah, just caught it in his, in his peripheral, peripheral vision. vision. Yeah. And, uh, you sit down low and a long way back in these yeah. cars, and you've got the driver head restraints there. Yeah. But I, I, he, Brilliant. he must have just Really heads up driver by JCD, and it's Matt Plum there. I'm pretty sure he's going to get a penalty for that. Well, he's penalised himself, of course, but uh, yeah, that's a costly Nin mistake. 98 Hyundai in to the pit lane yeah. for what should be it's that will be its last pit stop yeah, as well and she's got more gs runners too i've got a lot of gs stoppers and sheena monk just coming over the wall fully dressed in order to give kyle marcelli new water bottles that was very nice of her and we've also got scott andrews into the pit lane fuel and tires for the brand new mercedes that was a great stop by the pf racing crew for the 877 to get kyle marcelli turned around nice and quick Fuel and new tires as well for Tyler McQuarrie. And fuel will be the limiting factor on this one. They've changed the left sides. 
And I think that's all they're going to do. Yeah, no right side tires Whoa. for this 93 Porsche. So let's see what Tyler can do. I mean, he likes a car that slides around. We know that. Once again, the mechanic bouncing on the nose of the car to make sure that every <laughs> last drop of fuel gets in. It's like Folgers good to the last drop. And now we are free as Tyler McQuarrie sees the mechanic launch off of his hood and waste no time. First time I've noticed that fuel overflow on the Hyundais. You see it on the, uh, the VAG TCR cars. The, uh, the Audis and the Cupras uh, in competition just ahead, uh, just behind the, the right rear wheel. But it's the first time I've noticed it on the Hyundais. Maybe they're just filling, finding a way to get more fuel uh, in the car. It's coming out of the pit lane last time around the 877. Goes into turn one and round the outside, the number 56. So that was important there for Kenton Cook in that car. Yeah, so uh, the uh, the two leaders right now uh, uh, still need a final pit stop. I think the top three cars, actually. Chris Wilson is in third position in car number 11 for the uh, Capstone Motorsports team. But uh, Gregory Leofouge, yeah, he just turned his best lap of the race. A 218.88 had to Leofouge. And now that Stephen Cameron Racing is in the pits. And he was one of the last guys to make his most recent stop, so he shouldn't need much fuel at all in that number 43 car. Oh, this, could be, this could be important, couldn't get the, still can't get the left front off, there was a sticky nut there, and now he gets it off. Now he's got to be careful what he does with the hose as well to make sure they don't run over it as they go out. Are they just doing the fronts? Yes, they are. Wait, wait, wait for fuel. Point down, go. Get some heat in with a bit of wheel spin off the line. Meantime, also in and out the 43 car. He's now on the on the way. That was a yeah. really good stop. Yeah, so that was exactly. the Hyundai that, uh, that had the problem on the left front. No problems for Stephen Cameron racing. No, and as I say, he, he needed not much fuel at all. He, he made his last bit on lap 58, so only 11 laps ago. So uh, yeah, the, the, a full stint here is a better part of, what is it? 35 to... Yeah, 20 laps or so thereabouts. So uh, he didn't need much fuel at all relative to the other contenders. But even with that uh, relatively tidy stop, it looked like for number 33 car, wasn't it? Just yes, came it was. in. Yep. Uh, there's still nose to tail those two Hyundais. <laughs> uh, Love yes. it. Just goes to show how closely matched every part of this racing is, whether it's in the pits or out on the circuit. Jeremy, who have we still got to stop then at the front of the field? It's the number 11 Capstone Motorsport Mercedes, yep. Chris Wilson, that leads, but I reckon he owes us a, a stop. Sure. Um, Kelly Moss, Alec Udell, he did stop, but was that just before uh, the that, hour? That was an hour and 10 minutes yeah, to go, so yeah. I don't think he can uh, stretch it from there. He needs a lot of yellow. Shea Adam down in the pit lane is now watching faces as much as she is anything else. What can you tell us, Shea? I just walked all the way down to Marilla Racing because you said Kenton Cook, and indeed you are right because I see Eric Foss. Um, let me just jump in really quickly here and ask, hey, Eric, uh, were you always supposed to just drive the middle stint and let Kenton have the fun with the start and the end? No, unfortunately, that wasn't the plan. Um, just uh, I had several injuries during that incident with that McLaren, so, I mean... You ever see me drive one of those they'll have to pay me a million dollars um but uh yeah i hate to bash on them but i mean it was just a fundamental issue with the car which was really frustrating and i'm still dealing with it two months later um but you know what the car was awesome the team did a phenomenal job kenton's a great driver so you know as soon as i felt like i was not comfortable enough to make it to the end potentially i just asked him if he was ready and if i was good on drive time and i know he'll do
do a great job. So I hate to be a whiny little, uh, you know what, right now. Uh, it's frustrating to still have this situation, but uh, hopefully it will heal sooner than later. Well, and teamwork makes the dream work, so it's important that you guys are relying off each other. Do you think Kenton's good to go to the end now at this point? Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, that was the plan. We wanted to make sure we were in the good, so hopefully this thing stays green all the way. Uh, I don't know where we're going to shake out, but we're P5 right now. I think we're going to end up somewhere further up, hopefully, and uh, we'll just see where we can get with it. I mean, he's doing a hell of a job, amazing opening stint. You know, it's great to have Jeff Mosey here this weekend. He's back in the paddock with us. He's gearing up. He's going to be back with me at VIR, so excited for that. And, uh, you know, this championship still has these three races. Obviously, the seven's doing quite well right now, but they're our target. We're going to do everything we can to gain points on them today. We got a pretty exciting announcement last night with the standalone race on the streets of Detroit for next year. How do you feel about that? You know, I was born uh, just north of Detroit, grew up in the Motor City. Uh, grandfather worked for General Motors for years. So it's going to be great to go home. Uh, I think it's uh, rumored to be on the old F1 course, which I went to as a child uh, back in the day. So uh, really, really excited to get that opportunity and, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Good luck for the rest of this race first. Thanks, Shay. Really appreciate it. Uh, Shay talking there about the GS cars on the first weekend of June uh, going just on their own to race uh, with IndyCar on the IndyCar Detroit Grand Prix weekend. All of the new sh uh, schedules are on imza.com. Start making your plans for travel right now. Been a healthy debate going on at IMSA Radio about uh, the lengths of races, particularly at the uh, new Indy round. There will be a four-hour race for the Michelin Pilot Challenge there. Into the pit lane for the Alpha. Finally, the Alpha comes into the pit lane from second position in the class, just two seconds away from the lead with 40 minutes to go. It won't need a full fuel fill here. I'll be interested to see whether they do working side tyres, which will be the left-hand side tyres here, fronts or all four. Shea Adam has that beautifully turned out car coming down towards it. Alfa Romeo of Daytona on the side. We can keep an eye on it as it goes past us now, passing the PF racing car. In fact, actually, I can see it uh, from here. Shea Adam is right there. Yep, the hard thing is when you're on the other side of the wall to then scramble back over, but you are right, fuel only. And it is just a splash for Tim as he's enjoying this little bit of a break. And now the fueler comes out and the car is sent. But that was a bit of a delay from when Kevin Wheeler pulled the fuel hose out to when it went. It's done that every time. It's been a little bit recalcitrant, I think, going back into gear or the clutch dropping. I've noticed that before when uh, Roy Block got into the car and we thought it was just a... Uh, just uh, uh, him getting himself comfortable, but uh, the car just didn't want to pull away. The two Hyundai's, Jeremy swooping past there, but the Alpha's still in this, but without a change of tyres. So this is going to be a stint and a half on their Michelins on this car, but still very much in the battle as Stephen Simpson and Michael Lewis just went through as they were coming out of the pit lane. Yeah, this is uh, not over yet, is it? And uh, we've got some really interesting action, I think, coming up here in the final stages. We've got a pit stop here for, uh, for number uh, 65 car as well that, that was running up in the top half a dozen. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 final, series, yeah. yeah the final car to make its pit stop. Other than Alec Udell, who's cruising around there. Two minutes 23 his last lap. That's, that's uh, more than three seconds off his fastest. Is he trying to stretch it to the end? I well, mean, he's got 24 seconds of a lead at the moment, yeah, Jeremy. But, so. he, but he's losing five seconds a lap on the last time round to Gregory Leofouge, who, with that quick stop, has come out ahead of Kenton Cook. By four seconds, yes. near enough. Then Kyle Marcelli in the 877. The JG went with racing car. 
just another second and a half further back that's the green and white Ford Mustang and again I'm going to say this how important was it for Sheena Monk to get that car out of the gravel at turn one they are knocking on the door of a podium here and if Alec Yadel does have to stop they are in a net podium position here I can't believe that Alec Yadel in that number 66 Kelly Moss Porsche which was well over an hour he's at Canada Corner right now well over an hour still to go when he came into the pitch Jeremy yeah incredible uh, and uh, it would be a second podium in a row for that date 77 for Sheena Monk and Carmos but this one wow who would have thunk it with that car stuck in the gravel seemingly out of the race not so much uh, Sheena just a brilliant job to get that car back in the race and we're talking about the uh, moments of the race well that's got to be one to consider hasn't it for our race for this championship at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and then a standalone race on the streets of Detroit with an IndyCar for the GS portion of this race. We want all the details on Mission of Pilot Challenge and indeed all of the other championships under IMSA's umbrella. IMSA.com State of the Sport was last night here at the circuit. Absolutely packed house and uh, really well received new championship for next year for the GS cars as well a sprint championship where they'll be racing on the track at the same time as the LMP3 cars 245 minute single driver no pit stop races on Michelin tyres it's the VP racing fuel sports car challenge effectively replacing the prototype challenge the IMSA prototype challenge and again asked for from the paddock a little bit of dent on the right rear of the number 66 car we're now <laughs> calling this the uh, the uh, metallic cabernet car it uh, does have a that look forgive me giggling there yes, there's, uh, a, the, there's, a, there's a there's a sort of bent pedal on most of the cars uh, in it, this it race be i think better for me to see which cars didn't have damage and it would take me far less time jeremy you're absolutely correct on that after the first couple of hours uh, resembled something more like a Saturday night demolition derby yeah. than the professional race here. True that, but we did say with two hours to go, maybe we can have a race from here. And we, and we have. have had, and even if there's cautions now from the end, we've still had a brilliant motor race for the last hour and a half. Fastest lap of their race for Gregory Leofuge yes. and Stephen Cameron racing last time around. He knows there's an opportunity here. Another four, nearly five seconds taken out of Alec Udell last time around. He, he can't win the race at this pace. So if this is the pace he's got to do to do the next 35 and a half minutes, he's not going to win. But how far down will he drop? He's got 20 seconds to second. He's got 23 seconds to third. 24 seconds to fourth position at the moment. So he could possibly drop 24, 25 seconds and still be on the podium. But really, not sure that's going to help them. Scott Andrews with the fastest lap of their race for the brand new number 21 Riley Motorsports Mercedes AMG GT3. That was the car that was being run in earlier this week. And Scott Andrews, we joked with him that it'll be well run in and sorted by the end of the four hours. Well, now it's being caned. It's been absolutely mullered, that car. 218.475 last time around. Uh, that is bettered by nobody last time around. So Scott Andrews, the fastest man of the leading half dozen or so, probably the top 10 actually, last time around with a bit of clear track and a brand new number 21 Mercedes AMG underneath him. That's the very 
lovely blue coloured car 1883 he's backed that up with he's finding some rhythm as that number 21 car is trying to oh and off for the 65 and it's another big off for the front of a GS car and that's the Marillo number 65 machine with Tim Probert and that is exactly what Alec Udell and Kelly Moss Racing were waiting for, a full course mm. yellow. I doubt they will pit. They will be on full fuel save now if they think they can make it to the end. The problem is their 17-second lead, 18-second lead, of course, is going to disappear. So they've lost that buffer, so they're going to need a decent amount of yellow here, Jeremy, to be able to turn it up to full rich to allow Alec to defend in the closing stages of the race. 34 minutes to go and uh, coming out of the carousel at turn 8 another car that took to the grass there was the Tim Probert Marillo Racing number 65 and it is that Road America sig signature accident if you will off at one side of the circuit, spear across to the other. Quite a bit of grass tracking being done by that car. And Shea Adam is down by Kelly Moss. Uh, they've had a pretty busy weekend there running the uh, phalanx of Porsche <laughs> Cup cars. Uh, what's the what's the score, Shea? I, I think I know what you're going to say. If it was me, if I put on my team hat on, I'm leaving Alex out now. I'm going to roll the dice and hope we get a nice long yellow. Yep, and Mike Johnson, who is the uh, guy calling strategy for this team, he knows how to win these races based on fuel numbers. He said we are leaving him out. We're just praying for a yellow. And then a yellow came from the racing gods. Uh, as how, far much, as, how much do they need, Shea? Is he prepared to tell you that? Uh, they need a lot. They said for him to slow way way down behind the safety car he was talking about 30 miles an hour so trying to get Alec to stretch every little bit out of this fuel tank that he possibly could get it in the highest gear you can turn the engine off and on down the hills it's all gonna it's all gonna help uh, it's a lot harder nowadays to kick these cars out of gear because they're all paddle shift uh, gear boxes whereas in the old days if you had a stick shift you would just be maybe cruising along in third gear just letting the car tick over and then as, every time you could you dip the clutch and pull it out of gear or just dip the clutch and let it roll uh, I have seen people turning the engine off and turning it back on again takes it out of the battery race car batteries are not like street car batteries and with 31 and a half minutes to go, we are under yellow again for the uh, fifth time, Jeremy, is this? Yes. For the first time in, in well over an hour and a half, so that's the good news. So we've had a full green flag fuel stint for both of the classes uh, in that situation. Uh, here's how it stands. Let's have a VP Racing Fuel update. We'll start with TCR. Stephen Simpson. Uh, and the Elantra number 54 for Michael Johnson Racing leads from Michael Lewis in second for the uh, number one car. Yeah. In third, it's Denny DuPont now for Belgard and Technicil. And Denny can be a, a real little terror in the end of these races if he's got a car underneath of him. The uh, number 15 car, the Audi RS3. Then Mark Wilkins in the 33. They just, uh, remember, they did that quick stop not so very long ago. That's another Elantra. Another one of the uh, blue cars. Harry Gottsacker uh, for the number 98. And then Tim Lewis for the Alpha. They pushed as long as they, they could have done with this a little while ago. 
but they'll take it. Remember, they are on old tyres, though. They did not put new tyres on that Alpha. But everybody's going to close up. Tyler Maxson still on the lead lap in the 77 in seventh. And yeah. that's that's the only cars on the lead lap. So it's the top seven in TCR on the lead lap. At the top of the standings, Alec Yadel trying to run on fumes for Kelly Moss in the Porsche 718 GT4, the number 66. That's the dark red car. Then it's Stephen Cameron racing in the BMW M4, the number 43, Gregory Leifu. Then Kenton Cook for Murillo Racing. Now, Kenton is very good indeed on cold tyres. Remember him at the start of the race. He was very racy uh, indeed at the, at the, at the original side-by-side -side green flag start. Kyle Marcelli, uh, see your buff comment, actually. And he is another one who likes starts and restarts. He's got the green and white Ford Mustang for JG Wentworth Racing that he shares with Sheena Monk. Fifth will be Bill Orbelin, Turner Motorsport, BMW. Yeah, well, Bill is not going to be backwards and coming forwards either. And then Mike Skeed, uh, who has fought his way through a couple of times the traffic for the FCP Euro, the white car with the black sides and the blue stripes. It's a Mercedes. 21 in seventh will be Scott Andrews in that dark blue number 20. 21 uh, Mercedes, that's the new car. Then Trent Hinman, oh, also right back in it with the Volt Racing car, the Aston Martin Vantage. That's the highlight, the yellow number seven. And the top 10 made up... Uh, by John DeBets for Hardpoint, the white and lilac-coloured car, the number 22, and Matt Plum, the best of the TGM cars. What happened? What's happened to Owen Trinkler? Oh, no, he's still there in yeah. 12th position. He's still there, but he lost a lot of time on that previous pit stop. Yeah. It was a, it, we, we saw it was waiting, waiting, waiting for, for fuel. For the fuel. It was a long, long time. So uh, I think there must have been some sort of a glitch there during that pit stop, so that cost him a lot a track position. Interesting thing here, though, now is that uh, yeah, Alec Udell is going to be kind of a well, you know, if you can save enough fuel, if this this caution is going to be fairly lengthy, we're, we're inside half an hour to go. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to hang on. But the interesting thing for me is when everybody else made their pit stops, the number sixty-six car was um, how far behind? About he was only about fifteen seconds behind. The, the Gregory Leofuge car and uh, you know, elected to stay out and gamble. It was a, a pretty stout gamble there by Michael Johnson, those guys. Uh, I wondered whether, you know, if it, they'd come in, it wouldn't have needed a lot of fuel. Uh, come in, get that fuel in, fresh tyres towards the end, if they have them, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then perhaps uh, charge on from there. But now, um, well, you know. You mentioned fresh tyres there. In GS, particularly. Um, because there will be a class split. I'm yeah. looking at the guys, 12th, 13th, Team Team GM, Chris Wilson for Capstone, Motorsport, still on the lead lap. Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport, still on the lead lap. Ron yeah. Eklund for Automatic. If they've got tyres left, is it worth them throwing a new set of tyres on? They, they're not going to fall down from where they are, right. and they'll have a bit of a bit of grip shit. Yeah. Adam, who has got new Michelins. Can you see them stacked up behind the wall? I can see absolutely no new Michelins oh, for the GS okay. class. Uh, as far as the TCR goes, though, I have seen new Michelins for the number one Hyundai that leads the championship. Yeah. They're about it. They're not going to come out of second no. place, though. No, it, it needs to be somebody further down, I think, to, to make that. Uh, we have had a pass around, yeah. Jeremy, and some yeah. cars did go through. That's right. There's, there's five TCR cars that had been lapped by the overall race leader, but not by the two, two 
two leaders in TCR, that being Stephen Simpson and Michael Lewis, 54 and 1, uh, had uh, they'd stopped quite a long time ago. They definitely needed yellow to get to the end. Maybe they can now from here. Because they stayed out, uh, they were still on the, the overall lead lap. But I say they hadn't lapped the other guys. So number 15, 33, 98, 5 and 77 have all got that wave around uh, and now we'll be able to rejoin the tail end of that lap at the restart. So we will have, as you said, seven cars battling for the lead in TCR. Jeremy, you were uh, asking and speculating about the TGM, uh, particularly the Owen Trinkler uh, car, the number 64. Shea Adam has been down to the team and uh, asked the question and uh, remarkably they have answered it. Uh, in fact, I say remarkably, I'm being tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> a question was asked and the answer has been forthcoming. Shea, what's going on there? I, I was privileged to be able to go to uh, Mr. Verdi himself because we're in a moment of quiet here with this caution going on. Both of the cars have had refueling issues for the entirety of this race and when they tested it yesterday, both cars were fine, but of course when you jack the cars up, the fuel flows more slowly, although they did acknowledge that they seem to be the only Porsche on the pit lane with this issue today. Slightly uh, different in terms of the pressure because you're slightly higher up, uh, of course, when you jack the car up. But uh, unless there's some issue with the uh, the fuel hose or something like that, that's a bit of an odd one. But it's something they'll be looking at. They had a good run going earlier yeah. on, sitting at the moment in 10th and 12th position for Matt Plum in the 46 TGM Porsche and Owen Trinkler in the 64. Yeah, but he was looking a heck of a lot better than that, wasn't he? Oh, it was. They were first and fourth, I think, Th at one first, stage. First and they? third, certainly, yeah, I think. Owen made up a huge amount of uh, places after one of the restarts. Started outside the top ten and ended up in the, the top six after about yeah. a lap. Um, he was uh, pushing very hard indeed. The man from Nashville, uh, who has <laughs> been... A, he's, he is the driver with the more starts in uh, this championship Owen isn't he <laughs> yeah by uh, and by its previous incarnations we should say yes yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the point here yeah all the way back to sort of 2001 I'm going to which is the, the Grand Am era uh, yeah he's 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 made uh, a total of 100 and, this is 178th for Owen Trinkler Next on the all-time list. Started when he was seven, is, obviously, because yeah, he's only a young lad. Yeah, is, is his teammate, Hugh Plum. Now, this is his 157th. Wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, between that, that whole team, I mean, all four drivers in that team have got well over 100 starts now. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they're not lacking in experience. And, of course, Joe Vardy himself, the, uh, as, uh, as he, Shea was talking, he's, on the, he's yeah. a strategist nowadays, but he did a massive... Had huge amount of success in the forerunners of this championship, even before those days. So, yeah, between that that, that bunch there, they got a, just a ridiculous amount of experience, and uh, you know, and all, all you know, good guys too, and uh, still have the enthusiasm for this sport. I do see a pit board that is hanging down that belongs to the number 96 Turner Motorsport BMW. Robbie Foley coming in for a splash of fuel and new work. Michelin tires. They're <laughs> less used than the ones on the car, I would have to imagine, but they're still definitely not new. Uh, he is down in 14th position in GS, so on the end of the lead lap. I, I think that's a reasonable thing to do. If there's any worries about fuel, then obviously. But I think mainly to put a fresher set of tires on, particularly with some people ahead of him having uh, put those Michelins, given those Michelins quite a bit of work could be an opportunity we will get the class split the pits are now open for gs so let's see 
who decides to come in. Alec Yadel, we know, is not. There he goes past us now. Then the number 40 is a lapped car. That's Joey Hahn. Several laps down now. Six laps off the lead. So no takers from the first 10, I reckon. Down to Matt Plum. Macquarie going Trinkler. Gone through. Waiting for the first of the TCRs to come through. They can't come in. So who has come in? Sure, you were spot on. Robbie Foley and Rob Eklund. Two of the, of the drivers that I mentioned for the 96 BMW and the 09 automatic Aston Martin. Shit, which one can you see? Uh, I can see Turner, and I'm curious just to see the wear rate of the tires that come off versus the wear rate of the tires that are going on to see just how much of a difference it would make. Because, of course, remember the Michelins that are going on the car, no tire warmers in this series, so it's going to take a little bit of work for Robbie to get some heat into them and to clear off any rubbish that's already on them. Well, the ones that are coming off, yeah, they're a lot dirtier. I will give them that. There's a line of flag uh, that's actually stuck right to the middle of these tires, so that would be annoying. Ooh, and a windshield tear off for Robbie. Wow, it's like Christmas for him, although it was just his birthday not too very long ago. There we go. Robbie Foley is set back out for the Aston Martin. Fuel only. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. There was four replacement tyres, I'll say, for, yes. for Michelin for for that uh, BMW from Turner, yes? That's a very fair way to put it. Yeah, okay, yeah. all four. And of course those tyres would look pretty horrible uh, because there'd be a lot of clag that they picked up just coming off the racetrack and up the pit lane. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, t the team does its homework there. They know what the life is of each of the tyres that they have in their in their possession. So they realise that you know, they've got a set there that's not got that many laps on yep. and uh, and they're going to be better than the ones he has right now. So, hey, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And you know, they're going to lose no track position at all. They might have even looked through the tyres and picked the best four that they could find. They'll have given them yes. a little bit of scraping to yep. get any, any dirt off and bang them on. And Shea's right about no tyre warmers, but we're behind a safety car. So everybody's got the same issue. Tire temperature is dropping away, leaching away out of those tires for everybody. So it's not going to be that much of a disadvantage in terms of temperature and pressure. Might have even slightly overpressured those tires that go on the Robbie Foley's car so they come up quicker. And he's got the opportunity to make a few quick passes in the early stages of green flag. And then he's sitting pretty if there's another yellow towards the end of the race 20 minutes to go and it's all about the dash for the points and off under the yellow flag that's the 21 car I think yeah I think that's Scott Andrews who was sitting way up the field in seventh position for Riley Motorsport did something stick open did the throttle stick open on that car coming out the carousel or did he catch himself out weaving left to right We've all almost done that in the past. I remember a Radical SR3 that I was driving at uh, Donington where I was trying to get some tyre temperature and coming out of the old hairpin ended up pointing uh, rather more towards the marshal's post that I was waving at than I really wanted to. It looked impressive, but it really were, uh, wasn't and uh, it was more by good luck than good management that I ended up still pointing in the right direction. Well, that's extraordinary. That is absolutely extraordinary. That was at... Uh, just at the uh, run down towards the king, out of the carousel, Jeremy. Well, it, it was way before that. It was just coming out Co of the coming out of the, the carousel. carousel yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wouldn't have thought you'd be way, you know, trying to warp your tires at going through the carousel. But mm. hey, I don't know. So hopefully, we'll see that one again. Well, that, was, that was really bizarre because he went off at quite a speed. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, our wheel fell off. Yeah, uh, the wheel. lost a wheel. Left so even wheel. at safety car speeds. 
Left rear wheel. Left rear wheel from Scott Andrews' car. Now, that's interesting because, Jeremy, if you look at your notes, I don't think he's been in the pit lane uh, <coughs> recently. On, on lap 68, he came in. So and we're working was, uh, 77 th- exactly, now. nine laps ago. That's really bizarre. Now, that's a brand new car that was delivered to the morning yeah. on uh, Friday last, not, uh, not yesterday, a week uh, prior to yesterday. Um, but they come, uh, no self-assembly necessary on these cars. It's not like buying a set of bedroom firm, yeah, f- furniture from Ikea. Um, you do have to bought some things on, but they're... Uh, They've run for three hours and 40 minutes without any problems. And then that left rear wheel parted company. Now, what I'd quite like to see, if we can, is have a look at the wheel and see if the wheel centre is still on it. Now, here's a couple of teams rolling the dice. As the pits are open for TCR, remember the number five Alpha did not stop for tyres. Only fuel on its last stop, and they didn't manage to turn that car around quick enough to get them out in front of the two Hyundais. And they dropped back down again to a brand new set of Michelin tyres. And there were brand new sticker tyres going on to the front of Tim Lewis's number five. And also coming in just behind him so that they were fifth and uh, sixth and seventh. The number five and the number 77, Tyler Max and Brian Herder, Autosport car, the Hyundai Atalanta. They go back out in that order, but they lose absolutely nothing at all because they'll be able to come back round to the queue. The GS cars will get cleared out and they are still on the lead lap and they have brand new rubber for the last whatever we think it's going to be. Maybe only... 12, 13 minutes. It'll all depend how well, quickly that uh, recovery is done at turns at turn nine and ten. Yeah, le- less now than that probably because uh, that's certainly going to extend the caution period uh, with that uh, and, know, retrieving that number twenty-one car. Alec Yadell and Kelly Moss Racing uh, already on their way down to the uh, number twenty-one crew at Riley and uh, about to take their bar order and say thank you very much for this extra caution. Absolutely right. And, and, and the really good news also for uh, Alec Udell is that behind him on the road is that multi-lapped car of uh, n- number 40, Joey Hand, who's, you know, he's going to want to show what, he, what he's got in that Mustang. He's not going to get in the way of the leaders, I am sure. But right now, unless Joey pulls out of the way, then uh, that leaves Alec Udell with a little bit of a buffer between himself and the rest of the pack, led by Gregory Leofouge. Uh, Kenton Cook, Carl Marcelli, Bill Oblin, Mike Skeen and the rest of the pack. I see that car come in for a pit stop, I think, that number 40. No, uh, oh no, well, maybe not. Final wave by happening now. PF are a good set of races, and I, I, I just wonder if they'll yeah. say to Joey, either keep out the way on the restart or actually pull him in and have him drive through the pit lane, either right before or right at the yeah. restart. I mean, you know, their, their, their team car is the number 8877 of Carl Marcelli, which is running in the fourth position. Yeah. The JG Wentworth uh, that's entry is run by PF Racing. Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> don't think we'll see any chicanery on that. And I mean that in the sense of uh, yeah. tricks, trickery, or slow moving car. No. Joey, Joey Hans, way, way oh, too, too respectful yeah. for, for that. Way too. So already down to 15 minutes, but uh, we've got safety vehicles moving. Uh, the 21 
car. It had such a good run. We're sitting uh, solidly in the top ten there, Jeremy. Seventh yeah. position, I think, from from yeah, memory right. for Riley Motorsports and the uh, Mercedes. Brand new uh, to the championship, that car. This yeah. being its first outing of any kind. Not It's just its first race. The first miles turned under the wheels were on Thursday. Yeah, and which was, you know, that would have been far away their best result of the season. Of course, started off with the uh, Toyota Supra. Uh, had all sorts of dramas, though, in the first uh, uh, five races of the season. Didn't attend the last last couple, but, um, yeah, they were looking for a... Re- that was a really fine effort by that team to get that car up to speed so quickly and by the drivers there uh, to, to, to have it running well inside the top ten and very much in contention. So the left rear falling off that car after being out of the pits for eight laps. Wicker Bill on at IMSA Radio. Usually I'd say yellows ruin races, but this is fascinating. Could Yudel go to the end? Worth a shot, surely. That decision was already made, WB. Um, they, I think, were saving fuel like mad and just hoping for something to get them to the end. They needed quite a lot. They still might not be enough. They were in with well over an hour, I think about an hour and 10 minutes to go. Uh, and that was probably 15 minutes too long, uh, even saving a wee bit of fuel. The car is on the rollback, and that brand-new car showing a little bit of damage on the uh, left-hand side where the wheels come off, and the lights are <coughs> off. Lights are off mm. on the safety car. So there is a, uh, an exit point down there at that part of the circuit where the safety vehicles can get off. Back to Alex Yutel from Wickerbill. Wicket, uh, absolutely they'd made that decision already. There was there was no point in them uh, trying to do anything else. And uh, I think the caution would help them. But uh, even before the caution came out, they were going to try and get to the end and see where they got. They were losing for sometimes three, four, five seconds a lap. But the lights are out now. It's going to be somewhere near 12, 11 and a half minutes. Yeah, it be closer to 10. Do you think so? Yeah. So about five laps then, Jeremy, in that case. Yeah. For Alec Yadel to stay ahead of Gregory Leifuch in the Stephen Cameron racing car. Here's how they restart. They're the 66, dark red, Kelly Moss racing Porsche 718 GT4, then the Mercedes, excuse me, then the BMW M4 GT4 from Stephen Cameron Racing, that's number 43. Then the 56 bright orange Murillo Racing AMG for Kenton Cook. He started the race for them, he'll finish it as well. Then the green and white, JG Wentworth Ford Mustang. Four different manufacturers in the top four there, notice. Then the first repeat, Turner Motorsport, Bill Oberlin. Well, you never count Bill out, he's got a sniff of a victory. Uh, he'll be on full send, won't he, in the 95 blue and yellow BMW. The white with black on the sides and blue, light blue stripes, FCP Euro. Uh, Mercedes AMG of Mike Skeen, the 55 car. He's been scrapping all the time he's been in that car. So he's going to be up for this as well, as is Trent Hinman, who will never turn down a fight or an opportunity to overtake in the number seven vault racing Aston Martin. That's a bright yellow car. John DeBetz in the half point. Uh, white and purple machine is in eighth. Ninth is Matt Plum for team TGM. And Tyler McQuarrie is in 10th position for Carbon. But don't write off... Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport. Remember, newer tyres there. And the same, uh, a little stop for Rob Eklund. No, he just took uh, fuel, didn't he? In TCR, Michael Johnson Racing leads from Brian Herder Autosport. But it's the uh, Alpha and the Hyundai, the number 5 and 77 in 6th and 7th, who have the new tyres there. 
Ten and a half minutes to go of the Road America 240 for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Green flag racing. And Alec Yadel doesn't feel the need to have to defend into the first corner. And Joey Hand kept right out of the way there at Reesup. Pulled Classic. over to the right-hand side of the track. Game said, there's Carmel C trying to go around the outside of uh, Eric of Kenton Cook for third place. Is he going to get that done going down the hill? No, he's not. No, he's not. He's down at turn three. That was at turn one. The white and green Mustang off the track. Goes a bit of grass tracking. And here comes Bill Orbelin. Takes the opportunity. Thanks very much. And Trent Hinman follows him through in the bright yellow vault racing. Aston Martin side by side for the lead. Alec Yadel did not have the grip off the corner. And he, but he has got the inside line to turn five. Round the outside for Gregory Leeferger in the... In the uh, yellow and blue car, he's gone wide. Oberlin's gone wide. Ken Cook's gone wide. Everybody else has gone wide. Nobody's actually still on the track there. It looked like Lyndon Hill and the Grand Prix Rallycross at Turn 5 for a moment there. Boy, that was a bucking Bronco, wasn't it, from uh, from Bill Oberlin there? Wow, that car was leaping around in and the he's, air. And he's lost two, three places from that, Jeremy. And what this still means is Alec Yadel for Kelly Moss Racing is still leading. Under 10 minutes to go. This is at the front of the GS field. I'm keeping my eyes on what's going on in TCR and uh, whether the opportunity is still on for Tim Lewis to gain up through the field with those new front tyres on the uh, Alpha. Here come the leaders down towards the King. Alec Yadel with far less grip. But he's, we know he's got a very light car, Jeremy, because he's tight on fuel. Yeah. No term time to save fuel now. Kenton Cook drops his right-hand Michelins onto the dirt as he tries to come down what will be the inside for Canada Corner. He's there. He's there. He's still there. And he's through. And here comes the number 877, the blue, the uh, green and white Mustang sliding through behind. Leah Fuchs going to drop one, maybe two positions. No, he fights back really well at Bill Mitchell Bent. But Kenton Cook, who was very, very racy at the start of the competition nearly four hours ago is back in the groove again Alec Yadel's loving this he can see one two three cars across the track behind him and they're slowing each other up the GG went with Mustang now under pressure from the FCP Euro machine as Mike Skeen gets bump drafted to the position by the Aston Martin of Trent Hinman as they go down into the first corner again and here comes the second of the BMWs Right in there as well. Robbie Foley trying to make up some positions. Bill Oberlin's right there too. Foley with newer tyres, remember. Trying to make up positions further back down this line of cars for GS. Yadel still leading out of turn three. This is quality stuff, Jeremy. And everybody knows now this is the dash. Well, if not for cash, certainly for points. And Trent Hinman is on the grass with his left-hand side Michelins. Is there come through to turn four and over the top of the brow down to turn five and here's the lead uh, here's the uh, second place battle rather once again with uh, with uh, Kenton Cook trying to defend down the inside Gregory Leifug who looked all but down and out a couple of laps ago has cleaned off his Michelin tyres remember all these tyres on these cars have been called sitting behind the safety car they're also well into their life they will not have the same performance potential Yadel's tyres 10 laps older than the people behind him. Mighty's been saving fuel, so he hasn't been leaning on them quite as much. Does that balance things up? I'm trying to look on the bright yeah. side for Kelly Moss at the moment. But all of these things, Jeremy, are going to add up. Here comes Kenton Cook. He's got a good run out of the carousel and down towards the king. 
off the slower corners, I think, Jeremy, is where Alec Yadel's got to be very careful not to spin up his rear tyres and lose forward progress. Yeah, but this is great. So six and a half minutes remaining. So I think it'll probably be uh, three laps from here that Alex Udell has to hold on here. The young man from Texas, what a great guy he is. And David Brule, who uh, is running this car. David's uh, intention is to get back to the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Just wants to get some endurance racing experience, or relative endurance racing experience under his belt before he does so. And uh, he's given this opportunity for Alec Udell. And Alec, who is uh, it's just hanging on there, isn't it? It's great. So, I mean, what a super drive by Udell. Eben Floor at the front of the field. Leofur gets a really good run out the final corner, but he's not trying to draft the cars ahead of him. He's sitting out in clear air for a moment. Here comes the AMG up the inside. Kenton Cook pulled out very early. Maybe he's trying to use the leader as a bit of a pick there. I think he was through turn one. Udell still leads for Porsche. Then it's the AMG Mercedes-Benz, then BMW, then it's going to be Aston Martin in fourth position as Trent Hinman comes down the inside at turn three and nips ahead of Mike Skeen, who's also got ahead of the 877 of Karl Marcelli as they went across the line that time around. Porsche, Mercedes, BMW, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ford in the top six. Magnificent stuff yeah. from the Michelin Pilot Challenge here at Road America. And dare I bring up TCR, uh, which has got seven cars absolutely nose to tail. Tim Lewis, with those fresh air tyres, is already up a couple of positions since the restart. Up to fourth position, there were brand new front tyres, Jeremy, oh. uh, for that car. Fighting back, the number 877 of Kyle Marcelli. He goes back up into fifth position. Tim Lewis in the Alpha, hassling round the back of the third place. Uh, TCR runner of uh, Denny Dupont in the Bell Garden Technicale Audi. And off goes the leader at turn number eight. Side by side going into turn uh, eight there, weren't there? <laughs> Alec Yadel. Down to third position now. How will that one be looked at? Was there contact there? Was it enough contact? And Kenton Cook leads the motor race. That's all that matters for him and for Marillo Racing right now. Kenton coming down the inside. They are side by side. There was a little bit of contact. Now, how's that one going to be seen? It's under review. It's under review. Now, what has Yadel got left? Is it worth trying to redress that and drop back behind? The problem is now that uh, Leofug's got through as well. So if Kenton Cook tries to give the place back to Yadel, he'd have to drop down to third position. It was certainly a very late lunge, wasn't it? And he kind of pushed the number 66 car wide at the exit. Look, we've seen various incidents like that during this race that haven't, haven't been, been called. called. Yeah, the only one that was called that was uh, contact. At the apex of a corner, Jeremy, was the uh, the Vault Racing, Alan Brynjolfsson, 877, Sheena Monk. Yeah. And, uh, that, one, that, and that was, that was nowhere near yeah. as close as the other ones that we've seen down at turn eight. Let's not forget the uh, Michelin moments to come in the TCR and GS classes. It might be those two front tyres for the Alpha because they're coming through. Round the outside of the Belgard Technicale car, down into turn number one. Big defensive manoeuvre thrown by Denny Dupont. He's not been able to get towards the Hyundai's. Now down the inside, oh, Denny moving over a little bit. Has to give room down the inside, and that's third place. Time running out, though, for the Alfa Romeo and for Tim Lewis. It'll be white flag next time around, I think. 
Well, it will be like Fred next it'll time. It'll be around. just so it's about six miles for the Alpha with those new front tyres. Whatever happens from here, that's my uh, that's my nomination for. I'm going to get that one in early for the uh, the guys there. In some ways, they had nothing to lose, but they still had to make the decision. And then Tim Lewis had to make it work and make it work. Is you know what? He's caught them much quicker than I thought he would, and he's still got a lap and a half to go. Meantime, at the front of the field, Kenton Cook is no action, no action for that side-by-side -side contact yeah. at Turn Eight, and that's that's three incidents at Turn Eight that have been very similar. I'm not going to say the oh, same. No, I think all the completely different commercials. But what but what Alec Udell didn't do there was block the inside line. Yeah. If he'd done that, there would have been no th way through for uh, for uh, for Kenton Cook. So he left the door open there. Yeah. So a big manoeuvre from Kenton Cook there to take the lead. Is that one of the Michelin moments of the racing? GS. The Alpha is right with Michael Lewis for Brian Hurd at Autosport. Hasn't, and then remember these two at Hyundai's had the ride height lifted by 15 mil. That's just over half an inch, isn't it? So they're not quite as quick on the straight and they don't quite get quite as much grip off the corners either through Canada corner for what we believe will be the penultimate time yes it will be oh side by side Yudel and Trent Hinman Yudel blocking now as he pulled up the hill and well that's both sides of the Michelin tyres that Trent Hinman's had in the dirt at various stages over the last couple of laps as he's been trying to make the passes white flag is out we're on the last four mile circuit here at America's Nationals Park of Speed. And here comes the Alpha. And again, blocking manoeuvres by the number one. But it's not going to be enough. Michael Lewis has dropped down to third. Here comes Tim Lewis into second. And he's now chasing down the leader. He can't. He can't surely do this as he goes across the line. He was just half a second behind Stephen Simpson in the number 54 Hyundai Elantra. Surely he can't make this from sixth on the restart. Down to turn three. Final lap of four hours. An untidy first half of the race, but transformed in the second half with over 90 minutes of green flag racing for the Road America 240 in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Kenton Cook, really impressive at the start of this race, applying his trade in Europe at the moment. And there's the pass for the lead, down at turn five. It has happened for the Alpha team. Sprinkled with fairy dust. They've come through into the lead now. The big problem now is they've got a slow GT4 car ahead of them. I think it's the automatic Aston that's there and got to clear this quickly. No, I don't think they'll quite catch him. I think uh, Rob Eklund is, is quick enough to be able to stay ahead of them just about. Oh, the thing lost the back right. end under braking <laughs> there for turn eight. New front tyres only on yeah. that Alpha. And uh, I know that we always say that the rear tyres only hold the exhaust off the ground on the TCR cars copyright Martin Haven that one who's WTCC commentator for many years but you still do need a little bit of grip when slowing down and turning in well what a race from Murillo Racing the number 56 car Kenton Cook started well great middle stint and welcome back to this team to the victory circle as they come around and climb the hill for the final time the 84th and final time third win of the year and what a return to the driving seat for Kenton Cook and they go wild Shea Adam is down with the team
I'm just waiting with the Alpha team, John, for their car to come across the finish line. Here it comes. They are just going to be in behind the Aston. They've pulled out a second and a half. This is marvellous. They're going to take the victory and the Michelin moment of the race in TCR. Inspired to come in and put on their final set of Michelin pilots' tyres. Sheer Adam is with the winners in TCR. I am. They couldn't hold their breaths any harder to wait in anticipation for this win. Roy, it was a very different start of the race where you guys were being nervous, but you were being reserved. Now you won the race, another four-hour race win. Congratulations. You know, I was already the oldest uh, participant in TCR, and I think I just aged another 20 <laughs> years. But what a race. Uh, Tim deserves all the credit in the world. And uh, respect to all the competitors. They, everybody was driving crazy. Good. In terms of the championship, this only helps you guys. Are you thinking about that now? No, that's just a scorekeeping exercise. we got to worry about the next race, <laughs> the next turn. And, uh, man, I just don't have any words. I'm just in shock right now. Congratulations, race winner at Road America. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the Michelin moment of the race for that uh, late pit stop during a yellow. They didn't know how long it was going to be. And from sixth through to the win uh, in the last, what was it, 11 minutes, I think we worked out. Ten and a half minutes. Strategy and great racecraft for the number five Aston, uh, for number five Alpha, excuse me, Team Main Racing with KWM Motorsport. Well done to Tim for that drive. Still had to make it work, Tim Lewis, and he did worthy winners of the Michelin moment of the race. Uh, my uh, my nomination for GS is actually going to be the team that finished third, Kelly Moss Racing and Alec Yadel. They, they're through, they again rolled the dice in a completely different way, 180 degrees different from the Alpha team. They decided they were going to hold what they had rather than change it. The yellow was fortuitous, but then Alec had to hold on to it. He's going to end up in third. Of course, they're going to be slightly disappointed with that. But that's my nomination, Shay. I completely agree with that, especially since you consider coming to Road America, the last thing you want to do is roll the dice on fuel. Yes. Because how many times have yes. people been stranded just before the hill starts? Yeah. So, yeah, Kelly Moss, that, that was quite a showing for their second ever race in Michelin Pilot Challenge. Yeah, and that's a very good point as well. Experienced team, but not in this championship. So the 66 then getting the GS moment of the race for a, a very, very uh, bold move and in third position across the line. Were they? Uh, yes, they were. Uh, just checking the two screens to make sure. So the 66 team of Alec Yattel and uh, Eric uh, Alec Yattel and Kelly Moss racing. Great driving by uh, Alec at the end to even get them into the window to be able to consider that. And they'll take the Michelin moment of the race in GS. Well, not the first two hours that we wanted, but with over 90 minutes of green flag racing, the words, well, whatever happens from here, even if we do get a yellow, we've had some great racing, said Jeremy Shaw, and immediately... Uh, we had a yellow flag that was extended by a wheel falling off the 21. Really bizarre. I, I did consider, I've got to be honest, I did consider the 21 team for the moment of the race for bringing a brand new car into, into this. Um, but I've got to say, 
Kelly Moss just edged them for me, and that's where it's going. Let's go to Eric Voss uh, down in the pit lane. What a way to come back to the paddock, shit. We've done this a couple of times already this year, a race-winning interview for Eric Voss. Eric, you said that second is still needing to be cemented in the championship. There's still hope all you got to do is win races, and, hey, that's exactly what you did at Road America. Is this victory a little bit sweeter? Yeah, for sure, for many reasons. Uh, I mean, Kenton doing his last race with us and giving him that opportunity at the end. Obviously, I wanted to finish, but what a hell of a job. I, I don't think I could have done that. I mean, he he drove the wheels off that thing and uh, just so proud of him. I mean, he's such a superstar. I know this kid's going to be here for a long time in this series, so really proud of him. Congratulations. That is the team in the early stages of quite a large hangover, I would say, uh, from that. Kenton uh, racing in Europe this year hasn't been able to do all the races he wanted to over here but when asked if he's available the answer is yes and he's come up trumps again here for Mosing Motorcars. Jeremy with the points in uh, GS uh, to start with. Yeah in GS uh, Alan Brynjolfsson and Trent Hinman with that uh, tremendous comeback to finish in fourth position absolutely superb run by them uh, they'll be uh, defending their championship lead quite handily it's a tw- two and twin 220 point lead now going into the final two races of the season 23.80 for those two race winner today Eric Foss remains in second place he's a good bit closer he's 70 points closer on 21.60 then now a massive gap back to I think actually Kenny Marillo and Christian Shimjak even going out early will remain in third position in the points on 17.40 so it's just a two horse race uh, in uh, GS for sure but uh, Brynjolfs and Trinman Trent Hinman have a huge advantage. Manufacturer points is interesting though. Aston Martin uh, came in with a 90 point advantage over Mercedes. With the, the win today, Mercedes now will close to within 20 points of the lead, and that's less than one position. In between first and second, the gap is 30. So 2470 to 2450. Third position on 2340 Porsche. Uh, and uh, second place finishes today, BMW, on 22.90. So very, very close. Oh, dear me. Drive yourself happy is what Mosey Motorcars always say. And that is a very happy team. TCR, Jeremy, yes, please. Yeah, is now super close. Uh, Taylor Hagler and Michael Lewis arrived this weekend with an 80-point age over Roy Block and Tim Lewis Jr. That gap now, 30 points. Uh, Hagler and Lewis still lead defending series champions but only 30 points uh, in third position uh, will be Robbie, Robbie Wickens on 21-20 so not far out at all with a fifth place finish today Harry Gottsack and Parker Chase uh, close behind them as are Michael Johnson and Stephen Simpson and a brilliant podium finish for, uh, for Michael Johnson. We've got the manufacturers in a moment at the, in the GS bronze category another win for Chris Wilson Share Adam we are doing very well, Chris, because it's another bronze win for you and Gary Ferreira. You've making a habit of this, but it was a bit harder today, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a few things happen at the beginning of the race. Uh, Gary got caught up in an incident down there in five, car spinning and crashing and tore our splitter off. And then a TCR car at that point got up and ran into him. And then he went sailing off the road in another incident in the carousel. Um, he had the most entertaining time. I, mine was pretty boring, So, but we'll take the win any day. Yeah. Well, let's bring you in here, Gary, and another one of these Bronze Cup wins, but you had an entertaining race out there. It, it's getting harder and harder to get these wins, isn't it? It was very entertaining. 
a little nerve-wracking at times. I got out of the car and I was getting texts from my sisters, like they were watching and all nervous, but uh, it was interesting. But yeah, it was a lot of work. I didn't know where I was half the time. I spun, I you know, was just trying to avoid things all the time. So I always try to turn the car over to this man, and so far we've been 100% on that. So. Hey, it's been a good championship run so far. Good luck to you guys at uh, VIR. Thank you very much. Thanks, Shake. 11th place overall finish on the season. They've also had an 8th place, which is their best result uh, together, that, that pair, uh, Gary Ferreira and uh, Chris Wilson. Uh, but that's their 6th win in the Bronze Cup category this year, and they extend their lead over Brent Mosley and Tim Probert, of course, crashed out of this race in the closing stages, but still finished 3rd in the class, despite the fact there were 5 uh, entries this weekend. Uh, so the lead now for Ferreira and Wilson is uh, 180 points uh, over Brent Mosley and Tim Probert going into the final two races of the season. Uh, did we do TCR? Uh, manufacturers. Manufacturers, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Hyundai uh, led coming into this weekend will continue to do so on 26.30. Alfa Romeo, with its third win of the season, Brilliant. which matches the tally of Hyundai, will have 25.10. Uh, and then uh, Audi will fall back from second to third on 24.70. Well, Jeremy, sum that one up. Um, I said an untidy first half, but a very entertaining second in the last, what, 11 and a half minutes. Um, yes, please. Can we have more of that and less, more of the end and less of the beginning, please? I yeah, think. it was, it was you know, the, the, the fact we had a four-hour race was somewhat nullified, wasn't it? Because the first two hours were pretty boring, but the second two hours were absolutely tremendous. That is what we know from the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, two hours, 23 minutes and 39 seconds here, Adam, of a green flag. So just a little bit more than a normal race. Sum up what you saw down in the pit lane. That Strategy calls were going out the window every five minutes there, weren't they? Shit. Yeah, yeah, John, you're right. And we go to um, VIR and then uh, the Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So we've got these easy races, quote unquote, coming up. But uh, I don't think any of the drivers in the field would consider anything easy. And as we heard from several drivers across the uh, course of the race, this four-hour thing, it kind of works. And who is the one who told us that he really loves the four-hour races? Oh, yeah, Kenton Cook, who's standing in victory lane. Kenton <laughs> Cook. Well done, Kenton. Uh, we've known Kenton for a very, very long time. Shea Adam was down in the pit lane, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. With me, John Heinoff, uh, Jeremy Shaw, thanks to Tim Gray uh, in London and our whole broadcast team uh, here at the track and, of course, up in Charlotte. The uh, Just a little footnote uh, on that. It, the final lap of the race in TCR was the fastest lap of the race for the team and the driver that won. Tim Lewis uh, managed to use those Michelins par excellence uh, for the last half a dozen laps of the race. Yeah, brilliant, come, brilliant drive through the field there for, for Tim Lewis. I mean, we knew the Alpha was quick coming to this weekend, but a great call to put that car on fresh, fresh tyres at the end there, and he takes full advantage. The fastest lap of the race in TCR was to Denis Dupont in the number 15 uh, Belgarbe Technicil racing entry. He finished fourth today. Surprised he wasn't a little bit stronger towards the end, quite mm. frankly. Didn't have the tyres, I'm Didn't guessing. Didn't have the tyres, exactly right. We move on next to VIR as part of the all-GT racing weekend, which will see the WeatherTech GT classes as well. Super Saturday lives up to its name. A win for Mercedes in GS. And from sixth to victory lane for KMW Motorsports and Alfa Romeo in the last five laps of the race after the restarts. Thanks for being with us. We've got Sunday to come. Three races, more action. Road America delivering this Super Saturday. Bye-bye.
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.